Are you like me? Do you like a good wig? Well, come on down to Frank's Wig Emporium. Do you need a wig for a special occasion? Because really, what special occasion doesn't call for a good wig? Are you bald? Got no hair? Put a fucking wig on that thing at Frank's Wig Emporium. Are you a skinny actress who's about to play a superhero in a big-budget Hollywood TV film? Well, come on down to Frank's Wig Emporium, where we have all the top wigs and wig accessories for all your wig needs. Wig it up! Come on, get a wig! Come on down! Wig it up with Frank's Wig Emporium. Wiggy, wiggy, wiggy. Episode 57. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It's a trap. Good at toss it, good at taste. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean, erase it, let's embrace it. Tupperware party, subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftover. And the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftover, sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I am Jake. And, and we're, we're the, the Leftovers. leftovers. All right, welcome back, everybody. Uh, back and better than ever. Back. I don't know if we're better than ever. Yeah, we're we're probably not better than ever. What do you? What? Yeah. What do you say that back and better than ever? We peaked already. It's all the peaked. Yeah. I don't even think we even got over the fucking hill. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Yeah, you're right. So we're, we're back. We're back. Just as good as we ever were, if that's considered good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, dude. I, some people, like, they compliment us, and they put t- way too much stock into this show. Yeah. And they like us a little bit too much. I don't even know why people... There's so many other good podcasts out there. I don't know why you listen to this piece of shit. I'm being honest. God knows I don't listen to it. I don't listen to it. Well, <laughs> I have to when I fucking edit some shit, but other than that, I don't really listen to it. <laughs> yeah. There's much better podcasts. To oh, yeah. To. I listen to the better podcasts so I can be like those better podcasts. Yeah. And to be fair, I, it's not like I don't hear this show anyway without listening to it. What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> well, I'm here. I, I, I hear it. Yeah. You hear the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know. Exactly. A little redundant for yeah. the second time. Yeah, but you know, seriously, if there if you want to listen to some better podcasts, I could name a few right now. Oh yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anything Kevin Smith's doing? Oh yeah. <laughs> Check out all those Smodcasts. They're great. Smodcasts, I'm a big fan of those. I mean, uh Kevin Pereira's got his own podcast that I've been listening to, The Pointless Pod. I fucking love it. It's yeah. great. He's got great guests. He's funny. He's just naturally funny. Yeah. We're just I don't know. I we're not funny. Yeah, I listen to all my Survivor podcasts and Big Brother podcasts all week long. Yeah, I listen. To, what else do I listen to? I don't know. I used to listen to the Nerdist. 
Oh yeah, I used to. I Depends still listen guest. to it if it's a good guest. Good guest. That's why I listen to it. Last, yeah. last episode I listened to was the Rick Moranis episode. Yeah. like eight months ago. So stop listening to this fucking podcast. Yeah, check out the Nerdist and Survivor yeah. podcast. Yeah, First, okay, yeah, the Leftover <laughs> Army. I want you to unsubscribe. Unsubscribe from our podcast. Yeah, we this, expect at least ten percent less downloads next. Absolutely, month because you're listening to better podcasts. What, what podcast is going to get on here and tell their listeners to stop listening? Yeah. Our listeners fail. I want our listeners to be aware that there are better podcasts out there than this pile of shit. Yeah, if you stopped here, then uh, you just don't know what's mm-hmm. what's on the other side of the horizon. If you're yeah, if you're still listening to me yabber on about other podcasts, yeah, gosh, I, I, seriously, I don't get it. I don't understand why people listen to this thing. Yeah, check out those smodcasts. God knows how much I love Kevin Smith. Fuck you. <laughs> you know what you know what one of my favorite things that we do on the show is what's that where we just kind of vamp as long as we can to make frank feel awkward while he sits here oh i know i like it too <laughs> yeah he can't say anything until i say something i feel you know what i mean it's like i don't have a god complex at all no. but in this world i kind of do i kind of do <laughs> you know what i mean on this shitty podcast i'm kind of like frank's just got to sit there with this goofy grin on his face until i can say oh god frank's back <laughs> And then Frank like jumps in, yeah. you know. So Frank's back. Uh, well, uh, you're jumping ahead. Oh, you're jumping good. ahead. Gotcha. You're jumping ahead. Back to Smodcast. Back to Smodcast. Back to other podcasts <laughs> you should be listening to. <laughs> no, Frank is back. Frank, welcome back. Hey, hello, hello, hello. Thank you for having me back. <laughs> what? what the fuck? Was welcome that? back, Frank. Hey, hey. hey, everybody. Hello, hello, hello. Hey. Frank is back in action. Hey, hey. Great to have you. We're for one yeah. week only. Hell. Uh, no, yeah, it's good. Uh, I, I'm sitting here trying to hold it back the whole time you guys are having a conversation. Well, well, let's hear your two cents, Frank. What podcast better than this show do you listen to? Honestly, I've tried to find something to listen to because now that I, I'm on the show a little bit more often, I can't really listen to myself without becoming really critical. So I've tried to find a couple things. The only couple things I found was like Rooster Teeth. And they, uh, those guys are just funny. It's like they don't really talk about anything really, but I mean, they're the guys behind Machinima. Okay. And they're just funny. They just get together and talk about nothing. And then every once in a great while, I listen to Bombcast, but that's just to try to catch up on a little bit of gaming news, but that's about it. Those aren't better. Gotcha. They're not better. Frank, like, Frank's like kneecap sucking pop culture leftovers still. Yeah. I really did look to see if there was any, like, decent gaming podcasts out there, and a lot of them sound like one person alone going, um, yeah, so I, uh, I, I've, I've got this game, and here you see the package, and I'm gonna unwrap it now, and you can hear a bunch of paper crackling, and I'm gonna load it in, it, it, there's, they suck. That really happens? Yes, that really happens, and it's 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 lame. There's no energy. It's like they're flat. They're robots, and they're just doing this, and they don't know what the hell they're going to say. I was looking for a good podcast that reviewed the new app games that come out in the App Store every week, but there, that doesn't exist very well either. I really. guess not. Yeah. I haven't really looked into that. So let me know, Frank, when you're ready for that spinoff. Shit, I've I've tr- looked at like through the top twenty to see what all there is, and you know, as far as like geek culture and stuff, there's not. A whole lot way up there. I mean, like, you get the Nerdist, like what you were talking about. And like you guys said, it depends on the guests. The last one I listened to was when uh, G.R.R. Martin was on it uh, from last year's Comic-Con. And then uh, as far as uh, really anything else, I mean, you don't really find a whole lot of independent 
unheavily sponsored good podcasts. Okay, we're back. Um, it's going to sound a little funny there. Sorry, guys. I live in a house with five other people, and so we had to figure out how to get the recording equipment and the washing machine plugged in in the basement at the same time there. So it was technical difficulties yeah. there. You won't run into those problems if you're listening to like the Nerdist. <laughs> yeah, I'm, or sure, I'm sure on Smodcast, you right. never have to pause to figure out how to plug the yeah, washing yeah. machine Kevin in. Smith has to you know wash his hockey jerseys. Yeah. So, yeah, he has Ming Chen. You know, run out there and hook up the uh, washer. Yeah. That doesn't happen. If Kevin Smith shits himself because he amuses himself so much, then he'll have someone clean that for him, right? If Kevin Smith shits himself. <laughs> yeah, on, on the podcast. Yeah. Just from laughing at his own joke so hard. Yeah, yeah. Because that's bound to happen to Kevin Smith all the time. Oh, I know. Yeah, he's big, uh, I don't know. He's, I don't know, a spokesperson. For, he eats a lot of, uh, what is it, the uh, yogurt that... Uh, oh, the Activia. Activia. Yeah, he he loves a lot Curtis of weight. Is always yeah, he's got irritable bowel syndrome and all that other <laughs> shit, right? So. I admit I've laughed so hard that I farted pretty good and hard, but I've never shat myself. You are the most disgusting person I've ever met in my entire life sometimes, I know, Frank. right? Look yeah. at that true story I just got out of Frank there. Yeah, I know. Oh, fuck, I'm an open book, buddy. <laughs> Even if you didn't want to know it, you're going to find it out. <laughs> know. Oh, you know, that reminds me. I've, I've farted so hard before that, you know. That's impossible. I, I've, I've, there's, there's been times where I blew a hole in the back of my jeans, but, you know, I've never yourself. shit myself. That's, no, that's crazy. That's crazy. Talk. I have yet to try to light one, though, and that is crazy. Yeah, we'll set that up. We'll get the live Pop Culture Leftovers cam going. <laughs> Light Frank's farts, right? Oh god, fuck that! No, <laughs> no. You know what we need to do? We need to take a board and like line it with like lighter fluid. That way, when I fart, the Batman symbol stays aflame. <laughs> no, we need to invest in some duct tape so we can, <laughs> like, I don't know, just seal that mouth off so we don't have to listen to stories about your flatulence. This is what last. This is what last week's podcast was missing. I know. What are you talking about? Fart, yeah. fart jokes. Fart jokes. Yeah. Jesus. I got to. Everybody's got to bring something to the table. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I don't know where to go. I, I, I don't know where to go from this. This is another reason you should be listening to another podcast right now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They have direction. Yeah, like listen, hearing about your bodily functions every episode. I don't know why it always degenerates to that. You, that's I, why. No, I know that, but I don't know what about my mind that makes it want to go there. To be fair, I think it was my fault this time. Okay. Bringing up Kevin Smith shitting himself. Yeah, what is oh, up with well, that? Yeah. He, he laughs so hard at his own jokes that he must shit himself every now and again. Oh, he's got people laughing with him, though, Jake. That's got the you. difference They're between his show laugh with him. and our jokes. No, he's a funny guy. They're all part of the empire. He's, he's a like, funny guy. Ha, ha, ha. He's got his whole troop of yes men. He's like the guy from Entourage. Uh, people laugh at him, and he has like an evening with Kevin Smith, and a lot of people enjoy that, myself included. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, one quick reminder, uh, leftover league, we're doing the NBA league, fantasy league, it's the leftover league, and I've still got like three or four slots open, so if you want to get in on that, just send a email to popcultureleftovers at gmail, uh, and, uh, with the subject leftover league, let me know if you want to get in on the leftover league. The draft is October 4th, and, uh, should be a lot of fun. Next thing I wanted to talk about. Football started today, right? Football? Yeah, it starts yeah. today. My Bears already fucking lost the first game against the Bills of all people. They already lost. It's already in cement. Yeah, it's done. It's final score. The game started at noon. Ugh. Yeah. All right. So that happened. All right. I was banned from Facebook. Yeah, that was good stuff. Yeah, great. <laughs> what were you doing? Were you posting those uh, 
Celeb nude photos? Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. I was posting all those on Facebook. No, I mean, I was posting nude pics of Dr. Doom, apparently. <laughs> Dr. Doom's dong? Yeah. Whoa, whoa. The dong of doom. The dong of doom. <laughs> you know, I was posting, the, okay, there was those pics that were released online, and yeah. you know, some of the some of the different media outlets had pictures of Dr. Doom on there, and what was believed to be pictures from that new doc, the Fantastic Four movie, the Josh Trank film. Yeah. And, uh, the Josh is going to tank film. And so, you know, like I got a, I got a message saying like, you know, we took these down, we took these pictures down and you violated, uh, property infringement and blah, 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 blah. So we took these pictures down. Don't let it happen again or we'll, or, or we'll ban you. So I took it for what it was worth and I was like, okay, whatever. I can't believe I got the message. This is weird. I mean, these are all over the place. How do you think they found you? Do you think someone um, turned you in or do you think they actually did a search and found you? I think that, um, I personally think that somebody at Fox did a Google image search mm-hmm. and it popped up on our page and they reported us to Facebook. Yeah, because we're big time. Because, we, yeah, we're big time. <laughs> Somebody would have had to have reported it, though, because they don't monitor it themselves. I think all they do is respond to complaints. Sure. And I think it was somebody from Fox doing a Google image search, and they came across this and whatever. So I I figured, okay, they took the picture off. I did nothing. I didn't post the pictures again. Mm-mm. Nothing. So I was like, okay, I didn't think anything of it. A few days later, I get a message saying I've been banned because of the pictures after I got the warning. I don't know why I got banned after I got warned about not having the pictures up because they said they took them down. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's wild. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, we're going to ban you anyway. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's like somebody put in another report. I think for like – because I put a total of four pictures up. Yeah. So maybe they just reported me for like one or two pictures and then reported me for the other pictures that didn't get taken down or something like that on the first report. And so, yeah, then I got banned for three days from Tuesday to Friday. I got yeah. banned. Yeah, I was in charge of the Facebook page for those three days. That was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jar Jartopia. Yeah. Jar Jar Jartopia. <laughs> yeah, Brian, you do a lot of work on that Facebook. It's it's a lot of work, Kaff, and uh, we get quite a few comments, and you do quite a few posts. And I was like, oh, my gosh. This garden takes a lot of tendon, this Facebook garden. So. I know. I know. Yeah. I it's was good on you. I mean, it was, it was fucked up though, man. So, you know, uh, they won't let me post those pictures online, but, uh, my big fuck you to whoever turned us in and my big fuck you to Facebook is if you want to see these pictures of Dr. Doom, yeah. go ahead and send me an email. Send me, I'll email them to you. If they want to crack down on my email, have at it. But yeah, send me an email, um, popcultureleftovers at gmail.com. With the subject, uh, I don't know. Doctor Fa- Doom picks. Facebook sucks. Yeah, there you go. That's I don't know. Even better. Even better. You Face- probably get quite a few requests just for people wanting to say "fuck you," Facebook. And I'll send I'll send you the pictures because I still got them on my phone, and I'll just send them to you. And hey, if you want, you can post them on Facebook and see see if anything happens. See again? Not you, but uh, the people that get the pictures from you. Yeah, see if you can get banned too. We've already had other listeners listeners that have posted the photos again that have not been banned yet. Right. So Do they crack down on just admins of fan sites or do, is do they do it just to individuals too? Oh, uh, I'm not sure. I think the policy is the policy. If you can't post the pics, you can't post the pics. All right. Hmm. So far they just cracked down on me. Yeah. I don't know. Brian's the bad guy. 
I guess. That's so stupid. It's so lame. Yeah. I was the only one defending this shitty movie. Those then those photos were so revealing. Oh I know. They were like it was it's all gonna be post production green screen. Yeah. And who knows what it's really going to look like. So they really showed nothing. I just thought it was really weird that they banned, it banned me after, like, I didn't do anything else. Like, I didn't repost the pictures or anything. Yeah, that's how it works. Gosh. All right. Um, Scotchbox update, Jake? Scotchbox update. There was a um, lot of good feedback from people. What, what was your whole, what was Scotchbox? If people didn't listen to last episode, what's the deal with that? Well, last week we have a contest, and in fact, we still have a contest going on. Where um, you can win a month subscription to Scotchbox, which is basically a monthly like grab bag of goodies, of treats and candies from Japan. You get Pocky and all kinds of other random. Do you stuff. still have the Pocky here? No, I ate it all. Damn you! I was wanting to eat it on this week's show. I ate it all. Yeah, I figured as myself. much. I figured it was in the freezer, and I forgot about it, and saw it in the freezer, and I was uh, like, "Oh my gosh, what the fucky!" It was what, what <laughs> you ate all the Pocky, but um, you still have. Um, Another, you know, we'll we'll count it all up on Friday, let's say. If you can still uh, like Scotchbox on Facebook or follow them on Are Twitter. Are you keeping track of these, Jake? I'm going to, at the end, I'm going to tally it all up. All right. So, but you have to either post it on Scotchbox's page that you heard about them on Pop Culture Leftovers, or you have to send a tweet to both us um, at PC Leftovers and at Scotchbox. And that's how you get entered. We're giving one away for Facebook. We're giving one away for Twitter. All you have to do is comment about both things on a post to Scotchbox to be entered. And then we're going to we're gonna randomly give these away. And like I said last episode, um, Scotchbox is in charge. of. They're going to take the names. I'm going to get the addresses. And them themselves are sending out the prizes. So unlike me and Brian, you'll actually be shipped these things in a reasonable manner. They'll, they'll come very quickly. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was right. listening to last week because I wasn't here because I was sick. Man, yeah. I was jealous of that shit. I, I'm like, I got to get in on that because I don't give a fuck what it is. As long as you don't tell me what it is like made of up front, yeah. let me eat it first and see if I like it and then let me know and then I'm cool with it. Like the first time I had calamari, as simple as that is, I didn't know it was octopus until afterward I ate it and I'm like, fuck i don't care it's good so i wish i would have been here to be able to try some of that stuff yeah and i'm sorry frank but you are not eligible to win the scotch box yeah i kind of figured yeah. I, feel, I, I think i'm kind of like the intern so i'm i'm just in enough to where i can't win all that shit <laughs> that'd be pretty fishy if we're like we pick a name out and it's Frank. <laughs> yeah so yeah and so we'll do next week we'll do the uh pick for both the facebook and the twitter um if you're not clear enough on how to how to enter the contest just send us a message on twitter or facebook and we'll we'll help you out at pc leftovers and the facebook page is just pop culture yeah. leftovers on facebook yeah um God, i had something else i was gonna i was wanting to say and i can't remember what it is now let's talk about it how you feeling you feeling better uh i'm feeling better i'm Good. feeling a little better yeah Good. yeah last week was uh god towards the end of that one man i was just i'm done i'm spent yeah I hear you. Yeah, it was rough. I was still coming back from my sickness too, so I wasn't at my best. I don't think last week either. Right. I was in the middle of it. I was I was decimated. I was in bed. So yeah, we're all feeling better. Frank's brought his fart jokes to the table. Oh god, <laughs> we're, we're ready to go. Yeah. 
All right. Um, yeah, I had something else that I wanted to bring up. Loving, no, I can't. I can't remember. Loving the uh, live tweeting of the episode. That's last what week. it was. That's what it was. That's what it was. Um, everyone's doing a great job with that. The more, the merrier. Anytime you listen to the episode, tweet your feelings about it. You know, you don't have to do it at the same time as everyone else. That's not the point. Just go right. ahead and comment along as you listen to it at your leisure. What's the hashtag? The hashtag is a PCL live tweet. Yes. Yeah. So, so if you're listening to the episode and, and you got thoughts on it and you know just want to chime in, make sure to include us in it though. Uh, I was looking at I forget who it was. I think it was Danny Murphy, and he kept using like hashtag PCL live tweet, but he didn't use at PC leftovers. So I had no idea that he was doing the live tweet the whole time. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's funny. So I had to call him out on it. So yeah, every now and again you you can just search the hashtag to PCL live. Tweet. That's how I found out. Yeah. yeah. You're like hey, where'd these come from? Exactly. <laughs> yep. 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 Um, we have a ton of emails, guys. Are we doing an email episode? We're going to do a lot of emails right now. We've got to get these out of the way. We've got a ton of emails that I have just like put on the back burner, and we've got to knock these out. Let's do it. All right. Uh, let's see here. I want to start off with the Pete's tweets, but you know what? I don't have something loaded up here to give me that whole, what the fuck is that? Bong. <laughs> That's our new drop. Bong. This application. Oh, my God. You have got to be kidding me. <laughs> All right. I'm pausing. This is bullshit. Ah, yeah, this episode. Yeah, listen to another podcast. (laughs) That's it. All right, so, yeah, I got that fixed. Wow. Yeah, this is a great start to a great show. It's a great start to a great show. Yeah. You know what? Guardians of the Galaxy breaking more records this week. It had the most number one weekends for a Marvel movie ever. Still doesn't mean it's the best Marvel movie ever. No, I'm not pointing that out to say that. Now, they did say it carried the week, uh, even though it was a week week yeah it was a low low dollar week yeah there ain't shit out right now yeah it's low low time for movies yeah it passed uh man of steel domestically um over 291 million wolverine internationally and iron man globally and it still has yet to come out in italy japan and china where it's going to make a bunch of money wow so it's still a contender as far as getting up there in the records for money making for, as far as how much money it's made, uh, I was listening to last week's show, and Brian, I think it was you that said that it, it's a better standalone movie than a Marvel film. Like, it stands on its own. It, 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 one of you two said that. I can't remember. That it has more broad appeal to people who aren't typically watchers of comic book movies. Yeah, I was saying that kind of stuff. Okay. All right. I, I got confused which one you guys were saying it. So that's probably, you know, highly attributed to, or the high dollar amounts is highly attributed to that, too. So, I mean, as far as like humor and, you know, word of mouth goes, I mean, if I was to tell anybody a week or two ago, like what movie to see in the theaters, that would have been it. Yeah. And I think Brian's right, too. There is not shit out right now. Yeah. So it's like, what else are people going to go see? It's still competing against things like TMNT and, uh, you're so cool, Frank, saying TMNT. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, also it's still uh, competing against Let's Be Cops, too, yeah. I think. I think that was number five for the week. Gotcha. Oh, there's a bunch of shit out right now. End of the Storm. Yeah. Yeah, bunch of shit. It's got Lori in it from The Walking Dead. I want to see Maze Runner. That's this month, right? Maze Runner? Yeah. I, I, I'll watch it. I, I've just kind of cooled on it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm kind of cold on it too, but it looks like it could be fun. Could be fun, yeah. That's got uh, the kid that plays um, what's his name? Rickon. 
No, 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 not Rickon. Is He's, it Bran? No, it's not Bran. It's the people that uh, they encountered that have joined him up on the journey. The children? Yeah. Um, trying to remember. Jojen? Yeah, Jojen Reed. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah he's, in, he's in the maze. Gotcha. And then, side note, uh, I just caught um, Kick-Ass 2 uh, over the past week, and then I noticed that Jorah Mormont is in that, too. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was the guy who he went to go see in prison. Okay. So, yeah, that happened. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see here. Let's move on. We're going to move on to some, some emails, but I uh, want to start off with uh, we had a Pete's Tweets, and this is from a couple weeks ago. So Pete's Tweets, Pete Neen, one of our Twitter listeners. Oh, yeah. Good friend of the podcast. And, uh, you know, he sent me a, a message on Twitter a couple weeks, two, three weeks ago. Uh-oh. And it was a, um, it was a picture of a... Uh, of a little kitten on its back, like playing. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is this? Uh, did he mean to send this to me? I didn't know what to say, so I didn't respond. Yeah. And then after that, he's like, did you get my package? And then I realized what it was. He sent me, uh, he sent me an eight pack of pussy, the energy drink that we talked about on episode 51. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. There's an energy drink out of the UK and it's, it's, it's called pussy. And he sent me an eight pack of that stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh- Frank got some and I tried it. It's got a real uh, pink grapefruit like flavor in my opinion. I think it's got a hint of coconut in it too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm not a fan of grapefruit, so I, I didn't care for the pussy. Yeah. Um, you don't care for pussy in general, though, Frank. <laughs> no, I do. I do. Oh. Just not the kind that comes in a can. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. All right. I, I must have heard you wrong. Let's do the drop, right? <laughs> it's so loud. I'm like. I was getting ready for the drop. Uh, down. All right, Pete Sweets. I call I call Pudding Cat. Pete's Tweets. All right, so Pete, he, uh, at Pete Neen, I know this has been out for a week, and this is actually weeks ago that he sent me this, but I know this has been out for over a week, but what do you guys think about the uh, Deadpool test footage? It was a... Deadpool test footage, it was uh, after San Diego Comic-Con ended. Uh, somebody leaked some Deadpool test footage, um, you know, uh, that uh, got out there. And it was it was Ryan Reynolds that was doing the voice for yeah. Deadpool. Yeah. Um, and then that Deadpool test footage got out there. What did you – you guys saw this? Yeah. What did you think? How come they didn't get shut down? I wonder if people that were po- <laughs> posting that got banned from Facebook. I don't know if it, – it was on a website. I know all the videos are down now. Yeah. They've been taken down now. But, like, they were up there for a while, and people had a chance to see them and watch the video. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was really neat. I mean, it, it – gave me hope that Deadpool could one day be done correctly. Right. Me too. And, you know, as, as down as what I was on uh, Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern, I mean, just doing the voiceover for the CG uh, Deadpool that was in this footage, it was it was great. It was funny. It, it was over the top, which is how Deadpool is. I, th- I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I don't think Ryan Reynolds is to blame for Green Lantern being ra- lackluster. I don't, I don't think it's his fault. Well, yeah, I wasn't necessarily down on him as Green Lantern, oh, but yeah. in the movie that he portrayed, no, but th- Green that's Lantern what they need sucked. to stay away from. I think people took my text. I think people took my Facebook message the wrong way. They need to stay away from. They need to separate themselves from Ryan Reynolds. Yes, the, I think people took that message way the wrong way. That's not what I meant. I don't think he was the problem with Green Lantern. Right. Um, I don't think that they portrayed the character the way the character should have been portrayed. Number one, but. 
And there was a lot wrong with that. The villain was horrible. Uh, the screenplay was awful. But, um, you know, I, they need to stay as far away from that kind of a movie as possible, in oh, my opinion, because yeah. they, they, they totally butchered Green Lantern. Right. Definitely. You know, and it left a bad taste in their mouth. Well, they did, they tried to replicate the whole Iron Man formula. They tried it, they failed, and so now they're going and they're trying to replicate this Nolan formula with all their new movies. Yeah, we will never see a Green Lantern two, like based off of that. No, 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 no. Yeah. And that's that's it's not going to. That's why I think I, that's another reason I'm thinking like the rumor that we talked about last week, where the Justice League will be formed, but we won't see Green Lantern later. Like, he's off in space doing his own thing. Is yeah. just another reason to keep him out of the public eye for a while before they feel comfortable bringing Green Lantern back in. So He's the Black Plague. So Yeah, that's just my guess. But de- back to Deadpool. Um, I mean, what did you guys think about the Deadpool footage? Yeah, like, I, I, like, I liked it yeah. a lot. I'd love to see a fully fleshed out Deadpool movie. The way that they had it portrayed there? Yeah, absolutely agreed. It was campy and funny and over the top, just like Deadpool is. Is it better like what we saw, though, as a short? Or could like this actually hold out an entire movie? I mean, we saw some of the best parts, I'm sure, that they wanted to show us in that. Is this good for an entire movie? Could you watch an entire movie like this? Or is it something that, it that would more. be better served as like just like a short I think it needs more than than what you got there. I really want to see a Deadpool movie that's fully fleshed out where he realizes he's a character just like in the comic book. Yeah. Where he yeah. like breaks down the Fourth walls. Wall. Yeah. yeah. If they can balance it because like you mentioned, everybody's wanting to try to do more Nolan-esque stuff. Stay away from trying to get into the deeper part of the character. Nobody gives a shit about that. Like maybe have him be – the balance of the film you know he's not on screen all the time but when he is he steals the fucking show that'd be cool yeah i think it needs to be lots and lots of deadpool though. yeah it's called a deadpool movie right but at, yeah doing doing his thing yeah i don't think it should be like uh, one of the nolan batman movies where batman's not in you know three quarters of the movie i think we need lots of deadpool lots of quips lots of over-the-top violence right you know if they overloaded it, though, it, it could become a little bit of a mess. Not yeah. saying that it couldn't be done right, but, I mean, if they overload it, if they do too much, then it would I, just seem silly. I don't mean overload it with story. I mean overload it with just over-the-top, you know, action. Right, yeah. When, when, it's, when it's going on, it's going on and it's big. Yeah, it needs good comedy writers. I think Deadpool, right. first and foremost, needs to be funny. Yeah, it, it needs to be funny. It's just like... Uh, and it would be it would be a different movie than what we've seen. I don't I don't want to see like I don't want to take it, the movie to take itself too seriously if they're going to do something like this. No, not at all. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's it's uh, I want it to be I want it to be wacky. I want it to be crazy. But I don't know if they could keep that up for an entire movie without me going. I can take that shit in small doses. Yeah. Right. In small doses, I can take it. Like, there's certain movies that I can watch certain clips from certain movies and laugh. Mm-hmm. And then there's certain, but if I watch the whole movie all the way through, it's just like, oh my God, oh my God. I don't know if I could take an entire hour and a half of Deadpool doing what he did in that movie. Yeah. I don't know if I could. They'd have to keep the tone of the whole movie fun without going too serious because then it wouldn't feel balanced. But, like you're saying, if, if it's too much all the time, then. He, it's kind of like an adrenaline rush. Eventually, it subsides. You can't maintain that for a full hour and a half to two hours. 
So yeah, I, I want to see. We'll get a Deadpool movie eventually. I think it's inevitable. I think Guardians of the Galaxy's success helps that. It was a positive response from what everybody saw in that footage. Now here's my question, Brian: Is mm-hmm. is Deadpool owned by Fox? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yes, Deadpool is owned by Fox. Um, uh, he is. I don't know if they. Yeah, they. I guess they could consider him part of like the the X teams, one of the, you know, the X team members or something like that. Gotcha. But he is a Fox character. Well, maybe, maybe he'll be a character in the upcoming X-Force movie that's in, that's Fox is supposedly doing. Have you heard about that? Yeah, I've heard about that. They kind of put that on the back burner though. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's going to, if, you know, how, how soon that's going to come about. Um, you know, they've got their hands full with like Fantastic Four right now and the X-Men Apocalypse yeah. and stuff like that. Um, you know, but I think if anything, if Guardians of the Galaxy proved anything, it's that you can bring some of these characters that not everybody knows about. More people know about, of course, X Force than they do about fucking Guardians of the Galaxy, though. Yeah, but I think that's a great point. I think at this point, Fox would be smart to just have an X whatever movie, mm-hmm. whether it be X Force or Excalibur right. or X Academy or just whatever, right. and just introduce a bunch of new characters. The time is ripe for that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. I, I loved the test footage. I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought everything we saw was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. The only problem that I have with it is can they do this for an hour and a half? Yeah. I can. That's a very valid point. I mean, somewhere we need a good villain. I've seen great trailers for great, for, for movies that turned out to be shit movies. Yeah. You know, the Knights of Badass them. Yeah. Great trailer. I mean, they showed it at Comic-Con. People went nuts. It was funny. Very hilarious. You put that movie together on the screen. Mm. It was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. You I've, can show me the best parts of a comedy, and then by the time I watch the comedy, I've seen all the best parts. Yeah. I, I hate when movies do that. It's terrible, especially comedies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the part that we saw that was good kind of reminds me of the uh, – uh, Quicksilver scene in uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe it, Deadpool would be better served as a character in a movie like one of these, like right. like like you said, Jake, like an X-Force movie. Throw him in there, throw those scenes in there. That would be fun. Yeah. They could get away with that. That sounds really good because you can only handle so much intensity and over the top for so long before you end up being like, okay, all right, that's enough. I can only handle so much Deadpool comics. Yeah, and he does have a history um, in X-Force. Rick Remender mm-hmm. recently had him as a member. Yeah. And and to your point, Brian, it, it's a lot better having Deadpool being in a book with a bunch of characters than having it just be, you know, 24 pages of Deadpool kind yeah. of becomes like, oh. I know he's got like a cult following. Yeah. I know that there are people that just buy everything fucking Deadpool. I know that. But I mean, for for me personally, like mm-hmm. the new series that came out where they had uh, what's his name Brian uh, Brian Posehn and Jerry Dugan writing. I mean, I got the first four issues. After that, I was kind of out because it was just like quip after quip after joke, and, yeah. and I just it's just a little too much. And I, I I I can't get into books like that. Just like like I don't know, just like the new Harley Quinn book. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't get into characters like that because. I do need a story, something where something's actually happening, where it affects like the rest of the universe and things like that. Every once in a while, it's great to have a standalone story, but when it's just joke after joke after joke after joke, and some of them don't really play that well when you're reading them in a comic. Yeah. 
Um, I do like it when they joke about like like I don't know in the Deadpool stuff they had like a few Star Wars jokes and I found that funny but like it just seemed like panel after panel after panel it was just like hit and miss jokes and I understand it's like these comics wanting to be funny and put their shit out there but I don't know it just didn't doesn't always work for me it's kind of like South Park where in doses it's kind of the shock value that is what entertains you and then if you see too much of it you become desensitized to it a little bit and you're like okay yeah let's let's find something else yeah that's a good analogy yeah i don't know i i, I would i don't know part of that, it, it, when i first saw it it made me totally excited to see a movie but then on the flip side it's like you know you're going to have scenes where deadpool's not in there and i just don't want it to be one of these comedies where it feels like the stakes aren't real like yeah. there are no stakes and like when the action's like when the action like in the third act where you do have to have that big final battle that's where it's going to fall apart and that's where usually those movies do fall apart yeah. it's funny at the beginning some of the stuff in the second act is still funny and by the time you get to the climactic shit in the third act where it's everything's like shit's supposed to hit the fan and it's like the big finale for this comedy slash action movie it just doesn't hit as well i don't know i don't think they execute those quite well yeah it's hard it's hard to build up to do a um dramedy where you have to have you know hold the drama and still the laughs at the same time right he could be that great drop in though when you're least expecting it you see this guy with they don't explain any backstory he's real over the top he's funny for the time that he's on the screen and then he drops right back out and you're kind of like what the fuck so that that i think that would be a better use of the character given the footage that we saw so, okay, Jake, when you're talking about breaking the fourth wall in a movie, because mm-hmm. like, he's broken the fourth wall in the comics, and he's, he's aware that he's a comic book character. Yeah. Are you talking about that he's going to be aware that he's in this movie? Yes. Now, that could be interesting if they could pull it off right. And I think the way to do that is to also include the multiple personalities to where we have a narrator that Deadpool himself can talk to and communicate with. Yeah. And so the narrator's doing his part for exposition, and the the movie Deadpool can actually communicate directly with this narrator, right? And make funny quips based off the exposition, or just make fun of and you know badger the narrator. With they these. need a good voice actor for that narrator, yeah, and somebody that's going to have good chemistry with. If if it's Ryan Reynolds that they do end up casting, somebody yes. that's going to. I would what I. Let's get Morgan Freeman in on this. I mean, make it a joke. I mean, make it a parody of voiceovers. You know what I mean? I think that could be a really innovative comedy and action some, movie. You know, even Ryan Reynolds realizing that it is Morgan Freeman. Yeah. You know, as Deadpool, realizing that it is Morgan Freeman yeah, and bringing that to the forefront. And why the hell is Morgan Freeman in my right, brain? Exactly. Don't you have a Visa commercial to yeah, fucking do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Something like that. Don't you have yeah. some penguins to watch? Like, are yeah. you guys thinking about, like, Morgan Freeman describes him doing something and he stops what he's doing and he's like, excuse me? what the fuck it is that you want me to do like you expect me to do that oh well okay and then he goes for it because he's well, narrating like, what he's doing more like exposition like like describing a, a place for the first time or a character let's say deadpool sees someone that he hasn't seen in 10 years then morgan freeman would come in like talking about that character right and explaining that thing real quick and deadpool could like literally talk physically to that narrator voice back uh, and forth oh okay Kind of like maybe like talking to himself in the past, be like, yeah, you thought he was a good guy, but wait till you see he's really a dick. Yeah, just and you could do all kinds of different stuff with the device. I think there's a lot of funny stuff you could do with it. Yeah, I just want to see like just just them talking to each other. Exactly. You know, like yeah, I, I think it would be a lot of fun. So it, I think it'd take a real talented director to pull that off, though. 
Yeah, I, I think a good writer too. I mean, you definitely have to have good jokes. It doesn't need, necessarily need to take, uh, like a, what we would say, like your conventional, uh, ta- director that's out there right now. I mean, right. we've watched the Russos do Captain America the Winter Soldier. These guys are coming off doing like, you know, community and episodes of Rest of Development, like unknowns. I think a lot of times you just need some fresh blood in there, somebody that's going to understand the character. You know, maybe get somebody in there like uh, Brian Posehn to write some of the jokes and things like that. People that are familiar with the character. Yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I mean, I, and I, I love the costume design that they had in the, mm-hmm. in, in there. I thought it looked great. That's the way I want to see him. Right. But I also want to see him take off the mask and look all, the, all fucked up like he does in the comic books too. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, we, I hope we do get a good Deadpool movie. Yeah. I really like your idea of breaking down the fourth wall. Yeah. I, I, think, I think that's, that's the way to what's going to gonna separate it from everything else. If they're going to do it that way, I think they could do a whole movie on it. If they did it right, they don't have to just throw them into like an X-Force movie. Exactly. So if they did it that way, I think it'd be a lot of fun. And then if you're going to do it that way, keep it separate from the rest of the X-Universe. Oh, yeah. Have it just be its own X-Universe character. You know what I mean? You don't have to throw them into an X-Men movie. Even if you did throw it into another movie, it it could kind of be funny where none of the other characters can break that wall. So they just have no – they can't hear the voices. They have no idea what he's talking about. Or it's just like a quick scene in like an X-Men movie or an X-Force movie where all of a sudden Morgan Freeman starts to talk and Deadpool goes, hey, hey, this is not my movie. You can't do this here. (laughs) I was thinking like in an X-Men movie that wasn't focused on Hugh Jackman where Hugh Jackman made an appearance. Like Deadpool could point out, oh, you're just the, you know, you're just the guest star cameo that's here to help us make more money to be in a five-minute scene or something like that. Wolverine would have no idea what he was talking about. Yeah. I'm sitting here thinking about like Saved by the Bell about how they would break the fourth wall with Zach Morris constantly talking to the screen and then pausing the action. Time out. Yep. Time out, uh, Frank. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't think something quite so cheesy would work, but you know, in limited doses he could do something similar like just talk to the people I can in the see, audience. I can totally see Deadpool pulling a Zach Morris timeout. <laughs> that that would be kind of cool. Just out of nowhere he's yeah. have this yeah, power. Why not? Like what the fuck's going on? But that's the point of Deadpool, so that's cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Let's go. I got a question here. I'm going to try to pronounce your name. Josh Elif. Uh, he says, Hey guys, love the podcast. I'm a 17 year old dude in Australia, just about to finish school. I listen to the podcast at work whenever I'm out the back and not in the actual store. It makes shitty work go much quicker. So thank you so much. Just wondering if you guys could possibly continue the segment on comic book recommendations for the people who are virgins to comic books, not comic book virgin, virgins, although. Also, where should one start if they were interested in reading Deadpool comics? I have no where, uh, I have no idea where to start. I saw the leaked test footage for Deadpool and absolutely loved it. Thanks guys, please don't stop making this podcast seriously. Um, I wanted to say, you know, thank you for the email, Josh. Um, I've, man, I've always, Australia is like where I want to go. That's like my dream vacation. I've always wanted to go to Australia. Yeah, that'd be super cool. Yeah. If I could go anywhere in the world, it'd be like Australia and then I'd boom, go to New Zealand too. Those are my two places I want to see. I want to see the Great Barrier Reef. I want to go, I want to go all over Australia. Don't let the dingo get your baby. Right. (laughs) There's a lot of things that fuck, fuck you up in Australia. (laughs) <laughs> what are you talking about, Frank? There's a lot of things that'll fuck you up in Australia. Where did that come from? Animals, killer kangaroos. I know, koalas no, 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 no. and like I was thinking, like jellyfish. Like if you go into the wrong uh, lake or whatever. I'm talking about how beautiful the country is, right? 
how 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 uh, how I'd love to go there. <laughs> and your your first response is, "There's a lot of things that'll <laughs> fuck you up in Australia." Well, I mean, they, there's a lot of shit there. There's a lot of things that'll fuck you up in Detroit, but I'm not talking about Detroit. <laughs> I don't want to go to Detroit. I'm True. talking about fucking Australia. It's a beautiful country, and the first thing that your mind goes through, there's a lot of things that'll fuck you up in Australia. I'm not an outdoors dude, and I think of Australia, and like, what would you do there? Okay, I go on a safari, and my luck, I'd probably get fucking ate by something. There's a lot of things that'll fuck you up in this basement where we record, Frank. And <laughs> one of those things is UV vodka, but you know what I mean? No, that is not present this time. I made sure. Yeah. <laughs> We're holding that back for later. I, I don't know. I don't know where your mind goes to sometimes, Frank. I was just quoting Seinfeld. I know you were quoting Seinfeld, but man, I'm talking about what a beautiful country. You look confused. Like, what, what, I can't. I can't believe Brian calling me out on this. No, uh, Australia's a beautiful country, and yes, there are dangerous things everywhere, Frank. Right. Beautiful, but deadly exactly <laughs> right well there's a lot of that that you know is untamed i mean it's not like america where we just drive around you know the wilderness is fucking locked behind closed doors and habitats and zoos and yeah that. people I mean, never can, run into fucking deer in their cars here in illinois there's a difference between a deer and fucking the shit that you'll find there man. killer jellyfish yeah, but I'm, I'm sure Josh, it's like when he's listening to our podcast out back of his store, he's not worried about getting the shit beat out of him by a kangaroo. Well, no, you act, he's like, in you act like there's fucking area. kangaroos all <laughs> no, over the place. They're running just beating the shit. Wild yeah. gangs of them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, here comes the koala bear gang. You know? It's no, the dingo the posse. Area. But no, it's for a continent, there's a lot of undeveloped area that you have access to, and it, you're literally roaming around in the wild. When's the last time you went to Australia, Frank? I've never been to Australia. Yesterday. Oh, no. Yesterday. Listen to Steve Irwin over here thinking he knows everything Fuck. about <laughs> Yeah. I, I saw Survivor Australia. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, no, Josh, it's a beautiful country. Don't listen to Frank. I don't think you're <laughs> fearing for your life, getting shit beat out of you by kangaroos and all that other stuff. <laughs> All right, let's get back to this email. All right, back to the email. So, yeah, uh, as far as Deadpool comics, um, I got stuff to say for that. Go ahead. What, what are you? What are you going to go? You got to start with the Joe Kelly run. That's that's where I was going. Yeah, you got to start. It came out um, January tenth, nineteen ninety seven. Is when the first issue came out. Yeah. Um, read that. I do Marvel Unlimited, yeah. and all of that's on there. Yeah, he's the guy. He uh, he took him. He took the character. I mean, when when Deadpool came out, he was a serious character at first. Created by Rob Liefeld. Yeah, he still cracked jokes though. He cracked wise. Yeah, but he was more he was more serious, like mercenary when he first came out. He yeah. really was. Now now he's more like he's kind of like a, a parody of that character in that in a lot of regards. He's he's the merc with the mouth. That's that's his claim to fame now. Yeah. And what Joe Kelly did was he he took the merc with the mouth and he made him a psycho, uh, psychologically disturbed character that you can actually care about. The best run by far. Um, Great he, supporting characters. He's yeah. He's the and Joe Kelly is the one that that made him that made Deadpool first aware that he was a character and broke down that fourth wall. Correct. Correct. Um, it's uh, so check out it's uh, Deadpool Classic Volumes One through Five, and then if you want to read some funny stuff where he does break down the fourth wall, check out all of the Deadpool Illustrated books. Uh, it's where he, he kills around and he kills characters like. Uh, from classic literature like uh, Moby Dick yeah. and 
and Tom Sawyer, Ebenezer Scrooge. Great covers to those Great comics. covers, yeah. You know, on a, on a crazy side note, um, Joe Kelly is swimming in money now because he is one of the co-creators of uh, Ben 10. Oh, yeah, the cartoon? Yeah. yeah. And, and the whole franchise, the toys and just all of it. Like, he's one of the co-creators, and it's just like... Oh, yeah, there's a ton of those toys. I see them at uh, Toys R Us all the time. Is that still going? Is that popular on Nickelodeon still? Yeah, yeah it's still a thing, I'm pretty sure. Hmm. Uh, let's see here. Next email, Anderson Aruda. He says, hey, Leftovers. First of all, I just want to say thank you for all the great content. I left you guys a five-star rating on iTunes with a short review. I hope it helps you guys on the path to selling out and advertising cock pills, energy drinks, or whatever the fuck podcasts are pimping out these days. I'm kidding, of course. Your pod is gangster as fuck. Anyways, my fiancé and I are huge comic book geeks. Our collection is in the thousands. And we have a shit ton of key issues like X-Men 1, Daredevil 1, Hulk 181, and a bunch of other first appearances and keys from DC, Marvel, and others. I bring this up to paint you guys a picture of just how important comics are to us. Having said that, our wedding is next summer, and we are trying to come up with ideas of how to make comics a part of our wedding day. What would you guys do in our situation? Anderson Aruda. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. I wish I had that kind of comics collection. Yeah. Hulk, yeah. What? Hulk 181, Daredevil 1, X Men 1. X Men 1. Holy shit. Woo. Hulk 181, first appearance of Wolverine. Yeah, that is, that's pretty nice. Mm hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. There's a lot of crazy stuff you could do. You know, like, um, you know how they, I've seen one wedding I went to, they had a dictionary and you like circled a word and then like, talked about the person or everything maybe get one of those um comic like marvel like coffee books and then you can have people sign the marvel coffee book mm -hmm. or like you know talk about what what characters they like and stuff like that right that'd be kind of that'd be kind of a nifty idea like a novel idea yeah but i guess it all depends like like who's going to be coming to this wedding are they also comic book fans yeah you know what i mean should that really matter though because it's their wedding yeah you know you know i also had a friend who um was a big comic geek that got married and he did wedding invitations that were based off of the exact picture from when Reed Richards and Sue Richards got married. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, yeah, like they could do their wedding, like, uh, Reed Richards and Sue storm. Yeah. But to see the thing is there, it's like, you'd have to have some guy dressed as Namor that was like wanting to steal her from the altar. <laughs> Cause be, yeah, he was all over her. Yeah. That'd be good stuff. Yeah. Have a plant that, Gets up and objects to the wedding. Right, and right. Then, and then the groom can be the superhero and right. punch the guy in the face and yeah. save the day. Yeah. You could have like Doctor Doom, Namor, and yeah. a bunch of different characters. Yeah, that'd be funny. What do you got, Frank? You got an idea? <laughs> Shit. The closest I was able to negotiate at mine was a groom's cake that had uh, Mario and Princess Peach on top on a side table that nobody saw. Mar so <laughs> Mario and Princess Peach? Yeah. It's a comic themed wedding. Yeah, you're not no, really I know. helping. You're, you're, no, you're being selfish and you're talking about yourself. You're not helping Anderson at all. Well, I'm trying to think about what he could possibly do. It, I guess it really boils down to what <laughs> he's able to convince his future spouse to sign up for. Oh, okay, I Anderson, mean, that's a great question. I'm going to talk about myself a little bit and talk about my wedding. I want uh, a Mario cake. Yeah, Mario cake. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I guess maybe there were Mario comic books. 
No. But it sounds Which, like it sounds like we're looking for a Marvel themed wedding. Like okay, based so on this guy's collection. Are we going for like the full blown like he's gonna dress up like a character and so is his he's wife? Asking. Thing? What's any he's ideas? asking. He's asking for any ideas. ideas about a Marvel. Do you want me to read wedding? it again? No, I got it. I'm trying no, to think about the extreme of which. Well, then give you us the go. extreme. Well, I mean, obviously the extreme would be for him in the person who's performing the ceremony and his spouse to dress up like comic book characters who've been married in the past. You could lower that down a little bit and still maintain like a, a little bit of like a traditional tux and wedding gown thing and then have other things be designated comics. Yeah, you know what else is, is cool? Um I saw a friend of mine was just at a wedding last night, uh-huh. and all the tables were designated by superheroes. Mm-hmm. There was the Green oh, Lantern cool. table and the Hawkeye table and the Flash table, and everyone was on Twitter competing who could drink the champagne faster. I oh, was that's all cool! Night. They were, hashtag Green Lantern table is out drinking. Hashtag Hawkeye table. Right. And I thought that was funny stuff, and I saw yeah. pictures of the tables, and they were all decked out like they actually had like. The symbol on the table, on the placemat for each table and everything. It was yeah. more than just a name. Like the tables like look like the Green Lantern table and the Hawkeye table and everything. That's right. sweet. And it was really cool. Um, I mean, I've seen uh, – there's some, been some cool pictures out there on the internet. There's like the one where like all like the groomsmen, they're all wearing like, you know, their uh, white button-up shirts. But underneath them, they're all wearing like a, like a Batman logo or a Superman logo underneath. And they pull them open and you can see those. I've, I've seen, seen that stuff a bunch Yeah, too. I've seen the superhero cufflinks too. I mean, you could have like even some of the groomsmen and things like that just wear like traditional colors. Like you could have one be green and that could be like your Hulk. And then you could have one just be like red and be your Iron Man and stuff like that. I mean, if you wanted to go a little bit more... You know, I don't know, you, not all out, but, you know, just have different people represent different colors from uh, characters in comic books. Um, trying to think what else. That's tough. Yeah, It's right. a tough one. Um, yeah, I've heard of Trekkies getting married in Starfleet uniforms, so it really kind of depends ba- on how you know far what? you want to go. You're back to, you're back to like, now you're talking about Star Trek. They want a Marvel. They want Marvel. Shut the fuck up about Mario <laughs> and Star Trek and whatever the fuck you're talking about, Frank. Well, I'm just using it as an example of what I've you're, seen. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, I want examples for Marvel. You're not helping Anderson at all. You're doing nothing to help Anderson. You're just saying, fuck you, Anderson. Do you like Star Trek? <laughs> yes, he Here's my buddy's no. picture from the Green Lantern table just last night with the Green Lantern gift bag. Going yeah, that's very cool. Well, like, could you have him dress up as uh, Scott Summers and her dress up as Jean Grey? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, that's what I'm talking about. Like, as far as like, how far do you want to go with any it? idea you can think of? It doesn't matter as long as it's He's, not about Mario, Mario, no, or Star I know. Trek. <laughs> they should have a Game of Thrones wedding. Oh hell yeah. no! <laughs> hell no! <laughs> they can have a red, they can have a red wedding. Oh shit! Lock the doors. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's a, that's a tough one. It is um, hard to think of stuff. Yeah, especially with us being guys and being like I, I don't know, yeah. like really non romantic. And I'm against marriage anyway, so <laughs> that doesn't help me. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, we we had some ideas for him though. Yeah. Yeah, Frank, you got some really good ones. I think, yeah, a Mario cake and uh just mind the price tag. Don't go into debt getting married. There's yeah. my advice for you. Yeah, keep it keep it cheap is what Frank says. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Is there any like could they play is there any like romantic music that has been played in any of the Marvel films that they could play is like, you know, 
some of the music that they use during the wedding. <laughs> maybe they could maybe they could recreate the upside down kiss from the Spider Man movies. Yeah, they could do that. He could hang like upside, uh, hang upside <laughs> now down. You kiss the bride upside yeah. down, hang it from the web. They could have their entire playlist be the awesome mix, volume one. There you go. Yeah, yeah I, I can't think of any other major romantic themes from a comic book movie. Maybe like if we think of something else, we'll come back to this. All right, sounds good. If we good. think of anything, we'll come back to it. All right, um, let's see here. Because uh, God knows when I'm when I'm spacing out thinking about stuff, I'm thinking about marriage. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's see here. This one's tough. I don't even know if I want to. Yeah, I'll talk about it. Uh, Jeff Spruill, uh, he says, hey guys, first off, let me say that I love the show and the fact that they can go on for hours. I've been listening since the Man of Steel episode and have been hooked ever since. Uh, let's see here. Wow. Whoops. Okay. Uh, anyway, the reason I am writing, I'm not sure if this has been brought up or not, but Kryptonite in Batman v Superman. What would you, oh God, I'm losing my, yeah, what would you say powered the world engine in the Indian Ocean or the scout ship that crashed in Metropolis? Those phantom drives didn't run off fossil fuels. I am guessing that they run on an unknown power source that would be dubbed kryptonite. Speaking of the scout ship and the world engine, I bet they can salvage enough alloys from both crash sites to make some pretty sweet armor. Maybe even a full-sized humanoid robot with a kryptonite heart? Question mark. This is pretty much it. Just one last thing in Dawn. Okay, so let's talk about that first. Um, I don't know. I don't know what we're supposed to think that like any of the scout ship was. I don't know what Kryptonians used for fuel. Do you? Yeah, yeah I have no idea. It wouldn't have been crypt, uh, kryptonite because kryptonite was just irradiated chunks of his planet from that red sun. So that's not going to power anything like that. That not, size. Not in not in uh, Snyder's universe. Yeah, we don't, we don't know what it we is. We don't know what Snyder's. Snyder's version of kryptonite is. It could be whatever. Yeah. Ish. It, it could come uh. from Carl's Jr. <laughs> exclusively. <laughs> and Sears. Wow. <laughs> no. <laughs> it could run off maple syrup from IHOP. Maple syrup. Yeah, it could. It very well could. Yeah. I don't know. Um, we don't know. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a good question. I don't know if if it would run off kryptonite. I mean, it's a... This guy, this this question makes me think about Man of Steel way too much. I know. I I, I, that's why I like staying away from Man of Steel questions. Because then, it, like then it just turns into a, in, a let's shit on Man of Steel. I'm not against the question, but I, I have no input. I try not to think of Man of Steel that deeply. All I know <laughs> is like in the Man of Steel that like when when uh, Superman was on that ship, it made him all disoriented and sick. And I felt like that was because kryptonite does exist in the universe i don't as far as like what you know what was the fuel that was used in the world engine or that scout ship i have no idea what kryptonians used for fuel yeah that's yeah that's interesting you know see i felt that that they had just adjusted their i mean climate whatever regulators on the the ship to match the you know environment that they were used to which would have meant since Clark was originally from that planet, he would have been weakened, which he was. Yeah, that's – I totally agree with that point. Yeah. The the, the question here is – that that's all I know about that. It's, that, it's not kryptonite. It's uh, liquid Schwartz. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree with that. Like the question is like you know what um, 
what did the scout ship and the world engine run on as fuel? Could it have been kryptonite? Liquid Schwartz. So I, I have no idea. I have no idea. I have no guesses on like, I don't even know if that's going to come into play. I wouldn't think so. My guess would be, I mean, because, I mean, they call it the Phantom Drive and historically kryptonite's just been chunks of krypton. So I, I, unless there's something I'm majorly missing, I can't see a chunk of just their planet irradiated with what they're comfortable with in a living condition is going to power such a thing. Yeah, I don't know. We're going to see kryptonite, though. I think it's impossible to have Batman v Superman without a mention of kryptonite. Yeah, I don't know how else Batman's supposed to go up against them if he's not using kryptonite. Yeah, so one way or another, we're going to get our answer as to... We may not get our answer to what how they fuel these things, mm-hmm. but we're going to get our answer to what is kryptonite in the Zack Snyder DC movie universe. Yay! Right. <laughs> Um, let's see here. He said, oh, he goes on to say, that is pretty much it. Just one last thing in Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Tupperware the crap out of that movie. I just think they missed one thing that could have answered an age-old question in the first five minutes of the film. What would win in a fight, a silverback gorilla or a grizzly bear? (laughs) And then he says, keep up the great work, gentlemen. So, yeah, thank you, Jeff. Yeah, great. Thanks for the iTunes review. Uh, Dan Hunter, uh, says, Hey guys, it's Dan Hunter. Uh, do you have any recommendations for comics from Dark Horse? Preferably ones I can get on the app. Also, do you, how do you feel about digital comics? I know they aren't good as the real thing, but it, but does convenience make up for it? Um, Dark Horse comics. I'm not reading a lot of Dark Horse right now. No. Um, And, and now that they're losing the Star Wars license, I don't know what, you know, um, doesn't Dark Horse, didn't they start doing Dark Horse Presents again? It they has, did. It has a pretty hefty price tag. I think it might be eight ninety nine. Yeah. But it's it's quarterly, and they do a, there's a lot of really cool stuff in those. Yeah. There's, um, Kelly Sue DeConnick is doing Ghost. Okay. So she brought back that Ghost character, so there's that. Isn't that Resurrection Mary? Is that what it's based on? I, I'm not sure. I'm yeah. drawing a blank on that. I, um, to the other question... Um, I love digital comics. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the convenience, and I love the way the colors look. Reading them on my iPad, um, it looks great. You know, I get to read it just full page comics. Um, I love the convenience of it. I love not having to uh, sort and organize and take care of something and worry about getting tape stuck to the cover as I'm putting it back in its bag and backer board. I hate that. And uh, drives me crazy. I can read comics on my iPad while I'm eating Chili Mac and not worry about getting any Chili Mac on my copy of Amazing Spider-Man, you know? And you can read them anywhere. Yeah, I can read them anywhere. I can have my whole comic collection on my device. So I'm I'm a big fan of digital comics. I yeah. love it. Yeah, I like it. I, I like digital comics, too. Um, is, uh, I'm trying to think, is Hellboy... Dark Horse. Hellboy is Dark Horse. Yeah. Hellboy's pretty much wrapped up, though, right? Yeah, but, but you I can guess go you back can get it on the app. Yeah, you can go back and read them on the app. And Dark Horse is the ones they they don't participate in Comicsology. They have their own app, yeah, yeah, strictly yes. for Dark Horse comics. Yeah, yeah, that's. I knew that because I was for a while I was reading the um, the new Star Wars relaunch that mm-hmm. Brian Wood did, and it was coming with free digital copies. Yeah, and I had to go onto the Dark Horse app to get those books and everything. So yeah, I love it. Yeah, Dark Horse is kind of doing like their whole superhero initiative right now where they're bringing in like their own versions of superheroes and 
some of these characters that were used back in like the 30s and 40s. I think Skyman is one of them, and some of these characters I've never heard of. So yeah, you can check those out too. Dark Horse has some cool like mini series and horror comics and stuff like that too. I read Colder, which I thought was great. So check out Colder. I think it was like a four or six issue mini series. It's really hmm. good. Gotcha. Good shit. So yeah, I like I, I like digital comics too. I like how you can zoom in panel to panel and stuff like that. I like mm. it. I love it. I love how you can take screenshots of pages mm-hmm. and use them for wallpapers. Makes the um unlimited possibilities for what you can do for wallpapers and all your computers and devices. Mm-hmm. Right. A couple months ago, I got in on uh, Marvel Unlimited. I haven't done any of the Dark Horse stuff yet, but I'm interested in getting into it because of all the Star Wars stuff that they did. And yes, I know it's not canon, but still, it'd be a fun read. Yeah. I've been, um, this is a little off topic, but I saw, I was at Barnes & Noble's the other day and I saw that first novel came out. That's the uh, first official, like, canon novel post them erasing all the other canon right right so i was thinking about maybe checking that out yeah uh lee tapscott uh let's see here he's the creator of freeze it oh gotcha uh you don't remember that i do remember it all right you're like oh gotcha Gotcha. Cruise that shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's Lee Tapscott. Uh, in the new DC 52 comics, um, when they got rid of the name Captain Marvel and just replaced it with uh, calling him Shazam, how does the magic word work now that transforms Billy Batson into Shazam? I guess what I'm asking is if someone asks Shazam what, it, his, na- what his name is and he says, I'm Shazam – does he change back into Billy and sort of say, shit, I have to stop calling my name to everyone? Just something that has been bugging me that no one has answered when they mention that DC is no longer calling him Captain Marvel. Thanks, Lee Freeze It Tapscott. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know for sure that that's what's going on. He's not called Captain Marvel in the New 52 at He's all. He's not. He's Shazam. Okay. Because, because it drew too many comparisons to Captain Marvel from Marvel Comics. Oh, gotcha. Okay. They yeah. made him wet that way in uh, Injustice, that video game, fighting video game. Yeah. He's labeled as Shazam. Yeah. Well, it's even even as a kid, though, I remember him kind of going by both names. Like, you, you know, even real young, I remember knowing him as Shazam mm-hmm. also and Captain Marvel. Right. So it's not completely out of left field that this is what they're doing now. But that's a funny that's a funny conundrum. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the logistics and how that works. You yeah. know what I mean? That's a funny question. Yeah. What if Shazam says his own name? Does he revert back to Billy Bastion? It's one of those funny right. comic book conundrums. Right. Yeah, like, we'll talk about the movie later. But maybe that's like uh, if Lionel's got the Sword of Omens and he happens to talk about the weather and says, "What's with this fucking thunder?" and it starts to grow, and he's like, "Shit!" Yeah, you ever hear of the discussion if the Invisible Woman turns a light bulb invisible? What happens? Is there still light in the room? Oh, yeah. I never wow. that. <laughs> <laughs> some existential shit going yeah, on here. So, so, yeah, some funny stuff. That's kind of what that reminded me of, that question. Yeah, I don't know how to answer that one. Yeah, right. I mean, that's like that's like, that's like a question that you ask, like, the creators. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how to answer that. That's, that's a tough one, Lee. <laughs> so I, I don't have an answer for that one. Yeah, me neither. Me I neither. can see him totally getting trolled by the other uh, – the other characters like, who are you again? Shazam! And all of a sudden, he's a little kid, and everybody cracks up laughing. <laughs> he's like, I go by Billy. <laughs> I'm Captain Billy. 
All right. Uh, email from Finn Dietz Creek. He says, hey, PCL, it's been a while since my last email, so I thought I would redeem myself by asking you some things. Question one, what did you guys think of the Gardens of the Galaxy suits compared to the comics? And if you could, how would you change them? Same goes for Thanos. Oh, we're question by question here. Um, yeah. I, I love Star-Lord's helmet. It's not exactly the way it is in the comic book, mm-hmm. but it works. It's fine. I, I wouldn't have liked it more or less had they have like cloned what it was from the comic book. Right. Um, character by character. I mean, Rocket looks exactly the same, basically. I mean, very similar. Um, Groot, the same thing. Um, I wish... I can understand why they didn't make Drax green, because you can't confuse him with the Hulk. You already have another green character in Gamora. But that that's my biggest complaint of any of the changes, is I wish Drax, Drax looked a little bit more like his comic book form. Um, my biggest problem was probably Gamora Yeah. overall. I mean, I don't know why they didn't go a little bit more comic with her. Like, give her the yellow eyeliner. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could see that. There was already wacky enough stuff going on that that wouldn't have seemed out of place at all. No, I, I think that would have been cool. Just give her the yellow eyeliner and then, uh, I don't know. I just don't think that uh, I liked Zoe Saldana, but I think she's the weakest out of all of them. And I think, like, just even her physique is not the physique that we've seen in the comic books, the older comic books. Mm-hmm. I mean, the new one, that she's she's kind of based off of Zoe Saldana, that look. But, like, the older comic books, I think she looked different. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. And I know he asked about Thanos, but I also really liked um, Nebula. Nebula looked straight ripped out of the comic books to me. I mm. think they did great. Nebula with looked awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And Thanos looked looked okay to me, too. I thought he looked like shit. Yeah. I've heard you guys talk about how you didn't want to see those Josh Brolin eyes. You wanted to I see the that. empty. I said that. The empty, dark pits. The stars in the eyes. I don't think yeah. Jake had a huge problem with it. But no, I didn't. I didn't like it. I don't know. I think I think it looked like Josh Brolin spent too much time in the bathtub and came out and looked like a wrinkly raisin. <laughs> yeah, that's. And I, I mean, just like in Fellowship of the Ring, when Gollum was kind of crude, and then by the time we had to use him a lot in Two Towers, I think a lot can still be done. It kind of helps to blend what you saw at the end of the Avengers too. I mean, he looked similar to the little cameo at the after credit scene in that. Yeah, I agree. And even from there to there, we have a, a little bit of a different character design. You don't want to change him too much or else everybody would be like, now who's that now? Yeah. We'll know who he is. Right. Uh, I think I'm the only one that's going to be able to answer this next question. Also, what have you been thinking about Original Sins? That's the new summer event going on in Marvel right now. Yeah, I actually by- read I read issue zero. Okay. And it's being written by Jason Aaron. Uh, he asks, any gripes? I've really been enjoying the series, and I wanted to hear your opinions. So um, have we had the big reveal? Do we know who killed the Watcher now? Have you kept up with the series? I've been keeping up with the series. Uh, I think the last issue I read was, like, issue six. Okay. So um, I don't know. I, I really liked it. I thought I, I loved the backstory uh, that we find out about uh, Nick Fury. I, I love it. I think it's great. I mean, there's a lot of stuff about Nick Fury's background that we did not know. I mean, we just thought of him as like this, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. agent that's like really high up in S.H.I.E.L.D. And come to find out, I mean, he's been fighting another battle behind the scenes that nobody even knew about, which I thought was amazing. Now, which Nick Fury is this? 
the real Nick Fury. Okay, not the new Nick Fury. Yeah, the real Nick Fury. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I think a lot of the story hinges on whether or not the the last issue delivers on the whodunit aspect of it. Yeah, a good whodunit is a lot of it has to do with how good that last reveal is. You know? Yeah, I think a lot of these events have like ended like pretty crappy. You know what I mean? They start off really strong. I, I loved the way Age of Ultron started. And yeah. The way it ended was kind of, yeah. Same thing with like uh, Battle of the Atom, the whole X-Men thing. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of these, just a lot of the the newer uh, events have just kind of like the endings haven't been, you know, yeah, amazing. I, I thought AVX had a strong ending. A lot of people hated that too, and I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was great. I thought it was a strong ending. Yeah. Whatever. Me too. Me too. I enjoyed it. It was big stuff. Yeah. Um, but uh, I love the team ups that are going on in Original Sin. I mean, there are some fucking crazy team ups, like characters that you never thought would team up before. Yeah. You know what I've I mean? I've seen some of it with um, Rocket and Punisher. They didn't team up. It was actually they meet later on, okay. but it's, um, you've got the Punisher teamed up with uh, Stephen Strange. Oh, gotcha. That's great. And that's just bizarre, man. <laughs> just crazy. But it's awesome. Yeah. It's so good. And I, I think one of the teams is is uh, it's Bucky. Uh, yeah, it's the Winter Soldier, Gamora, and Moon Knight. Hmm. And then you've got another team. It's I think it's Emma Frost, Black Panther, and... Emma Frost, Black Panther, and somebody else I cannot remember. There's another team, and it's uh, it's just like Wolverine and Hulk. Hmm. And I mean, it's just some great teams, like some people you'd never think would be teamed up. That sounds fun. It is a lot of fun. So I think it's so far I've really been enjoying Original Sin. So having a lot of fun with it. Uh, and then, and then he, Finn. I don't know why you said this because it's not true. I'm so glad. <laughs> I feel so bad reading this, too. All right, here we go. I'm so glad you both made Frank an official leftover, even though he is that old jar of mayo in the back of the fridge. Love you, man. It's really nice to have a solid three people back on the podcast. Let me, Frank, you're not a leftover. Yeah, I I know. know I'm like the intern. Yeah. Yeah, Frank's not a leftover. He's the fifteen no. percent that disappears. Right. right. Yeah, I, I, I am the Frank Nato. You can't predict when I'm going to come and when I'm going to go. <laughs> um, let's see here. The you, last you shouldn't have read that. That was uncalled for. Well, he, <laughs> he it's in the email. Okay. It's in the email. Jeez, Finn, who are you to promote Frank to leftover? No, That's I think okay. he. I think he. I think he uh, heard something wrong in the podcast and thought that Frank was a leftover. No. So nope. Um, he uh, Finn says last thing. I'm sorry. If you guys had to compare each other to a comic hero villain, who would they be and why? So what I want us to do is, Jake, I want you to tell like you know who it, best guess. I mean, even whatever. You want like, me to say who you are and who Frank is? Yeah, yeah, hero and then villain and then you know I'll say like who you are and who Frank is and we'll 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 go from there. Okay. Just oh crap. I don't know. Brian, you are your hero is Captain America. You're, Why? <laughs> Why? Why Captain you're our, America? You're, you're the stoic leader that holds it all together. Uh, okay. Okay. You got the podcast battle plan, right? And you're, I'm going to say your villain is. I'm just. I'm going to give you Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom. Wow. Yeah. I'll take that as a compliment. And so then, Frank. What's Frank's hero? Frank has to be. Uh, Frank's with the crack wise, and I'm going to give Frank. Deadpool as his hero. 
And as a villain, I'll give Frank Pyro. Because, you know, he'll set everything on fire. Yeah. <laughs> like his farts and stuff. So. Oh, shit. Not yet. Not yet. I'm working on it. All right. So that's mine. I did all – that was all – that was off the cuff too, off yeah. on the top of my head. Yeah. Right. So I'm sure if you gave me an hour, I could I could get better. Yeah. I got it. Okay, go. Okay. All right. I'm going to say, Jake, your superhero is Aquaman because you're misunderstood. Okay. And Brian, hmm, I'd have to put you about Gambit. Gambit. <laughs> I'm the one with the poker table here. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, all right, as far as villains, uh, Jake, I'm going to say you're Mr. Freeze. Okay. And Brian, hmm. That, I have to say, I, I, you'd probably strike me as like maybe a humorless. Uh, well, you have humor, but uh, a Black Adam type. Okay, that's crazy that he calls me Mister Freeze because I do currently have a girl in ice that I'm trying to find the cure for. <laughs> <laughs> so, you could also then be Locke from Final Fantasy VI. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> this is a tough one. Uh, a comic hero. Um, Let's see here. Let's go with uh, Jake. Comic hero. Man, it's a tough one, dude. Yeah, it's not easy. I'm going to go with uh I'm going to go with Spider-Man. I'll take it. I'm going to go with Spider-Man. I'm honored. You know? I mean, yeah. I mean, that's your guy anyway, and I think that's the character that you relate the most to. For sure. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess Peter Parker kind of felt out of place and stuff like that. And I'm sure you felt out of place. You know, everybody that's into kind of like this kind of culture has felt out of place at one time, even though it's blown up now. Yeah, it's only in the last 10 years or so that exactly. it's really become like acceptable to everybody. Exactly. So, um, villain. Let's see here. Comic book villain. Man, that's a tough one. I'm trying to think here. Let me go with Frank's comic hero. Frank's comic hero. Frank said I'm Aquaman. I know. Aquaman? I'm insulted. Yeah. No, 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 no. Like, like a lot of times, like, when you start talking to you, because you're so opinionated, people take you wrong. Oh, gotcha. But at first, they don't understand the value that per- you provide. So on the surface, Aquaman, like, you look at him, you're like, well, pff, what the fuck? And then you find out all the shit that he can really do, and you're like, holy shit, this guy's awesome. Frank's comic hero. Frank's comic hero. Wow, that's a tough one. I don't even know, man. <laughs> I have no idea. Drawing a blank. Let me think here. Who would Frank be a comic hero for Frank? We should make up one that gets powered by booze. Hmm. Let's see here. Yeah, there was a, there was a book called Buzzkill where a guy like <laughs> he drank he drank and that was his power. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, Frank's comic book hero. God, this is tough. Let me, I gotta pause. I gotta pause. I gotta think about this. Jeez. <laughs> okay. So, all right. Okay, Frank, you would be as far as heroes go, you would be DC's Plastic Man because he's kind of uh, kind of a goofy guy, and uh, he can be kind of pervy at times. So, definitely gonna go with uh, go with. Plastic Man. I'm down with the description, but I've never heard of him, but cool. 
Yeah, never that's never kinda, heard of Plastic Man? No. Yeah, that's kind of where I was going with Deadpool, too, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as far as villains go, um, I'm probably going to go with uh, Boomerang. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, big old D-list Spider-Man villain. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I could have said Stilt Man, but no, that's even worse. But <laughs> No, I'm going to go with Boomerang. I'm going to go with Boomerang. I don't know who – if I was to label myself, I don't know who I would go with at all as far as like a hero. But for a villain, I always somewhat empathize with like the Joker as far as anti-establishmentarianism and finding absolutely everything funny. Gotcha. Frank's the Joker. <laughs> no hero? You can't figure like a hero for yourself? I don't find myself as being a heroic character. I don't know. I <laughs> just I can't relate. <laughs> He's villain all the way. Maybe maybe unintentionally. Maybe Frank's the Hulk. No, if if it was, there was a Hulk, it'd be my fucking cousin. Every fucking thing that he sees, like a fly landed on his windshield. He's a rage monster. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I would not be the Hulk. What about you? What about you, Jake? Uh, my superhero would I would pick Spider Man for myself too. Uh, I don't know what I would do for a villain, to be honest with you. No clue. Really? Yeah, I don't know what villain I relate to the most. Maybe Mole Man. Yeah. You know, I just want to be left alone in my own universe <laughs> to do my old my own thing. Right. And if you disrupt me, then I'm gonna I'm gonna come at you with all my creatures and shit. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I'd probably go with like my hero. I'd probably be Punisher. Yeah. There you go. Because nobody likes me. Even the good guys. Yeah. Nobody likes me. And I, and I got to tell you, you've been messed up ever since Nam. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, yeah. He's brutal. Yeah. And then as far as villains go, I'd want to be Loki. Yeah. I'd want to be Loki. Comic Loki or movie Loki? Uh, I'd say, I don't know. Um, I'd say a mixture between Kid Loki and then movie Loki. Okay. Yeah. So, Yeah. Good stuff. Thank you, Finn. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah. Uh, Michael Cornish um, says, great show as usual. I found everyone's ranking of the Marvel movies very interesting. Oh, this is from a few weeks ago. I'm just curious. Uh, assume that The Dark Knight and The Man of Steel were Marvel movies. Where would they rank on your list? Jake, I'll let you go first because they're... <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, well, Man of Steel is the lowest movie on my list, yeah. if it's a Marvel movie. Dark Knight's the tricky one. I definitely like Guardians, Avengers, Iron Man. Uh, I'm going to put Dark Knight at five for me. Uh, for me, and, you know, I'd have to go back and look and see my exact order again, but... Uh, as opposed to like given a specific number for the Man of Steel, I'd put it somewhere in the middle, five or six. But um, the Dark Knight, that's got to be probably my number three because uh, Heath Ledger behind what movie? What two movies are better than Dark Knight? Uh, I've got Avengers at number one right now and uh, Guardians at number two. Yeah, go Frank with Guardians better than Dark Knight. I um. It was at twelve movies altogether. Now, if we add those two, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I want to put Dark Dark Knight at, at eight. I've already reverted, so I thought about it. Five's too high. Okay, um, I'm gonna go uh, one Avengers, two Captain America Winter Soldier. No, one of yeah, one Avengers, two Captain America Winter Soldier, um, three 
Um, let's see here. I'll go with, uh, yeah, three. I'm going to have to put Dark Knight up there at number three. Yeah. So. I think most people would. I think a lot of people would have it at number one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people would. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it, it, it's a comic book movie, but I mean, it, I, I, the Nolan movies aren't, I don't know. They're just, it's more of a realistic take on Batman. You know what I mean? I don't know. If, can you really call it? They are, they are, it's based on a comic book character, but it's like, it's like a grounded version of Batman. Yeah, even more so grounded. comic movies though. He still wears a suit and has a utility belt. I know they are, but yeah. I mean, it's, as far as like a, a comic book feel, like it's more like reading like a Frank Miller comic than it is reading like your regular Batman titles. Sometimes I got you. Yeah, on a, a like to differentiate DC and Marvel, I always felt like DC was far more science based as opposed to Marvel being a little bit more on the mystical side. Yeah, I don't know about any of that. I, guess, I mean, I know they both kind of cross over both ways, but that was kind of always how I felt with Batman being one of the front runners of DC. Yeah. With him not having any powers at all and everything that he is is being made up with him as a person. I don't know what's so science-based about what's running, what fuel is used in Kryptonian ships, though, and Kryptonite and Superman and all that kind of stuff, though. Maybe Batman, but I think Superman kind of throws all that out of the window. As far as like being more science based or less? Less. I would disagree with that. I would say it have to do with like radiation and things like that that he'd be exposed to by coming in contact with kryptonite. That's science fiction, though. That's well, right. But it would be bound in a basis of reality, something that would make physical sense. Yeah. As opposed to like things like the miracles and what miracles. Well, I'm trying to think. I'm not. I'm not using the right word. Fuck the um, shit. The Inhumans, Unhumans, because they're they're more mystical as opposed to anything science based as far as their abilities go. Is that right? Or no, is that not? No. Yeah. I mean, they were created. They're basically created by the Cree, which was used but the used the Cree science. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, then, then I'm wrong. Then I'm more fascinated where you put Man of Steel on this list. The Dark Knight. I, I expected Dark Knight at number three, like up there. Oh, oh, I totally forgot that he asked about Man of Steel. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's see here. I'm gonna go with. Uh, let's see here. I'm gonna go number one, Avengers. Number two, Man of Steel. Number three, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. And then number four, The Dark Knight. You like Man of Steel more than Dark Knight? Dear Lord, man. Yeah, I do. Dear Lord, man. You see, I can't even get behind that. Dear Lord. Ooh, it's a good movie, but, I mean, for me, you got to have I – mean, Guardians had the humor. Guardians had the broad appeal. Dark Knight was serious, and you really got to delve into the psyche of the Joker. You could really sink your teeth into the movie as a movie. Okay, guys. All right. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> no, listen. No, no, no. Okay. Well, let me give you my let me give you my reason behind this. Okay, number 1, you're dealing with a character everybody knows, fucking Superman. Everybody's seen all the 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 Superman movies over the years. The George Reeves TV show, the Christopher Reeve uh movies and all this stuff. Okay. Yeah, do you want to have the same movie again? Do you want to do that again? Do you want to no. have a character like that again? No. 
So what they did was they tried to take Superman, this character that everybody's seen every iteration of, and they tried to take this character and they tried to put him in a real world scenario. Like what would it be like if Superman landed on the planet now? How would people react? And they, I think they did it in a great way as far as showing that because when he came here, people did react of like, holy shit, there are aliens. People reacted to this because when Zod made his presence known, it was all over the airwaves. I want Superman. And I, I just thought it was really cool with like the ships landing and like the government being involved and, and, and things like that. I, I just thought it was a very cool way to bring him in there. It showed Superman as enemy number one too. They tried to put him in the handcuffs and things like that. He wasn't looked at like in the hero that he was in the Christopher Reeves films. The Christopher Reeves film, what happened in that movie is like his first appearance was Lois Lane's at the top of the building on the helicopter. She's falling out of the helicopter and he rescues her. Superman's the big hero. Yay, everybody loves Superman. And, and and they wanted to stay away from it. It's been done. They had to put a different spin on this type of a movie. But they did have scenes where they showed Superman displaying pure heroics. Yes, but it was, not, it was not a Superman in a costume at that point in time. It was Superman going around not knowing that he was made for a bigger purpose. He just knew that he had these abilities. He was doing what his father wanted him to do and stay out of the limelight and not be this guy in this flamboyant suit that sticks out in front of everybody. Because you can say anything you want to. I mean, when he was, like, protecting everybody on that oil rig, he tried to do it incognito so nobody knew, and then he would disappear and then, like, find another job somewhere else. So, you know, I, th- that's all I'm saying is, like, it wasn't the same Superman that just came out of the blue wearing this Superman costume that, that saved the day. It was a totally different spin on how he became Superman, and I appreciated it. I liked it. I thought it was a fun movie for what it did because it showed what this character had to go through internally. Um, and I'm not saying that the Reeves movies didn't do that because he didn't – you could feel like there was a disconnect from his parents. And, and you did get that emotional feel like the first time he did talk to um, you know, his father in, in the uh, Fortress of Solitude. No. I mean, that was a very cool scene between him and Marlon Brando. I just think that they did it differently this way. Do I think one's better than the other, the way that they did it? I do think that the Christopher Reeves movies did it better showing – I think Christopher Reeves pulled it off – I think he's a better actor yeah. than Henry Cavill. I don't hold those movies that close to my heart either. Like my hatred towards Man of Steel has nothing to do with – because they made a change, because they did something different from the originals. I just overall think it's a long-winded, boring film. To say, though, on like my list, to say it comes in at around number five isn't to say anything negative about the film. I mean, you got to look at the competition. You've got the Avengers, Guardians of the Galaxy, The Dark Knight, and then what I would say probably my number four is is the first Iron Man. And I would say the Man of Steel is probably equal i mean that would be a real freaking toss-up between that and the winter soldier we're talking real high i mean for me real high quality films i mean you're talking like such a slight difference between each one they're it's i mean they're all fantastic films i definitely give them all tupperwares uh but you know to try to pick them apart to say that there's that big of a difference between a number one and my number five on my list there's not it's kind of hard to try to pick 
among those. Yeah. It's not hard for me to put Superman at the bottom of my list. It's the only one of the 12 movies that's a toss-it for me. Um, okay, like your reason for, like it was long-winded and, what, what was the other thing that you said? It was long-winded and... A boring, probably. Boring. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, I... I, I, I I think that everything that they put in that movie was there for a purpose. Oh, I couldn't disagree more. I thought everything that they put in that movie was for a purpose. I mean, a lot of people have a problem with um, the Lois Lane relationship that he had. Yeah. And like, oh, I can't believe that they kissed at the end. And what feelings? Why does he have these feelings for her? And I think it's because she is this Pulitzer Prize winner. She did have this story ready to go, and she knew about it. And the fact that she kind of held it close to her and didn't, like, expose him, that went a long way for her. It kind of made him feel like she cared about him in the same way that he now is realizing that he appreciated the way his father cared for him. It's it's hard for His father wanted to keep him away from people knowing who he was that being being exposed and i think he didn't realize that until later on in life i think he resented his father for not letting him use his powers to save him right but then when it came down to it he had this woman that she could have used him and she could have exploited him but on the flip side she did not do that so that's what drew him to her, and that's what I got from that scene when they did kiss, and that's why the scene impacted me, and I thought that it was warranted because of that, because th- not saying like he wanted to make out with Kevin Costner, I'm just saying that yeah. it was something that she did that showed the same love that his parents had for him, and he could connect to her with this. This was somebody that didn't have a hidden agenda, that actually cared for him, and saw him as the symbol that he could be. That she that's accepted I- him for who he was and respected that i don't disagree with anything you're saying i just i i'd never like not to be jerky about it but i just never even cared like it the movie is just it just never do anything it's like yeah and it's all subjective but that's what i got out of the film that's why like that scene meant so much to me it was just like wow that that i mean i'm trying to think of like all the different parts of that movie and then how they intertwined and then that once that and like i i loved the scene where like the uh where where zod like uh, you know, basically attacks the mother. Yeah. And him loving his mother takes Zod out. I mean, just pure rage. Anybody touches your mother, dude, what are you going to do? I don't care if the guy's bigger and badder than you, and if Zod has this reputation as a general that knows how to fight and shit like that, Superman just went fucking full Christmas story rage and started beating the shit out of this guy. Yeah, he didn't care who the fuck he fucked up. I thought Zod was a terrible cinematic villain, too. Like, he didn't carry it all for me as like something like it he wasn't entertaining on any level i don't think he was supposed to be entertaining i felt like what he was is he was created he was one of these kryptonians that was created out of the uh, how, how is it saying they it, it, not a natural birth and so when they're not created out of a natural birth it's almost like kind of like a hive mentality everybody was like um you know he was like the warrior and then i'm sure you had your scientists and your brains and things like that so i mean he was kind of like it just showed how fucked up that society was that when you don't have you when you can't think on your own this is what you've become and so without him being able to defend his people and being that 
he was a man that had lost everything, and that from that point, he just became unhinged. That's when I think the character really opened up. Yeah, right. Before that, it was just like, okay, yeah, he's kind of boring. He just wants to basically make his presence known on this planet. He wants to take over the planet. He wants to terraform. But then when when he lost all hope of that, he became unhinged. That's yeah. when the character became interesting to me. He yeah. was very single-minded, and he got what his whole directive was taken away. He was a fucking bore fest. Like, when characters become unfringed in movies, they can become interesting and exciting and good. Like, I think of when Jack Nicholson becomes unfringed and, like, it's the, in the Shining, he becomes good. Like, it's interesting. Zod did nothing for me. Like, that performance was nothing. The performance, what it did for me is that scene where he's like, you know, I am here to protect my people. Now I have no people. And I bought into that because he is a good actor. I think he did sell that scene. And I think that's where the character became unhinged. And I think that's where it was like a true test for Superman. I, 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 that's, that's where I loved it. And then people are bitching that they, we didn't get the action scene. We didn't see P- Superman punch anybody in Superman Returns. Yeah. And so now we get the scenes where Superman is punching and he is fighting people. And then it was a big problem because he's going through and knocking down buildings on this metropolis that's already been destroyed and terraformed. And then th- there are people there. I, I, I don't know. I got something completely different than everybody else that watched this movie yeah, that did not they like went it. The total opposite way. It just seemed like mindless destruction that looked cool. You can't. We can't watch those scenes and just like, oh, they're just making but the explosions. But you're a huge, you're a cool. huge backer of these Michael Bay movies where they glorify action and destruction and things like that. But then when they do it in a Superman movie. Yeah, but that's movie, not what I want in a Superman movie. It's just mindless destruction. And but, to be fair, Michael Bay, in my opinion, is a hundred times the director of action that Zack Snyder is. I felt it, everything that occurred in the movie was within the context. They had, the bad guys had superpowers. Superman had had superpowers. The bad guys didn't give a flying fuck about any of what they would consider to be vermin or insects on their future planet. And neither did Superman. But I don't ever remember him willingly destroying anything. He got his ass knocked into quite a bit of shit, but I don't You're ever talking remember. about a young Superman that's never really used these powers to this potential before. I mean, they showed a scene with him just previously just learning how to fly before that. You've got somebody that they're trying to show that this guy does not know the extent of his abilities at this point. And I think by the end of that, I think he does realize what kind of power he does possess. I mean, you're basically giving the powers of a god to somebody that didn't realize until like you know maybe 20 years earlier that he did have these abilities but to what potential he never had anybody from krypton to talk to about this his father would probably be the no the most knowledgeable as to how powerful he could be on earth's planet but see none of them had actually come here and experienced these kind of powers either yeah i just i just never cared i never cared about zod's purpose i never cared about superman's purpose it was just a 40 minute explosion battle at the end and i just could care fucking less oh i i i I thought it was awesome i mean it was it it was it was a battle of the heavyweights you know that's what i want to see Zod was not a heavyweight oh i I, in my opinion i in my opinion zod was was definitely the heavyweight i mean i i liked uh what's her name uh the the female in the movie too amy Amy Adams. adams 
now uh, the 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 Kryptonian. Oh girl. yeah, Amy, Amy Feora, Adams is the Fe- best thing. Feora was it Feora? I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a great scene. Yeah, she was brutal too. But I mean, you know, th- I thought he was the heavyweight in this film, and I thought they did a good job of showing that he was going to be the heavyweight in this film because he was his father's foe, and so basically he had to take on basically the guy that his father had a battle with. You know what I mean? It's like it, it went from it went from his father. That battle then went to him, and I thought that I thought that that was I, I liked it. I thought it was very cool. Um, you know, he's the general. Yeah. You know, the general of that army, and they ha- he had to take him on. And it was I don't know. I, I I I loved the movie. I saw it three times in three days, and each time I watched it, and I loved it. And that's what makes this movie so polarizing. And I'm not saying that you're wrong. Oh no. And I'm not saying that I'm right. It's just I think different people got different things out of that movie. Better than The Dark Knight, though? Come on, man. Yeah, I think it is better than The Dark Knight. Oof. See, that I can't get into. It For me, it's just the depth and the, of the psychosis of the Joker. That he had, he was crazy, sure, and he you know, would make up these stories about how he got the scars to the point where you didn't even know how he got them. But he could think so far ahead it's as to easier. plan the moves. E- it's easier to do that. You've got so much to pull from in those comic books, the Frank Miller stuff. You've got so much to pull from from the Joker. Yeah, he can be a dark character. But taking a goody two-shoes like Superman and putting in a, him in a movie like this is a more daunting task because everybody's known what to expect from Superman in a Superman film and in some of the Superman Yeah, but comics. to be fair, I knew what to expect from this film before I saw it, knowing the director and the writing team. It's not like when I saw it was this direction, I wasn't like, oh, my God, what a radical turn for Superman. I don't think it's so radical to just take the character and darken him a bit. I, I'm, I'm not I, – I don't think that that's such a radical move. It wasn't so dark as what they did with Batman, though. And it's not why I dislike the movie, I guess, is my point. You know what I'm saying? It's not, oh, Superman killed Zod. It, it didn't ruin the movie for me. It just, what to me, wasn't a good movie in the first place. Like, there really wasn't – plot elements that ruined it it was just i found it slow and plotting and hard to even pay attention to it was so boring to me i will have to say anytime that it i've caught it like just flipping through channels on like hbo though or whatever it's always at an interesting part for me whether they're in the middle of fighting or there's some major exposition going on and i haven't really sought out the movie to you know, watch it again recently, but a lot of times, I mean, when it's on, I'll click over to it, and it just happens to be a scene, usually, that'll make me stop and watch for a second. Yeah. Man, it still sucks. Let's move on. No, man. I just, I don't know. <laughs> we I could don't... go on about this forever. Yeah, we probably could. I don't know. It's terrible. <laughs> no. It's a Tupperware, and I loved it. thought it was a great movie. And yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely above Dark Knight, in my opinion. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> You're a terrible person, we're, Brian. Whatever. We're I mean, well balanced though, because Jake hates it. I like it. You love it. I still think you're a little. I, I loved Guardians of the Galaxy, but I still think you're crazy for having it as your number one comic book movie. Yeah, I can I can see I can see where you're coming from. It's easily my number one though. I mean, I think it's got a lot of like uh, looser ends than in. Uh, like Avengers, I thought Avengers just took. 
I thought Avengers had like the the most daunting task of them all. And you can say that oh, Guardians of the Galaxy had the most daunting task because they're putting together a team that pretty much nobody knows anything about anybody on this team. Nobody knows anything about any. But I think like what they did with what Joss Whedon did with the Avengers is that he he took all these four movies Mm -hmm. and not every movie people liked. I mean, there's people that didn't like the Thor movie. There's people that didn't like you know uh, the Incredible Hulk movie. You know, and there may even be some people out there that didn't really like Iron Man. No. But I think what Avengers did, I mean, it was just a global sensation. I mean, taking all these movies, taking the good, taking the bad from all the individual films, weaving them together into one film to where I just thought it was it was amazing. It was epic. It was an event. I don't disagree. I agree. Everything you're saying, a hundred percent. I think it was like probably the biggest, one of the biggest sensations since like watching like Star Wars in yeah. the theater for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't know. I felt more goosebumps and tingles from watching Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I, th- I think I think what Guardians of the Galaxy really lacked for me is great villains. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The Nebula costume looked fantastic. Karen Gillan as Nebula. Yeah. Not a huge fan. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not a huge fan of Karen Gillan anyway. I love Doctor Who, but she's probably, in my opinion, the worst companion that's ever been on the show. Amy Pond is not my favorite. Yeah, see, I got nothing there. Yeah. I'm just not a huge fan of hers. I like her as I liked her as the doctor as the companion in Doctor Who. But I mean, she was nowhere near like, you know, Donna. And I even liked Rose better. So I don't know. I just I just love Guardians of the Galaxy. I love Chris Pratt's performance. I love Rocket. Uh, I thought Batista came out of nowhere and it was amazing. Oh, Bati- yeah, we're yeah. going to talk about Batista later. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it. I just, to me, it's just, uh, it's the movie I could of all the Marvel movies. It's the one I could watch a hundred times. There's things I, in that in that in that movie that that just blow me away. Things that I love, like uh, just the small scene when they're flying to the collector's world and the collector's world happens to be the head of a celestial that is fucking awesome and it was amazing to see in IMAX because you're sitting there and you're thinking not only are you seeing the head of a celestial but also if you just sit back and think about it a little bit more it's like what the fuck came through here and ripped the head off a celestial (laughs) you know what I mean yeah for sure what's the story behind that I mean there's a lot of things that get you thinking in that I think that they, the way that they formed the team, I liked it. I thought it was really cool. But Lee Pace is Ronan the Accuser. They, 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 they totally missed the mark on that. Yeah. Totally missed the mark on that. You need to stop getting some of these TV actors for your villains. I love Christopher Eccleston. I loved him. I liked him as Doctor Who. I did. Yeah. I liked him. He wasn't my favorite doctor. I go after watching Tenet and watching Christopher Eccleston. I Tenet a hundred times over. But I mean, Christopher Eccleston was good, and just having him as Malekith was just weak and then I thought I thought Lee Pace was kind of weak sauce in that movie for yeah, me I want a better villain for my next Guardians of the Galaxy film a good analogy the best for- villain was fucking Yondu and he wasn't even a full-fledged <laughs> villain right yeah for me kind of it a good analogy is like comparing like say a Kia versus a Honda you, for how much money you're laying out, you might feel like you're getting a better value for a Kia, but after you've had it for like three years, that Honda is still there taking care of you. That's kind of how I feel about the difference between Guardians and the Avengers. You see Guardians the first time, and it's like, holy shit, this is awesome. But then on further viewings, and don't get me wrong, it's still a number two and a really close number two. 
but when you've heard the jokes and the humor wears off and the newness of it is gone, myself, I think Avengers holds up a bit better as a better all-around film. Not only does it balance the seriousness with the humor, but also the action that that's just how they kind of fell out for me. I just think Guardians of the Galaxy is such a gorgeous movie to me. That's the deal for me. I think Josh Whedon possibly may be a better writer, and there's, Avengers possibly has a tighter and better script. But I think Guardians of the Galaxy is so much more gorgeous as a movie to me. The whole of it. The sounds, the sights, the dialogue, the music, the edits, the cinematography. It just It's, it's on another level of Marvel movies to me. Uh when I left Guardians of the Galaxy, I didn't leave it thinking I, – I, I didn't have the same feeling that I had when I left Avengers. I left Avengers thinking, oh my god, I just witnessed something so epic. I, I watched some of my favorite characters from some of these movies interact with one another. When I watched Guardians of the Galaxy, I left the film and I thought to myself, yeah, I saw a really funny movie. Yeah. I saw – it was really funny. That was really funny. And James Gunn, you did a great job at um, not doing a classic space opera that we thought we might get. We got something completely different. We got an action comedy set in space. Yeah. Um, that's what I thought he pulled off really well. And I thought he did a great job of introducing these characters to the masses that had never seen these characters before. Now they're household names. These people, like these characters that were just kind of yeah. like between like comic book geeks and stuff like that that we loved for years, now everybody loves yeah, it. Yeah, Grooting is a YouTube sensation. Exactly. And yeah, I hear you. I left Avengers and I had the same feeling. I was like, they did it somehow. They did it. They yeah. made this work. You yeah. know what? A, this is such a mess on paper, but they made it work. Yeah. But I left Guardians like jumping up and down like an eight year old. You know, I felt like it was just it was the most I reverted to being a kid seeing a new movie that mm-hmm. I can ever remember. Right. So I I just love it. I think um, I think Avengers three if they do mix the Avengers with the Ga- Guardians. That is going to be a huge test to see how these characters interact with one another. And if any movie could make Avengers not be the movie that, you know, not be that number one movie for me, that has the most potential to be like my number one movie. Yeah. Because if they are going to go ahead with what they've been talking about with Avengers 3 and that be like the culmination of all these movies – I'm talking the Avengers. I'm talking the Guardians. And I'm talking the final threat of Thanos. Mm -hmm. All those three things. So now they've got it. They've got the humor that they've got in Avengers plus the cool action, all those iconic characters. You've got the funny characters, quirky characters. You've got Chris Pratt and the Guardians. You've got a raccoon that can talk and a a, uh, talking and walking fucking tree. And now you're going to mix it in, not with Malekith, not with fucking Ronan, but fucking Thanos? Yeah. That could be it. That could be the fucking movie. Yeah, to me that could or could not work. I, I'm scared about – yeah, Frank, make the big O face because <laughs> to me what makes Guardians <clears throat> – No, it's yeah. no, he, Jake's exactly right because looking at Avengers, that could have been a shitstorm, Frank. Right, yeah. but I – Trying mean- to balance the time of each character just right to get that movie the way they did it. It, it, it could, this Avengers three could be either, like I said, a bigger the, shit storm. A, a bigger shit storm. But we have yet to see a. I mean, okay, so we. I still say I taste Iron Man three as much as I didn't like it. 
you know, it was better than nothing. Uh, I, <laughs> I wow, yeah. Ooh, that was a glowing review. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's better than nothing. <laughs> I really, you know, I really want to toss it. Yeah, um, I, I have yet to see. I have yet to see a Marvel movie that I would toss. I have, I haven't tossed. I wouldn't have tossed any of them. Yeah, I'm not saying you're necessarily going to toss it, but I think my point is why this couldn't work is what makes Guardians of the Galaxy so special to me is kind of it's like really creator owed feeling and you know really how much you know leeway that James Gunn got to do with it and everything. But there's so and, much that they can do with it though. Like I geek out at the idea of having yeah, Thor but, try to have a conversation with but Drax. Under, under whose control is that going to be has a lot to to say, I think. You know what I'm saying? Is are Josh Whedon and James Gunn going to co-write a movie when they when they are with each other? Oh is God. Whedon even going to still be around by the time we get to this movie? Is it going to be someone else writing? I mean, this could all fall off the the wagon really easily. Oh, I, I okay. I, I think you know. Um, I think basically, if you keep what they have intact, and they're going to have what they have intact by the time Avengers three comes around. Okay. Yeah. You know, the Chicago Bulls, one of my favorite basketball teams of all time, the dynasty of the nineties. You had Jordan, you had Pippen, and you had fucking Phil Jackson. So you had the two two of the best players in the NBA game. And you had the best player in the game, in my opinion, Michael Jordan. Okay. And then you had the guy that was above them. That was your, uh, that was Phil Jackson. So what I'm looking at here right now is kind of like that Bulls dynasty. You've got Kevin Feige, who's your Phil Jackson. Yeah. And then you've got, you know, Joss Whedon, who's your Michael Jordan. And then everybody else, everybody else below them, that's the Scotty Pippen. Yeah. You know All what right. I mean? As long as you keep those three guys in play, I think that you've got a, I think they're running a great offense right, right now. Yeah, you're BJ yeah. Armstrong. You're well. James uh, Gunn is more than the Scotty Pippen that everyone else is. Then, if you're saying you have to keep these three guys in place, if he's part of that math, it's more like they all play him. their parts. It depends on how big the Guardians are going to play a role in Avengers Three. Right. Yeah, you know, I mean, are they going to play a huge role in that? And I think that you know i think that joss whedon would be making a huge mistake if he did not get james gunn involved in this yeah. because i think james gunn gets marvel cosmic i don't know if whedon gets marvel cosmic and that's where i'm coming from is i i'm scared to see the meeting like i don't know if it would work or not in this like yeah in, in uh, is it going to be earth based or is it going to be cosmic yeah. i mean are we going to see you know iron man get a spacesuit and go out there and fucking do some shit i mean that's I think that's what they need to do. Avengers two is going to be Earth based, right? I mean, we're going to have the yeah, Ultron bots and Ultron and stuff like that. I think by the third one, we need to take everything off Earth and let's take these guys out there. But from everything what we're hearing is like there's the rumors that the fact that the Guardians of the Galaxy are going to be returning the Hulk back to Earth. I've heard all that too. I want them to go cosmic. Let's keep it cosmic. Yeah. Let's if keep- you're if you're gonna you know let's change the scenery for the Avengers. Let's have them go cosmic. I want to see Thor out in space. Who the fuck doesn't want to see Thor in space? Definitely. So, yeah, I, that's one thing that I really like about Guardians of the Galaxy is how minimal time it's spent on Earth. Really, just that one scene at the very mm-hmm. beginning. Absolutely. And that's what made it work. That's why Green Lantern sucked, yeah, in my opinion. Exactly. Because it went from, like, it went from Earth-based to cosmic and then back to Earth. It's confusing. Yeah. It made it goofy. It did. It made it, like, two different movies. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's why I just don't know if, if the Guardians of the Galaxy we've seen can meld into the Avengers universe we've seen. Like, I feel like that's just as big of a task as the task they had before of making Cap, Thor, and Iron Man meld into one movie. Which, what what which they, they can do is all – okay, right now what what's really worked for them is Captain America kind of being the fish out of water. Yeah. That's kind of been funny, right? Yeah. Let's take all the Avengers and put them in his shoes. Let's have all of them be the fish out of water. Put them into this cosmic world that they, they really don't have that much exposure to except for maybe Thor. Yeah. You right. know what I mean? But like, let's have them all out of what I want to see how fucking like, you know, Tony Stark would react to seeing the head of a celestial. I'm sure we wouldn't just get a whoa. We'd get something completely different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want to see some of these other characters like out of their comfort zones. You know what I mean? I think that would be cool. So like, let's take the Avengers off planet and shit. And then with that, you're going to have to kind of trim the cast a little bit or else you're going to have too many people to pay attention to like Hawkeye's great and and uh Black Widow's great but if you try to shoehorn them in along with Cap and Thor and the Hulk and Iron Man along with the full uh Guardians cast that's a lot of people to try to balance out it's a good point to bring up do you think we're going to see a uh, death do you think we're going to get a death in Avengers in Avengers Age of Ultron or in one of these movies, do you think we're going to get a death? Yeah, I think we will. It's already been hinted at that we're going to see a new Avengers team formed also. Right. So there's a good chance that the core four people, the Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, and um, yeah. which one am I forgetting? Captain America. Yeah. You know? Everybody's speculating Captain America, of course. Yeah, but I don't think the other three may be on the third movie, Incarnation of the Avengers. Right. So it's hard to say. And they could spin it any way you know that they they choose. I I I'm just kind of sitting back, you know, and paying attention to it because it's interesting because they, obviously they're way above me and ahead of me as far as like thinking of how it's all going to come together. And I think they've done a great job so far thinking ahead. They're laying the groundwork for Avengers three right now with the Infinity Gauntlet and all that, and we haven't even got Avengers two yet. Yeah, and we still don't even know for sure that Avengers three will be the Infinity Gauntlet. I don't think that's set in stone yet. Well they're not it's not set in stone yet. But if I have if I were to take an educated guess and if contracts don't work out that Whedon's gonna come back Avengers three is his last film. Yeah. It'll be a, a bit in And, moment. you know, and then Tony Stark, that's his last film. Uh, Robert Downey Jr., I mean, yeah. as, as far as contracts go. So, I mean, but then, then after that, where do you go? I mean, maybe that's where they do bring in, like, the, the new Avengers team. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hard saying. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, I want to see. And, and hey, we're not even talking about characters that they haven't even introduced yet or announced yet. I mean, we're, they're talking about Captain Marvel. Yeah. So, you know, another Earth-bound character that kind of goes that, that goes cosmic, kind of like, you know, Peter Quill. Well, Hank Pym or, Hank, uh, or Scott Lang. Scott Lang. The Avengers. 30. The Black Panther, if there's going to do a Black Panther movie. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Uh, the Inhumans. I think a funny scene would be like, uh, you know, a scene between, let's say Vin Diesel does get cast as Black Bolt. A funny scene where like, you know, you've got Black Bolt and Groot in the same scene. <laughs> and you got Groot and he looks at Black Bolt and says, I am Groot. And then Black Bolt says nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Shit like that could be really funny for oh, people. Yeah. Just like an inside joke for all of us fans. Yeah. Have Stuff Black like, Bolt just tilt his head at Groot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. All right. Um, 
shit. Uh, wow. We went off on a tangent. Yeah, what was the original topic? It was Michael Cornish. How much Thank Man you. of Steel sucks? <laughs> no, <Yeah>. damn it. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's see here. Cameron Wilson says, "Jake, awesome choice for video game to film adaptation on last week's episode." This is another old email. <laughs> Metal Gear would be epic. What would you want to see? Uh, direct adaptation or what? One film, multiple films, loaded with questions. I know it's just when I heard the question, "What game would you want to see adapted to film?" I almost yelled out, "Metal Gear." I like your style, sir. Yeah, I uh, we don't need a direct adaptation. Let's just get the feel and the flavor of the franchise and get it on the screen. You know what I'm saying? Let's have that voice on the com. Let's have him, you know, trying to sneak into buildings and get stuff. That would be good because the actual storyline is incredibly convoluted, and that would be hard to pull off and have people understand in a feature film. Yeah, you could you could you could water it down. You could still have Liquid Snake. And you could still have Psycho Mantis. Right. You, you could make it explainable. I can't remember if it was the second or the third one that I played last. And I dabbled just like barely just a little bit in the first one that was released for PlayStation 3. And I'm like, okay, I'm done. It, it's a little too complicated for my taste. Yeah. I just think it'd be a lot of fun. Who, who would you want to see cast a snake? You know, it, they make it in the game like it's a, um, oh gosh, a... Uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, yeah. It's totally like that character from uh, Escape from New York and everything. Yeah. Sure. So it's hard. To, it's like you're recasting Kurt Russell now, basically. Yeah. You know, it's hard. That's a hard choice to do. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who I'd put in that role. That's a tough one. That on is. On the spot. You know, uh, a lot of talk about um, a lot of talk about Frank Grillo being uh, like the Punisher. But since I don't think that that's going to happen, maybe they could cast Frank Grillo, you know, who played Crossbones. Yeah. Maybe they could they could cast Frank Grillo as Snake in one of these movies. Maybe that could be like his uh, claim to fame. Yeah, I could see uh, Carl Urban doing. Oh this, yeah, very nice doing, choice doing this role. Very nice choice. Yeah, I think he would fit in well. Yeah. As long like as they're that. not trying to do some of the like pickup Carl lines Urban. that he was doing over the codex. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that you would be so cute. <laughs> it was pretty cheesy and uh, Solid Snake. Well, I'm talking an American-made film. I think a lot of times the video game had the problem of um, they were translating. Yeah, localization uh, you always end up with problems on. Yeah, exactly. And this would be an American-made film, not a Japanese-made film that was translated into an American-made film. Right. And so you yeah. wouldn't have that kind of stilted language and everything, you know? Okay, this is going to be uh, this is an interesting question. What about for Snake? What do you think? Do you think that that people would have a problem? You know, like they've changed characters. Like, uh, you know, Nick Fury is now Samuel Jackson, so he's an African American. Gotcha. Do you think that that people would have a problem if they took Snake and made him an African American character? Oh, people would definitely have a problem. I, I mean, I'm should not, they have a problem? Uh, no, they Fuck should. No, they, they should not. Let me throw this actor out there and tell me if you don't think that he would be a great choice as Snake. Yeah, Idris Elba. Oh, definitely. That'd be yeah. a great choice. Yeah, but I think there, there's definitely roles for him in the movie. Like he would be great as Snake's boss. I think. I you know, I kind of see him more as an authority figure, and Snake is, is a kind of a loose cannon character. I just think this guy has so much fucking range as an actor. Oh no, and it has. I'm not saying this has nothing to do with. Oh, don't cast him because. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I just, I just see him as a different role, more of the boss of the uh, unit, and yeah. not the Snake character. You know what I'm saying? Right. It was. It always kind of reminded me of the Rambo and Colonel. What's his name? 
I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's, in it's the like, Rambo movies, because yeah. that was always what it was kind of a joke off of, like a combination. Yeah. And Snake was a Rambo slash Snake Plissken from the Escape movies. But it, the game itself was heavily, you know, based in espionage and stealth and stuff, so. Yeah. And there's a lot of great villain characters, too, in the Metal Gear universe. I think yeah. they have a lot of fun with the really goofy villain characters, you know, what they're what they're doing and the kind of soldiers that the bad guys are creating and everything. Revolver Ocelot was always my favorite. Yeah, there's a bunch of great ones. So I'd love to see that come to, come to real life. It'd be cool. All right, and then he goes on. This is kind of old news, but he says, Brian, following up on our NBA talk a few weeks ago, I'm not going to spend too much time on this one, but big moves in the league. Now I can pull for Miami and not have to hear that I only like them because of LeBron. Uh, how would you feel? How would how would you have felt if he went to the Bulls? Slight chance, I know. Just curious. All right. This is not a basketball podcast, but I am going to get into this just a little bit. Um, I am of the firm belief that like I will hate a player. Like that, the Bulls have like a rivalry with. I will hate a player. Okay. Bulls had a huge rivalry with Miami, so I hated LeBron. You know, but I mean, if you bring that same player that I hate into the Bulls, and he's wearing a Bulls uniform, yeah, that's my guy, man. Yeah, all is forgiven. Exactly, you're part of the family now. As long as you don't do anything to kind of like taint what I like about that team. You know what I mean? Don't fuck anything up. Even yeah. when Rodman came, and I mean Rodman was a loose cannon, but man, us Bulls fans, as long as we're winning games, yeah. we embraced him with open arms, and, I, and it's still a fucking shame that the Bulls have not retired his jersey and Detroit did, because I think Rodman, I think even though he spent more seasons with Detroit, I think he loved his time here in Chicago more than he did in Detroit, and I think it's a damn shame that Rodman's number 91 jersey is not hanging from the rafters in the United Center, right up there with Jordan and Pippen. I agree. All those rebounds meant a lot for that. Right. Those Absolutely. Teams. He put a lot of work in that, too. I mean, he would watch fucking tape of whoever he was going to be playing that week to try to figure out where he needed to be, to, and he would watch when people would make shots where the ball would go and try what he would try to be there well he would if they would miss jordan and pippen would shoot and shoot and shoot and when they'd miss he would like try to figure out like where the ball like the english on the ball where it yeah. would spin and where he could grab jordan's rebounds or uh-huh. pippen's rebounds mm-hmm. i mean this guy i mean you know and a lot of people say he was six foot eight but more people said like he's actually closer to six six i mean and this guy was pulling down rebounds like he was a seven footer right yeah, so. Rodman's such a loose cannon, though, like when you see him now. Yeah. Like, you know, you can barely understand a word he's saying. He's all like, <laughs> yeah. he was on Celebrity Apprentice and yeah. drinking all the time and stuff like that. But, man, Dennis Rodman, the worm, he was one of my favorite players on the NBA. But like I said, if LeBron James had gone to the Chicago Bulls, he would have been a bull, and I would have supported the dude. I'll tell you, okay, Bulls hated John Starks. Bulls hated John Starks. We hated that Knicks team. Yeah. All those guys from those Knicks teams back in like the late 80s, early 90s. They, Bulls hated John Starks. Little known fact, John Starks played for the Bulls in the 2000s, early 2000s for like nine, ten games. Huh. And it was funny. He still got booed by the Bulls like uh, fans and stuff like that. But even I said, you know what? He's a Bull now. So, yeah. I mean, every three-pointer that he knocks down, every layup he gets – I'm a John Starks fan as long as he's a bull. So, I mean, that's just how it went. Yeah, as long as he's not throwing games, then hey. Yeah, exactly. 
I can still hate him for that fucking uh, that that was that Jordan block that he had years ago. But whatever. So one of the or reasons he dunked that, on Jordan, something like that. One of the reasons I have a hard time with the NBA, and one of the reasons why I don't keep up with it is back in the day, and I think Jordan or Charles Barkley even commented on this that you wouldn't join forces with your enemies on a team. This goes back to when LeBron joined Miami along with uh, I can't remember their names. Uh, Dwayne, Dwayne, Wade Dwayne Wade and, and uh, Bosch. Chris Bosch. Yeah. He said you wouldn't join forces. I mean, you would stick with your team and you would play your hardest to overcome them. And it just doesn't seem like we have any of that anymore. Nobody remains the face of a team. Everybody the, moves around. That's true. I mean, with free agency and all that stuff. But I think, like, everybody, like, players like LeBron, players like Kobe, everybody's trying to create their own legacy and stand out above the crowd. And so, like, this is going to be part of LeBron's legacy. Jordan left the game, you know, because of, you know, some personal things going on in his life with his father being murdered and, and he left the game, played basketball, uh, baseball. So LeBron, just to add to his story, left the team, and then now there's the homecoming. Right. You know what I mean? So everybody's just trying to, you know, it's going to look great on one of these LeBron James, you know, Blu-rays about, you know, the like the legend of LeBron that they'll come out with or something like that. And, you know, you'll hear like the narrator say, LeBron left and got his championships. Now can he get a championship back with his home team? Blah, 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 blah. So, you know, I, I think everything Jordan did when he did it was kind of like organic. And I think yeah. like LeBron James is trying to recreate something in his career that can like live up to like what Jordan did. You know right. what I mean? He's, he's making his own story as to where Jordan, this is just what happened. This is Jordan's life. You know right. what I mean? Everything that happened to Jordan, that that was real. You know what I mean? He got injured that one season, had to sit out the whole season, watch the Bulls kind of have a bad season, came back and just kicked ass. And like LeBron is just kind of like creating things that will yeah. add to his legend. It's a bunch of horse shit. I mean, all I got to say is LeBron – Jordan never lost in the finals. That's no all I'm shit. saying. That's Amen. all I'm saying. You want to talk about the greatest player of all time? Jordan never lost in the finals. That's all I'm saying. I feel bad for people that watch basketball now because they never got a chance to see what we got to see in Michael Jordan. Yeah. I mean, you can go back and look at archive videos or you can go back and look at little snippets here and there. But, I mean, it was it was different to no, see it man. live. It was different to watch that shit live. I saw, right. I saw him play in person. I was there. I was at 98. I was at Grant Park. I was in Grant Park. I was sitting in the seats when they when they when they came out there and they like you know gave their speeches and they had the celebration. I mean, I'm a Bulls fan through and through. But watching Jordan play the game, it was totally different than watching any other player play the game. It was different when watching Kobe, it was different than watching Le- LeBron, I guess. I mean, cuz Jordan when he took over a game, he was like playing another game. Like nobody could even live up to him. And right. you could say like the competition wasn't there. Like there was nobody. Man, there was some good competition back yeah. in the day. Yeah, we're Patrick, talking about basketball way yeah. too much. I'm going to shut the fuck Sorry. up. But yeah, <laughs> Jordan's still greatest of all time. LeBron, he went to the Bulls. I'd still be a fan of LeBron. I'd be a fan of LeBron if he went to the Bulls. So, um, yeah, uh, Cameron Wilson goes on to say, Frank. Keep it up, man. I really, I'm, I'm really enjoying you being on the show. Don't let Brian give you too much shit, man. <laughs> he complains about my emails, so I make them longer and longer. LOL, just kidding, Brian. I'm just talkative. Um, <laughs> That's the Brian style of getting back at someone too. <laughs> Camera, camera's on to you. 
yeah. you complain about something, you just do it do it more. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. So he's on to you. Yeah, he's on to me. Yeah, I got. I'm very. I'm formulaic, aren't I? No, but yeah. on that, on that you are. Yeah, I, I can't follow that same train of thought because if that was the case, I really would die of liver cancer. Oh gosh. Yeah, Frank, don't don't take, <laughs> don't do that. No, 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 no. Uh, let's see here. Robert, uh, I'm going to try to pronounce your name, buddy. Robert Sousa. Hey, guys. My name is Rob. I'm 26. I live a couple – and he's written some articles for our, our site. Yeah, he just recently did the Sin City Sin Review. Sin City Review, which was really good. Uh, I live a couple minutes outside of Boston in Massachusetts, and I love your podcast. You guys sell yourself short with the mediocrity. You guys are great. I've gone back and listened to old podcasts and even started re-listening. I agree with you on so many topics and think you guys get it I under- and understand what makes a good movie or show and know exactly what we want to see in them. I hope to become more interactive with you guys and wrote something up. I'm sure you're familiar with this show, but I have not heard you talk about it, and if you have, that's my bad. The show is Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and it has taken a spot in my all-time favorites. For me, an absolute Tupperware, and wanted to know if you guys have seen it, and if so, what do you think? This is a great companion piece to the MCU. It helps to familiarize uh, with so many characters and story arcs, especially as someone who hasn't read all the Marvel comics. I knew who the Winter Soldier was before my friends and am more excited about the Ant-Man movie than those same friends because of this show. There are a ton of characters here, an expanded Avengers team that includes Black Panther and appearances by the Guardians of the Galaxy and Galactus. All the characters get their own – they get their due diligence with – hold on. Yeah, I gotta check. Some. There we go. All the characters get their due diligence, their due, uh, with great personalities and great humor. The animation is great, as is the action and mystery. The only thing I dislike is the opening theme song, but besides that, fantastic. Can't wait for Guardians of the Galaxy and your next podcast. So, have you seen it, Jake? I, I love this cartoon. Yeah? Um, yeah, I'm kind of upset because this cartoon had two seasons and we're already going to reboot the cartoon. Yeah. And um, so I, I wish they would just do season three of Earth's Mightiest Heroes. I, I don't understand what the need for the reboot. But apparently Earth's Mightiest Heroes is kind of loosely based off of when Brian Michael Bendis relaunched Avengers into New Avengers. Mm-hmm. And what Marvel wants to do is have a cartoon that's more movie-centric yeah. and less based off of Marvel 61616. I, I was getting ready to say 61616 because yeah. that's one of our zip codes around here. That's true. But um, Puree Heights. Yeah. 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 But um, And I used to live there. So every yeah. now and again when I say Marvel 616, I'm like, I can't help it at the <laughs> right. one six. But yeah, I, they want to get less away from the comic book version and more into the movie mythology of these characters, which is mm-hmm. a shame because Earth's Mightiest Heroes was the shit. It was really good. I, I really liked it, and I love their – my favorite character in that show yeah. was Hawkeye. Oh, yeah, Hawkeye That's the way great. Hawkeye should be, yeah. in my opinion. Have is you it, seen the show, Frank? I've got it on my uh, like list on Netflix. Yeah, it's all on Netflix. Yeah, I, and I'm like – Within half a season of being done with Breaking Bad, and I was going to jump into that and watch also uh, the Clone Wars because I haven't seen that either. Mm. And I was going to like do both of those at the same time, and I'm now I'm like, damn it! <laughs> yeah, it's still worth watching. It's okay, they, they 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 close it off. It's two seasons of goodness. Okay, 
I mean, I just wish they'd do more. There's no reason for them not to do more here. Right. It's just a shame. I don't know how new it is. I also just saw they released the first season of Arrow on Netflix, and I've got that added on my list, too. I believe they just released the second season of Arrow on Netflix, really? too. Really? Okay. I'll I could check be wrong about that, but... No, I, I'm a big... Wow. Excuse me. We I had motor- Taco Bell last night. We got night. motorcycle races going on. No shit. <laughs> Um, no, but yeah, I, I I was a big fan of that show. I loved it. I thought yeah. it was great. Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Yeah, yeah. It used to be on back to back with um, the Ultimate Spider Man cartoon, which I like a lot too. Right. Um, let's see here. Uh, Matt Smith uh, says, "Hey, Doctor P- Who." Yes, Doctor Who. <laughs> Hey, PCL crew. Matt Smith here following up. I like all types of books. I do seem to lean more towards Marvel books than DC books. So I went and picked up the new Rocket Raccoon book due to your suggestion, and I really enjoyed it. I think I may subscribe to uh, Marvel Unlimited sometime here soon. Also, I've never really read any image books, but after hearing your suggestions, I will definitely pick some up. Also, if you have any more suggestions, I would be overjoyed to hear what I should grab. Anyway, thanks for reading my email and for being one of the most kick-ass podcasts out there. Chris Hansen. Oh, not Chris Hansen. Matt Smith. Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen's the next one. Oh, gotcha. No, not the not the Chris Hansen from... <laughs> you don't want him to show <laughs> to up. To catch there, a know? predator? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Frank, I think I saw you on one of those episodes. Bloody hell no, man. I, I make them show their horrible. ID first. That's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I strongly recommend going for that Marvel Unlimited. Um, I'm the same way. I... But you know what? I've I complain and I complain. If if DC would do the same thing as Marvel and have a DC Unlimited, I would totally subscribe to that too. Oh, I know. And in some ways, yeah. I might enjoy it more because uh, DC's better to read in. It's not. I don't like reading DC like reading one book and then waiting another month yeah. to read it. Like when I read Flash, like I love Flash. But I want to read Flash like book to book to book to book because I have a problem with like DC books not remembering what happened in the last issue. Yeah, and they, and they, DC notoriously never has the uh, previously on page either. Marvel's yes. always really good about having like yes. the little one page that catches you up, but it's like DC almost willingly does not ever do that. Yep. You're absolutely right. So you're like, what the hell? (laughs) I think it's kind of funny because I think you've said in the past that on a TV show, you hate that part of a TV show where they rehash what's happened in the past. It's a little different. It's different in a comic book. Especially when you're reading like 30 plus titles a month. It's like at the most, how many TV shows a week are you watching? You know, maybe you're pushing over eight. (laughs) I may be doing good to get two or three. (laughs) Well, okay. But you can remember the two to four different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get you. Just because Walking Dead and Game of Thrones were on in the same week, you're not getting them confused. Yeah, but see, they'll show you what happened like like the previous issue most of the time as to where like what they'll do in a TV. TV show is actually show you like scenes from like three, four, five episodes back yeah. that let you know what they're going to be concluding on in and, that issue. And another great point is, um, Frank, and I mean, you'll agree too, Brian, is that with the TV show, I only have to wait a week. You know, I saw the end of this on Tuesday, and then next Tuesday I'm watching it again. You but with the, issue, with the issue of Flash, I'm reading it the first week of February, and then I'm not reading it again until yeah. the first week of March, and that's a whole month that it's I've a whole read month. 30, right. 40 other comic books yep. and watched all kinds of other shows. Gotcha. And it would be nice just to have, you know, I don't like I like how sound. I like how Spider Man and Daredevil do it. They do it like a like a page from the Daily Bugle. Yeah, they, there's a lot of fun ways to do it. Yeah, and it's not. 
in TV shows, I complain about it because, like, in Game of Thrones and Lost used to do it. Um, Once Upon a Time does it, too. All kinds of shows do it where they show you a clip from an episode eight episodes ago just to warm you up for the surprise right. that's about to happen. Yeah. And it's like, listen, my, my attention span isn't that short term. And if it is, I'd rather figure it out at the end of the episode what the connection was. Yeah. And the whole thing could be much more shocking if they wouldn't be like, previously on an episode, 10 episodes ago, is this scene that'll be important again in this episode. It's kind of like, come on. Walk, the, Walking Dead does that too. The unfortunate thing yeah. that I've noticed is, is and, and you guys may have noticed this too, is that recently it seems like we're we're having to bow down to a populace of people that can't remember anything like they can't keep track of who's part of what house or what who plays what part or anything like that and yeah i have tried to watch game of thrones with a couple of people who are like constantly in the middle of the show like who's that and what are they doing and i'm like if you'd shut the fuck up you might know what the fuck's going on by the end of the show yeah. like they went for you to learn <laughs> yeah that that is a bit of the problem like who's the character in um Walk- no, i think a lot of the problem is though with some of these shows that they they, they do show you scenes and they and and, and and you don't know, is this something that they talked about in a previous episode that maybe I missed? Or yeah. is this something like new that they don't want us to know yet and that they're going to basically elaborate on that more? Some shows do that really well. Some shows do it really bad. And it does confuse yeah. the fuck out of me sometimes. Yeah. I think Walking Dead does it really poorly, though. Like, who's the character that, with this son that Rick walks it? In the like the first two episodes that Rick walks into Morgan, meets. Morgan, Morgan. Like when they reintroduce Morgan in season three, it's like previously on, and they're showing all these scenes with Morgan, and it's like, come on, you know, it, maybe show that next episode and remind fans when they first saw this character. Wouldn't wouldn't the shock have been much more shocking of seeing Morgan again without previously on all these scenes with Morgan? I can get that. Yeah, yeah. that's because that was way out of the blue. Yeah, it, it, something's going to be out of the blue. Keep it safe and let it be out of the blue. Don't don't right. spoil it with previously on scenes. Yeah, that's where I, that's my complaint. Um, Matt wants to know, like you know, uh, he likes hearing our suggestions for comic books, and like you know, uh, um, he wants to maybe pick up some more, and especially like these image books that are coming out right now. Um, there's one that I'm really enjoying right now. Um, it's uh, oh yeah, I'm really enjoying Alex and Ada uh, by Jonathan Luna. Um, it's a lot of fun. How um, many issues do we have of that so far? I think eight or nine. Oh, um, uh, and uh, I'm really enjoying that book. It's not going to be for everybody, but it's basically like – it's kind of like uh, the movie Her. Okay. With uh, Joaquin Phoenix where he gets the operating system that kind of like is like made for him and it's a woman and he can talk to her and – and, uh, you know, he basically falls in love with this operating system. Well, this is kind of along the same lines. It's a, uh, it's in a future where, uh, basically like, uh, they've made androids that are very human-like. And, uh, you can buy one. And I think, I think the, the new one's like the X5. And this guy, his, his, uh, grandmother buys him an X5 and it's a woman. Hmm. And he names her Ada. And, um, you know, it, 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 it's kind of weird. It's it's a uh, sci-fi. It's a science fiction book, and it's kind of like a. It's set in like the distant. Uh, I guess near distant future. I okay. don't know. Like a, like a, it. It sounds like it could be just like a, like you know maybe forty fifty years away or something like that. Where they gotcha created artificial intelligence. Kind of like AI. Like yeah. AI is fictional time. Place. Yeah, and um, you know uh, they find a. He finds a secret group uh, online that are actually unlocking these X5s and giving them um, basically like um, 
uh, kind of like an emotions chip. Like when data gets the emotions chip, mm-hmm. they're, they're able to actually act as humans and like, like, uh, figure out like what they like. Not just like, oh, I like anything that you like, Alex. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like now it's like, now they can like eat food and be like, oh, I like this or I don't like this or I, I want to dance. I, I like dancing or I like this type of music. As before, it was like he had this robot and she was all like, I like anything that you like. You know what I mean? So I'm just I'm laughing thinking about data now. Yeah. I, I do not understand this thing called laughter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I loved it when like uh he started laughing yeah. uh, uncontrollably and he remembered like a joke that Jordy LaForge had told him in like one of the previous episodes and he finally just got it. Yeah, it was something really bad. Too. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like I, I love Alex and Ada. Um I'm still reading Rat Queens from Image by Curtis Weeb and nice. I love that book. It's a lot of fun. Um Basically, like it's kind of like Dungeons and Dragons on steroids. And yeah, these, these four—it's four strong female characters, and they talk kind of like they're in our world, but it's set in like a Dungeons and Dragons fantasy type realm. Yeah, it's like Sex in the City meets Dungeons and Dragons, kind of. It's great, and <laughs> I'm also reading a book by uh, Justin Jordan. It's called Spread, and uh, that's a really good book too. It's an image book, yeah. Gotcha. It's called Spread, and there's kind of like this virus that's actually kind of like it's taken on a physical manifestation, and it can it once you interact with it, it, it can it kills you. And they've basically uh, the longer it's out there, like this, the bigger this virus gets, and like some of the, like the the physical manifestations of this virus just look like like huge crazy aliens that can kill people. Oh, that's and interesting. There's like really no way to stop it until this um, guy comes across this baby and come to find out the baby's tears actually can kill this uh, this virus huh. and the baby's name is Hope and uh, I thought you were going to say Chuck Norris it's it's uh, <laughs> it's it's really good I'm really enjoying spread there's a lot of books that I'm reading right now I can't think of any more but huh. I'm reading a ton of fucking image shit yeah I'm um, out of the loop. I just borrowed a bunch of books from Brian yeah. just to try to read some other books because other than Marvel Unlimited, I'm pretty much – comics are out of my budget right now. Yeah. So. I'm reading Deadly Class, Rick Remender. I'm reading Black Science by Rick Remender. I'm really enjoying that book. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good books out there. So um, Chris Hansen, he says uh, – Where? I didn't, I didn't do it. Yeah. Will you have a seat, please? <laughs> uh, Chris Hansen. Uh, Chris Hansen here. I am a new listener from New Zealand. I love to draw and read comics, watch movies, and analyze stories. I think your podcast is a real breakaway from a lot of the other stuff that's uh, that's out there, uh, some of which seems pretentious or forced. I listen to your podcast, and it's a good experience, like a Friday night kicking back with all my buddies and drinking beer and talking movies and comics and shit. I think your reviews are pretty solid, guys. You delve into stories to just enough without going overboard. You see the good in a movie slash comic or whatever, and you award it for its merits and discuss the bad. A lot of reviewers I've listened to discount all good in a movie because of one or two bad issues with it. That's actually the way I found your podcast. I listened to uh, uh, Comic Book Girl 119 review of Amazing Spider-Man 2, and her whole panel of people jumped on the movie like a pack of fucking zombies ripping the movie apart. 
I enjoyed the shit out of it for all that same reasons you you guys did. We saw Spider-Man being Spider-Man for once. Spider-Man high-fiving the fire brigade dudes. And he even knew some of their names. That shit was straight out of the comic. And I that's the shit I loved from that movie. Yeah. Uh, he says, P.S. I'm a fan of Almighty Johnson's. And yeah, it was made in New Zealand. I watched the whole series and was surprised that anything like that even made it to America. TV shows in New Zealand generally don't make it very far due to budget and whatnot. I look forward to your new podcast. Cheers. Uh, thank you, Chris Hansen. I'm still watching the Almighty Johnson's. Oh, that's, that's great. That's the one that was based on like, uh, the, you know Thor and yeah. and uh, Odin and and stuff like that. Oh my God, I am loving this show. It's like uh, nine or ten episodes deep on Sci-Fi right now. It's on Friday nights. Okay, I am still loving this show. And yeah, the budget is you, you're not going to see all the huge effects, but it's just like I am really enjoying these characters. And uh, the whole thing is like it, it's fun. It's like uh, Odin needs to find Frigg. He needs to find Frigg. Once he finds the Frigg. That's when these these gods that have like uh, they don't have like the powers that they had back in the old days. Um, their powers with each generation, once they're like kind of reincarnated into new humans, their powers are less and less and less and less. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't take a, a big budget to yeah. have a good show if the writing's solid enough. And the that actors it themselves, over. the guys that they cast in this, are great. I think of I'm a huge Red Dwarf fan, and that's right. kind of the same thing. I mean, yeah. this, show, this show has no budget, but right? The, the writing and the acting is so solid that you can't help but fall into the fiction. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's great that that's still going. Oh man, I I really like this show. Sci-fi better keep it for like the all three seasons, otherwise I'm gonna be having to find some like region coded fucking DVDs and watch the second and third because I am really really loving this series. You'll have to go to New Zealand. I know. I'll have to go to New Zealand and watch it. Get fucked up by all those animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's only in Australia. New Zealand, the hobbits will fuck you up. Oh, gotcha. No, but man, Almighty Johnsons. I'm fucking loving that show. Um, as much as I hate the character, Anders, the, the, the twisted brother, man, I fucking love that character. As much as I, I hate to love him. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Rob Rubinate, he says, I just wanted to drop you an email to praise all the work and time you put into the show. I look forward to this show more than any other. You guys always make me laugh and keep me informed about all the geeky crap I enjoy. Thanks and keep up the hard work. Rob, Rob Rubinet. He's from Moline, Illinois. Oh, that's real close. Yeah, yeah. it's not far away. It's I've been to Moline away. for a few shows. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Dennis Asparo. Long time no email. Hey, I was kicking around a story uh, idea that could be interesting, or it may be absolute horseshit. You guys in the Army can decide. What if the space gem is discovered in the Ant-Man movie, considering that the gem's power allows it to travel and or exist in any other uh it allows it to travel and or exist in any or all locations. What if it is if it was residing in the microverse and is discovered by Scott Lang? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. It'd be an interesting way to tie the Ant Man movie into the overall Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's what he says. He says that could be uh, that could be just. Uh, the connective tissue needed to draw Ant-Man and the Avengers together and the plot device that shifts the gaze of Thanos squarely back on Earth. Now, 
This probably won't come close to happening, but something with that amount of story development weight would most certainly elevate interest in the film, especially by everyone already invested in the Infinity Gem subplot spanning several of the Marvel movies and give Ant-Man a much-needed boost to get moviegoers to buy a ticket. As podcasts, blogs, and word-of-mouth spread, it may not be that quick box office uh, sprinting killers, but may be one of those marathon earners. So what do you guys think? Crazy, dumb, food for thought, or a highly unlikely but tantalizing hypothesis? Hmm. I think I mean, we, I think it's a great idea, but it's definitely still a tantalizing hypothesis. Um, I disagree with him that Ant-Man is going to need any much-needed publicity it can get to do well. I've seen. I, I think any Marvel movie doesn't isn't like hurting for publicity of a chance to do well mm-hmm. until it happens. <clears throat> then seem- they'd probably have to have the same level as what Guardians did, though. Yeah, I think even a crap movie with the Marvel banner, it's going to take the second crap movie to feel the effects of the first movie that wronged us. You know what I'm saying? Like we're all going to be there opening weekend, and we're not going to find out it's bad until we find out it's bad. It might have high numbers the first weekend, but I don't think it would carry like a Guardians that is carried through several weeks. No, I completely agree with you, Frank. Um, but I don't think it needs to press right up front. You know what I'm saying? Do you know where I'm coming from? It needs some kind of hype, though. Elaborate. I mean, the, the movie's going to make money with the Marvel banner no matter what. I think to say it it needs – I don't think it needs the Space Gym to make money. I just think it needs an advertising budget. I think it needs to be a good movie to make money. I think that's what Guardians is proving. I think a lot of – it's I mean, it's not just there's a bunch of crap movies out. I mean word of mouth is helping too. You know, Or Ninja Turtles would be the best movie out there. I think what Ant-Man needs to do – is they don't have the the um, they don't have a rocket raccoon. They don't have a Groot. No. Okay. They don't have those types of characters. Okay. What they do have is they do have a guy. They have Paul Rudd. Yeah, and Michael Douglas. Okay, Michael Douglas. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Michael Douglas, I think, is going to have about as much, uh, is going to be about as interesting as maybe, like, uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins in, uh, you know, as Odin. Robert Redford in Captain yeah. America, too. Yeah, um, Maybe, I don't know, I, I think he's going to have about as much influence on the film as, as those guys. Yeah. I think what it comes down to is I think this is another movie where they could really take advantage of having a really kick ass trailer mm-hmm. just like Iron Man mm-hmm. I think that's what did it I think what got Iron Man people so fucking hyped for that Iron Man movie was that amazing trailer make Paul Rudd funny make him cool make Scott Lang kind of like this like uh, badass kind of rebel mm-hmm. in a way you know what I mean because he's going to be playing Scott Lang the thief stealing this make it seem like it's really fun to fucking steal this suit and do this shit show how fun it is you know Michael Douglas made the technology he's going to be playing Hank Pym he made the technology show somebody else getting a hold of this shit and show how fun it is to use it no, you know I, what i mean i agree completely um i mean think of how big like honey i shrunk the kids was yeah and the special effects and technology to do that kind of stuff is nowhere as it is now and we were all blown away by the idea 
of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and yeah. what they were able to accomplish. Right. So, I mean, if this movie can have fun with the technology, the shrinking and yeah. the uh, expanding, then th- there could be a lot of fun in there. Yeah. I mean, you see, okay, you see movies like kids' movies like How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah. Where they're riding the back of a dragon. Well, now you're going to be able to see a Marvel superhero riding the back of a flying ant. Yeah. You know, show that. I mean, if you're going to have this movie in 3D, make those 3D effects amazing. I want to see fucking the point of view, what it looks like to be Ant-Man on the back of a fucking ant flying around somebody's fucking backyard. Yeah. You know what I mean? I want to see blades of grass that look like they're trees. I want to see like somebody's backyard look like it's a jungle. Shit like that. Shit like you talked about in fucking – yeah. You know, uh, honey, I shrunk the kids, but like, yeah, here we are 20 some years later. Let's, you know, seriously, let's show what this can look like. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, cause back then, yeah, they're in a bowl of Cheerios. You see giant Legos, stuff like that. I want to see what it can look like 20 years from now. And then you've got the talent of Paul Rudd in there. Well, me and you are basically in agreement. Yeah, we, we totally are in we, agreement. We, we don't need gimmicks to hype this movie. We need a good movie to hype this movie. At, sure. At the end of the day, that's what's going to carry this movie into making more money is if it is a good movie in the first place. It's got to have a great screenplay, number one. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, play to what's going to make this fun. Yeah, what's going to make this fun is this guy's shrinking. Yes. And, I mean, show us what it's like. Show us the fun elements to this guy shrinking. Yeah. You know, because Marvel, that's what they've been doing. It's been, it's been fun. There's been comedy. You know, show how fun it is to shrink. What would you do if you could shrink? Yeah, I don't, I don't even know. I want to see some shit. Maybe, you know, Paul Rudd shrinking and going into a women's locker room. Oh, Something, yeah. you know what I mean? And I yeah. thought I was the pervert. No, I'm not saying this to be a pervert. I'm just saying, like, this is what. This is what guys right. would do. Some yeah. guys would do. Yeah. Just stuff like – just fun. Well, just po- a, it doesn't have to be like overly like – you know, it, it don't need to turn it pornographic. Or to make right. it less pornographic like Scott Lang is a father and we know that that's going to be in this movie also, right? Right. He, maybe he could just be spying on his daughter. Something like and that, seeing, yeah. seeing what his daughter is up to. Right. And, uh, you know, micro size. Yeah. Guardians helped to kind of blaze a trail of faith a little bit because, yeah, they had Iron Man that was a success. And then everybody on some level has heard of Thor and then Captain America. And then the Avengers was such a huge success. Nobody had heard of really Guardians of the Galaxy before it came out as far as like mainstream. And then it's done gangbusters. So, you know, people hear another unknown from Marvel. They're going to have a lot more faith and be a lot more likely to go see it than what they would have been before Guardians. Yeah, I agree with that, Frank, to an extent. Like, I think even Iron Man wasn't as mainstream as he is because of the movies, you know? Right. He was a secondary character when... Yeah. Before that movie hit. He was never Spider-Man, Batman, Superman. Absolutely not. Right. The comics, yeah. the comic sales proved that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he wasn't by any means like a household name before that movie hit. He really paved the way, but you've got that and then the other characters in the Avengers with their solo films and now you've got Guardians, another unknown property. It, it's helping people to be able to trust that brand, to yeah. know that when, that when a Marvel movie comes out that it's going to be worth seeing. I agree with that. I think what they could do really well is just show – I mean he's going to be in our world, but show our world from a different perspective, smaller scale, 
and make it fun. I agree. That'd be a lot of fun. It would be a lot of fun. I want to see him on the back of. I, I want to see him on the back of a fucking uh, ant flying around and get that point of view experience from what he's seeing. And I want to see like you know like Michael Michael uh, Hank Pym is a very very complicated character. Definitely. And he's not as fun as Scott Lang. Yeah. So I think they need to show like the difference between like how Hank Pym has been using this technology and then show somebody that actually uses the technology for fun. You know what I mean? And show like the complete polar opposites. You see what I mean? I know exactly yeah. what you mean. And I, I think that would show like – it would be like uh, two different perspectives on the technology and how it's used. You know, Hank Pym's going to look at more like it's the scientific – you know, uh, angle. And then we got, you know, Scott Lang, who's just using it for like fun and, and, and kind of maybe not mischief. Y- mischief. Yeah, exactly. Ways he probably shouldn't be using the technology, but ways that me and you and Frank would think of using it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, what if, what if we had access to the technology? What would we do? You know what I mean? I maybe he's a down envisioning on- a scene from Porky's. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> you would. Of course. Yeah, I, I hope the Ant Man movie does good, and that's basically my only point. Is I don't think, I don't think this movie's success depends on a space gem. How we tie it to the overall Marvel universe. This movie's success depends on this movie being successful. Yeah, on its own merits. Right. Yeah, I think the big question is how is it going to tie into that the Marvel is a big universe? question on everyone's mind. Right. Right. Even before when we knew it was a. Um, you know, an Ed, Edgar Wright movie, we kind of were like, wow, you know, Edgar Wright, this is going to kind of be outside of the Marvel Universe possibly because it's going to be so wacky that it's not going to fit into the overall puzzle piece. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so maybe one thing we gained from the loss of Edgar Wright is is maybe this is now going to fit more. Right. And, and, but we don't know. We don't – we haven't read Edgar Wright's script and we don't know how it was going to fit into the major puzzle piece either. Yeah. Or if it was at all. So it's all just speculation. It is all speculation. It is a Marvel movie with the Marvel banner, though. So it takes place in the Marvel universe just as much as any of the other movies. Right. And that's what we're being led to believe. Yeah. Um, it's going to be, I think it's going to, I think it will be interesting to see if, uh, Michael Douglas can be an interesting character. Yeah. In this movie. Yeah. It's a weird way to go with Hank Pym. Okay, out of all the uh, let's say out of all the, like the big time actors that have joined these projects, who do you think's been the best so far? I mean, we've had Glenn Close, we've had Robert Redford. Uh, I'm even going to throw out Benicio del Toro. Yeah, who would you throw out that's been the best character so far? I don't know. I, I mean, it's hard. Part of me wants to say I mean, this is cheating, but it's been Robert Downey Jr. But he, I mean, I guess that Iron Man kind of rejuvenated his career mm-hmm. in game. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I haven't really enjoyed any of these appearances so far. Really, none of them have brought more gravitas to the movies like they were supposed to for me. I thought Benicio Del Toro was fantastic as the collector. I wanted more. So I guess that, that that's – I agree. I, yeah. I, I was left wanting more. I guess that's better than thinking there was too much. Just his quirky hand gestures and yeah. the way he got excited about things. You know, I, I mean, I, I liked it. I, a lot of people thought it was weird and, and yeah. stuff like that. But just like him like smacking his hands together and like doing weird hand gestures. I just thought, wow, this guy is just a bizarre character. I think he pulled it off. I got the idea that he was supposed to be eccentric as far as like Glenn Close and Robert Redford. Those – 
Robert Redford especially, I don't know if it was just because he has changed so much because he's older. I mean, you look at him now and you almost can't even tell that he's the same guy that he was 20 years ago. Uh, Glenn Close, her performance was just kind of meh. But Here's, I mean, I'm just going to throw it. She was shit. Yeah, I don't think she was that bad. Nova Prime. Well, I mean, there was absolutely nothing for her to do. I mean, it was there wasn't anything she could do to make it stand out, and there wasn't anything she could really do to fuck it up. That's why I was just ah, kind of She hey. phoned it in. She was boring. Eh. She's Nova Prime, and it was just stupid. Yeah, the character's not that exciting of a character So in the first place. Yeah. I mean, Chris, honestly, as far as any Marvel performance goes, I really got to say Chris Pratt as... You know, Star Lord was the most relatable to me. He felt like a big kid. Yeah, I can see that. That's a great. I think that's a great point. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, Dennis finishes off. He says, due to long work hours, as of late, I don't get to write in as much as I'd like to, outside of the occasional Facebook post or tweet. But I'm loyal. I'm a loyal member of the army and never miss a show. So many times, I wish I was listening live and could interact with conversation real time. Uh, the show is always that immersive. Keep up the wonderful job because the fun you guys are having each and every time out. The genuine passion behind the podcast as a labor of love is something that cannot be replicated by any corporation. That's a rare and special thing. I've uttered these words to everybody of the same gender before, but I'm tasting the fuck out of you guys. Oh, uh, I've never uttered these words to anybody of the same gender b- before, but I'm tasting the fuck out of you guys. Until next time. My friends, I'm off like a prom dress, Dennis Asparo. So thank you, Dennis. <laughs> we love you, Dennis, but what? No Tupperware? Oh, that's it, it, fine. Off, <laughs> off like a pl- prom dress. What? That's what he said. He's off like a prom dress. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> and again, I thought I was the pervert. Uh, let's see here. Um, oh, last question. We're done with emails. Okay. Uh, it's, is it Jocelyn Wright or Jacqueline Wright? You're going to have to correct me. I think it's Jocelyn Wright. She says, hi guys. First off, thanks for the podcast. It is the best one out there. Love it. God. We already discussed this. <sighs> Go check out Smodcast. Yeah. Check out Smodcast or anything <laughs> else. Uh, I have to ask, I have noticed the last few times you have discussed the Age of Ultron, you have mentioned Jarvis being on the bottom of the ocean. I guess my question is, why? There is nothing in the movie that suggests Jarvis is trapped under the water. First, he was controlling all the suits at the end of the movie. We know he can transfer himself around practically at will. When the last suit was blown up, he could have easily transferred himself to a number of Stark Industries facilities. Second, The entire house was not blown off the side of the cliff. The suit storage area was still above water, as can be seen when the suits fly out to help at the end. There was other wreckage of the house all around it. And, in my opinion, most likely the equipment used to store Jarvis' program would be in the basement somewhere near the storage area. Third, Stark went back and got Dummy the arm robot. I can't see him going through the trouble of getting him from the water, but telling Jarvis, you're out of luck. Anyway, like I said, I was just wondering why you guys think he is at the bottom. Thanks for all you do. Thanks for the question, uh, Jocelyn Wright. Um, I don't know what to say to this. I, I don't think I've ever inferred that Jarvis was underwater. I have. Okay. That's all you. My Well, the biggest reason is I saw iron man 3 one time yeah i've never seen it again because i i hate the movie and i guess just from watching it the one time i just assumed that he was under the water so jake can you shed any light on this is he i don't think it's clear i think the um 
Jocelyn, jo- is that how we're saying it? Jacqueline or Jocelyn? I, is it with an O or an A? It's J A C L Y N. I say Jacqueline. I think she's on point that it's up in the air. Yeah. What the fate of Jarvis was. We don't know. There's no definite answer here. Mm hmm. Eh, Tony had her involved in the final fight prior to uh, his girlfriend saving him with Extremis. True. So, I mean, and he was communicating with him when the little kid that was being a pussy was rebuilding him. True. So, I mean, I wouldn't think that there's any reason that he should be locked under the ocean. We saw him after that, or at least heard from him. Yeah. So, yeah, I I agree with with the email. Okay. Yeah, I might be wrong. I'm probably wrong. But I I still have my theory that uh, Ultron is going to be upset that Jarvis doesn't have a body. I'll subscribe to that. So... Yeah, thanks, Jocelyn. I mean, yeah, I, I saw the movie once. I, I, I hated Iron Man 3, and I vowed never to watch it again, and I haven't. And I don't know. Is that just is that me just being a prick? And Stick just, to your guns. If you didn't like it, you didn't like it. Yeah. yeah. I'm not I'm not watching Man of Steel again. Yeah. Well, I'm not watching Iron Man 3 again. So, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe uh, yeah, I'm probably wrong here. Maybe somebody else in the Army knows the answer. So I Googled it, and I couldn't find, like, uh I couldn't find like a definitive answer. Yeah, I think it's up in the air. It, yeah. Jarvis is wherever the writer needs Jarvis to be at yeah. the beginning of Avengers too. Yeah. All right, uh, let's uh, take a break here real quick. We'll come back. We'll do some good pop, bad pop. Fucking old school. are so fresh snap all right hey it's time for good pop bad pop yeah (laughs) (laughs) we are so polished (laughs) drop the pop (laughs) we are such a polished podcast you know what i mean oh yeah shiny like a diamond (laughs) perfection we are yeah i mean we put a lot of effort into this thing all the time so good fuck this whatever (laughs) all right time for good pop that pop do it it's time for more leftover reviews with good pop bad pop Good Pop, Bad Pop is where we talk about the things in the previous week or weeks that we either watched or read that we either liked or disliked. Sometimes throughout the show, we will rate things. And if you're new to the show, we want you to be familiar with the dumbest rating system ever created. (laughs) The shittiest rating system ever. I disagree. Clive's gonna. What's have worse? Feelings. What's the worst rating system? Uh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to call call people out. Uh, oh, you! I left my balls at home. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but they're out there and they know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> wow, Jake. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, here's here's <laughs> here's our I don't know, less shitty rating system. Not the shittiest. It's not the shittiest. Not the best. Not, not the best. <laughs> not the shittiest. There we go. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. 
Yeah! So he's so excited. <laughs> he is excited. He is so excited for our rating system. All right. So, yeah. Toss it, taste it, Tupperware. Um, all right. Let's jump into good pop, bad pop. Jake, what are you looking up? I'm just looking at shit. You're just looking at shit? <laughs> yeah. What are, you, what are you looking at? I'm just reading shit on the iPad. What are you reading? It's just, just stuff. No, just what? Stuff. No. Okay. Am I calling you out on something? No, I'm not reading. Are you reading something you're not supposed to be reading, Jake? No, I'm just reading about Utopia. Okay. Okay. All it's, right. It started 15 minutes ago, and I was just just looking at you. Know, you know, you no, you're, seriously, that that what you're doing right now, that's the equivalent of like a 19 uh, 1995 point at your watch, saying wrap it up, Brian. I want to watch Utopia. <laughs> no, I was planning on talking about it, so I was I was trying to find like a Wikipedia site for it that just had everything like. I'm just giving you shit, Jake. Shit. I'm just giving you shit. All right. Um, let me. My first good pop, bad pop. I wanted to talk about something here. Um, I don't know. It, <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. Back back to the polished podcast. <laughs> shiny right. diamond. Guys, let me take you back to the year two thousand one. Not I'm not September not, not, <laughs> not September eleventh. But let me oh, shit. let me take you back to the year two thousand one. Um, There's a low budget comedy starring the Broken Lizard comedy group that came out about Vermont State Troopers that took everybody by surprise that year. I'm talking about Super Troopers. It's one of my favorite comedies, and it's one of the most quotable comedies in the last 20 years. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on Super Troopers? I know Jay, when he was on the show, hated it. I have no soul. I hate this movie. God damn oh, it. I fucking loved it. I hate the Broken Lizard Troop. God damn it. Oh, it was so good. Favorite scene is where they got the hot chick in the Porsche. Yeah. And the music, the, uh, I love it. I thought it was great. I yeah, love uh, Farva and the liter of cola. I want a liter of cola. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I loved it. I loved it. But the Lizard Comedy Group, they went on to do more movies. You know, Beer Fest. They did Club Dread. But none of them really had, like, in my opinion, the same impact as uh, Super Troopers did. <laughs> they got worst. <laughs> no, Super I'm Troopers done. was I'm good. Talk about Utopia. I'm fucking done. Talk about, talk about your goddamn Utopia. I'm done. No, I'm done. No, okay. I'm done. I'm done. Between Kevin Smith, Man of Steel, and now fucking Super Troopers, I'm fucking done. No, no, yeah, whatever. We, yeah, 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 you got Frank. Frank. I got Frank. Thanks. Even Frank knows that's not a compliment. Oh no. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> that's like that's like me saying, Jake. Like like I I, my, I got a dirty face, and then you just hand me like a dirty rag yeah. to clean it off with. I'll take Frank on my side. I wish Frank was on my side. Really? Yeah. I'm like the last guy picked for anything ever. I'll take I'll take anyone that okay. wants to be on my side. <laughs> but I like Super. Uh, no, Cooper. I'm done. Uh, Utopia, Utopia, me up. I, I want to hear no, what, whatever. I hear what you, I, no, I'm not. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. No, I'm throwing a tantrum. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Between Kevin Smith, between fucking, between Man of Steel today, I've had my fill. I'm done. Uh, Utopia. I, I want to hear about the. You, no, you. I want to hear about Utopia now. Uh, I want to. I want to shit on this. I want to shit. On, no, I'm kidding. I will not shit on. No, I'm not going to do that to you. I'm not going to do that to you. You're the better man than me. <laughs> uh, Utopia is on tonight. It actually just started 15 minutes ago. It's a. Uh, like a reality comp show, but different than any other reality comp show, and that it's going to take place over the span of an entire year. And they've uh, picked out 15 different people to play this game, 
and we they're they're being really like secretive about what the actual rules are going to be. So we haven't until tonight's premiere. We don't really know exactly how everything's going to work out. But on the website, they say that people are going to be eliminated based on the people living there and the viewers voting, and then new people will be entered in. And you can even still apply and send videos and get on Utopia during the first season, which is supposed to take up to a year. It's going to go for at least a year. It premieres tonight, two hours on Sunday, and then I believe it moves to its regular time slot of Tuesdays and Fridays on Fox. Can I ask you a few questions? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know what I can That's kind of why I'm so excited here because I'm such a big fan of this kind of genre. Right. And they're being so like secretive about right. like, what's actually going to happen. So some of these questions you might not know. Exactly. Okay. Um, Basically, with this, is this going to be kind of like a Big Brother thing where it's live, and then you're going to be able to see like you know what's happened throughout the week, maybe in a future thing. That's exactly what it's going to be like. And in fact, the live feeds started last week. Okay, um, they're completely free. You just have to download a, a Utopia app if you're doing it. You can do it for both Android and iPhone. Right. And I'm pretty sure you can get on there for PC too. Like through Google Play or whatever. Yeah. And you just download the app and then you get free live feeds. And then basically the shows are like edited versions of what happened the previous three to four days. Just like Big Brother runs. Gotcha. And we don't – it's unclear whether they're going to have like live episodes where they do like really important stuff What environment are they in? It's like a – quasi nature like they're they're going to supply them with food and like a place to live Mm -hmm. but like they only have x amount of money and no way to earn more and they can decide what resources they want to spend the money on is this going to be a show where they're going to form alliances you think they're not told what to do at all it's kind of a reality show at its purest form they're They're just going to let the show kind of like create itself yeah they decide everything like you know how how, how the arrangement the living arrangements are if right. there's someone in charge or if there's anyone in charge at all or yeah yeah just the whole thing it's it'll be really interesting to see i mean this thing could so be a like, complete failure yeah so like in this like in this show like let's say like you've got a contestant and they start talking about you know super troopers yeah and another contestant says they hate super troopers yes it's up to the other contestant if they want to continue to talk about super troopers or not talk about super troopers they could do whatever they want right it's up to the other contestant right. how offended about so like, the whole thing they could right so like the one contestant that was offended he could strangle the other contestant yeah. if he wanted to <laughs> there's no, no no laws there's no boundaries yeah there's no boundaries right. apparently right and so it'll just Jake be... we should try out for utopia <laughs> We should. Be, <laughs> I've always said that me and you would be the greatest amazing race team. That's where we that need, would be awesome. That's where we need to send it to. We'd be yeah. screaming at each other on like buses. And oh shit. god! Oh fuck We'd yeah! We'd be like an India on a bus, like screaming at each right, other. Right. Right. They'd be like, "So what sites did you enjoy?" We were like, "Oh, we were too busy arguing the whole." Have time. they had two podcast hosts on there before? No, they've not. We should, to- we should totally do that's it. That's a niche they haven't they yeah. haven't done on those shows. Oh, right. the two podcast guys. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. But yeah, Utopia, I'm really excited. I mean, just one way or another, it could be a huge flop, but you know, it could be really interesting and I'm just really into these type of shows. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to see it. Um, 
two hours. It's a long show. So is it going to be two hours every week? I think it's just an hour for each of the Tuesday and Friday yeah. episodes. That's one thing. I, you know, like uh, when they do like uh, I know I understand like the Biggest Loser was like a huge reality show, but when they did those two hour episodes, it was just too much. That yeah. completely took me out of the Biggest Loser because every episode was two hours long, and then half right. the time you'd have product placement in the meantime. Like, oh, you have a craving here? Have some spearmint gum. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, what what are you going to have on your subway? Right. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 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 Subway's big... really great because you can do this and that and the other thing and they make all the contestants talk about it. It's just – it got lame real quick. Yeah, I'm a big Celebrity Apprentice fan and at one point they made it three hours and I was just like, jeez. You know. Oh, I love Celebrity Apprentice though. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. a Celebrity Apprentice that's in the can that still hasn't – because of Last Comic Standing airing, they didn't air the Celebrity Apprentice. Oh, really? And they're like sitting on it and it's unknown whether or not it's even going to get aired. That sucks. Yeah. So I know Gilbert Gottfried is in the season. Yeah, I always loved it when Gary Busey was on there. Oh yeah, he's, he's been on a couple of times. He the Omaha great. Steaks episode, the whole kite, the kite thing was yeah. fucking hilarious. That is fucking hilarious. That, <laughs> yeah, that show is definitely a guilty pleasure. Did you know they made the Omaha Steaks kite? Yeah, yeah. I because of that, yeah. <laughs> hilarious. What great sponsorship! For, I know for that company. Mm-hmm. Oh, they must have just been through the roof watching that episode. Absolutely. So yeah, that's a that's a great show. Good for charities too and everything. Right. But yeah, so you know, Utopia is really shrouded in mystery. So I'm I'm excited tonight to kind of take the blanket off of it and see like the mechanics of the game. Yeah. And what's really going on? Yeah. So and of course it's 15 people that are designed not to get along with each other. You know, there's the really conservative guy, and then there's the really free thinking girl. Yeah. And, you know, there's. There's a pregnant lady, I believe, is yeah. one of the 15 people. Hmm. And so the whole thing's really, really fascinating. Like, what are they trying to do here? Yeah. No, social experiments and shit like that. It's kind of cool. Yeah. It's fun. I love it. Um, you guys are fans of the Lord of the Rings movies, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and you like the music in the Lord of the Rings. The- oh, mm-hmm. I love it. The Howard Shore. Yep. Right. Uh, taking place from April 8th through April 12th, 2015, the Lord of the Rings in concert will screen the Fellowship of the Rings, the Two Towers, and Return of the King twice over the course of the five days with a live orchestra performing Howard Shore's Academy Award-winning scores. It takes place at Lincoln Center in New York next year. Uh, they're going to have 250 musicians will make up the 21st Century Symphony Orchestra and chorus will perform these scores in time with the films. Um, I don't know. I think this is a really cool idea. Oh, that would be awesome. I'm, it makes me have goosebumps even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I Absolutely love, The agree. music from the Lord of the Rings movies is probably my favorite part of the Lord of the Rings movies. Oh, I know. that uh, One of the reasons, like, I have a home surround sound system. Yeah. And uh, I was, like, debating on, like, whether I should get, like, you know, the, the Klipsch speakers or get the Polk audio speakers. And yeah. One of the main reasons I went with Polk Audio is because of the pure way it sounds when you listen to, like, you know, a symphony, an orchestra. Clip sounds awesome with rock music. Yeah. But for other genres, like other types of music, I wanted, I wanted the Polk because I think it sounds amazing. Yeah. And with movie, if you're watching more movies and listening to music through that, then it's not really rock that's going to be the, yeah, right. Normal exactly. Through that. It yeah. gives you a little bit more versatility. Yeah. yeah. So I, music, a uh, musical score can sometimes make a movie. I mean, look at movies like the amazing Spider-Man, which I think suffered from a really bad musical score. And even the second movie. Yeah. I think the star Wars movies, the music, the music is a ton to do with it. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah. A lot of the eighties yeah. movies, like the Superman eighties theme, 
theme song. Yeah, I Jurassic Park. I still can hum the theme. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, even Back know, to the Future. Yeah, even like modern movies like Harry Potter mm-hmm. are really carried right. by their theme. So yeah, I completely agree with you. You know, an interesting fact is that uh, the score for Fellowship and Return of the King both won Best Original Score Oscars, and Two Towers wasn't even nominated. That's weird. Really? Yeah. Huh. yeah. I always that always weirded me out because I think Two Towers has the best score of all three. Yeah, and, it, and to not even get nominated, it's like what was going on that year. Yeah, I I like I, I can't watch musicals on TV. I'm not a big fan of them yeah. unless it's like a Little Shop of Horrors or something like that. Yeah, but I can go to a musical like in person and like it because like. I think that's the way it should be. I think it should be like you should be in an audience and actually listening to the orchestra yeah. or the, or like hear the actual singing in the auditorium. I think it, that's that's the experience of a musical for me is actually being in the auditorium, being in that theater. So I have a hard time with that. But actually being able to listen to a live orchestra play music from the Lord of the Rings movies as you're watching the film, I think it's going to add a completely new depth to the film. It'd be like watching the movies all over again and getting a different feeling from it. I wish I could be at this event. Yeah, definitely. I would totally go if something like that was around this area. Yeah. Absolutely. It's awesome. The closest thing that I have uh, relevance to that is I I went to a Distant Worlds concert, which is all Final Fantasy music, Mm -hmm. uh, a couple years ago in Chicago. And they had a screen down where they would play some CG from the games that of the songs that they were playing. And that was really, really, truly awesome. And, you know, it's not – depending on, you know, the situation, it's not near on the scale. It's like watching a whole movie where the entire soundtrack is being performed live for you. That was That would just be incredible. Yeah. I've watched the Distant Worlds DVD. I love that shit too. Yeah. I actually – cried real tears when i got to go there because i've been playing that shit since i was like 10 years old yeah uh howard shore will not be the events conductor they uh they've given that to uh ludwig wiki uh but shore did give his (laughs) thoughts on uh the lord of the rings in concert he said the trilogy at lincoln center is unique and something powerful happens a synergy is created in bringing together the music live on a massive scale with the films in a magnificent house, and not only for one night, but presented over the course of a week. We hope that everyone who travels from near or far will feel they've arrived at a kind of contemporary cultural Middle-earth. Uh, tickets are now on sale, and they're expected to sell out. Individual tickets run from $59 up to $150 per screening. Ooh, that was my next question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure like the $59 are like the back seats and balcony and stuff like that. The nosebleeds. Right. Funny thing is usually your best spot for something like that is going to be on like the upper tier at the front of the balcony for like the sound resonance and all that. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can upgrade though to fancier packages. They have uh, the Hobbit package. It's uh, $240. It includes premium trilogy tickets, entrance to a post-concert Shire reception, as well as a commemorative program book autographed by Howard Shore himself. There's also a VIP Gundor package. In addition to all the perks and prizes in the Hobbit package, those who go Gundor will also gain access to the Lord of the Rings at Lincoln Center Symposium event 
Plus, it should be noted, Gundor package purchasers will be granted better seats than even the Hobbit package holders. Yeah, dude, I, I go Gundor. I just don't fucking go at all. Yeah, go Gundor <laughs> or go home. Yeah, right. Gundor or go home. Gundor or go home. Yeah, yeah. Um, visit uh, lotrlincolncenter.com forward slash tickets dot html for more information. It's going to be at the David H. Cook Theater. 20 Lincoln Center, New York, New York. You can call the box office to uh, 212-496-0600 for tickets. So. I want I want someone in the Army to go and then record the whole thing on their iPhone for me. What they need to do is they need to do like <laughs> – wearing a hoodie. Wear a hoodie, yeah. <laughs> what they need to do though is they, need, they do need to record like the best performance out of these and then have it available on pay-per-view. Yeah, that would be amazing. But it still would never be the same. Or make a DVD. Right? Or DVD, a yeah. DVD, or Blu-ray. Like, yeah, like they do with the Blue Man Group. Yeah, they're doing that Simpsons at Hollywood Bowl thing that mm-hmm. happens this month. And yeah. it's only three performances and I want that – I hope they put a Blu-ray out on that. I want to see that. Yeah. I always get the Blue Man Group. Yeah. I, I saw them live. They I've were a lot of fun. Yeah. But, uh, you know, th- I love that shit. I love, like, music and performance and all that stuff happening at the same time. Yeah. I like stuff like that. You like Stomp? You big Stomp fan? I like Stomp. Yeah. Yeah. I like Stomp. Um, who else? Do, 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 do. Uh, let's see here. But I like some musicals. I don't go to I, – I saw Spam a lot, the Monty Python musical. Oh, I'm jealous of that. I want to um, see that. Oh, it was awesome. I uh, saw Wicked. I saw Wicked as well. Um, I saw uh, the Book of Mormon up in Chicago. Okay. I went and saw that on my birthday a couple of years ago. That was awesome. So, um, let's see here, uh, Jake. I don't know. Did you have anything else for Good Pop Bad Pop? Uh, I felt like there was. Uh, no, I'm, I'm fine with Good Pop Bad Pop. Okay, Frank. I tried to watch BoJack Horseman. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Netflix. Yeah, I talked about that on a previous episode, the Will yeah. Arnett. Yeah. They released the whole season, and I barely made it through one really? episode. Really? Yeah. Is I, it the pilot? Yeah. Sometimes the pilots are the worst, though. I, I should try to force myself to keep going, but I never laughed one time. Wow. I mean, the whole pre- – wow. it's not really the premise that – is throwing me off of there like being a horse who was once a <laughs> popular uh, TV star, and now yeah. this is however many years later. Just none of the jokes came off as being funny. I mean, he's got a cat that is also his it becomes his ex girlfriend during this pilot episode, and <laughs> then also is his agent, and then. He goes back and has sex with her again, and she's in the apartment, but she's talking to him as the agent. It's not that it's hard to keep up with. It's just that it's – I didn't find it funny. And Aaron Paul's in it, and his character is drawn – Is that what they're going for though? I mean are they going for like – is this just slapstick comedy? Or are they going for a dark comedy where it just shows like the, like the pitfalls of this you know actor who's now a nothing? You know, I mean he's like – you know, kind of like uh, I guess it's like the story of like Corey Feldman. You Have know? you watched a bunch of this, yeah. BoJack Horseman? Yeah, I've seen none of it. Oh, okay. It, it comes off as a poorly executed Family Guy because a lot of it goes to like. Uh, is that what they're really going for, though? That's my question. Is it hard. is it supposed to be a dark comedy, Frank? No, I don't get that out of it. it it's it comes off like it's supposed to be more slapsticky, but it just doesn't seem funny to me huh. at all. Hmm. I'm gonna have to give this a shot now because. Yeah.
because like I don't know if like you're going into it wanting to see something like Family Guy or no. something like I I went something in. else and you're and you're not, you're not you're not getting that because like like okay we we played that Mike Tyson's Mysteries which is just like yeah. crazy and you right. just went nuts for that thing yeah. because it is silly yeah but I mean yeah this has a silly concept but are they right. going are they trying to, to like present something like a, a, like a horseman but also do it as a dark comedy. I went into it completely open-minded uh-huh. and they they weren't trying to play anything off on it as far as him being a horse or having I mean they don't really even talk about animal characters being different than the human characters at all it's just kind of is and you accept it and that was fine right because you got the horse and then you've got a penguin who is his agent that Mm -hmm. fronted him a whole shit ton of money to write his autobiography (laughs) and he hasn't written any of it and he's just like oh shit i really need to do that he's like okay i'll get right on it and then a week later they're calling he's like oh yeah oops i just i don't know i i kind of sometimes get the feeling that will arnett is a little bit cursed it's not that I dislike him. I love him in Arrested but, Development. Yeah, but everything pa- after Arrested Development has kind of it been – crashes. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I understand what they were trying to do with the show. I just didn't find any of it to have any kind of hilarity. I mean it's it, – there's a context to the show as far as him being you know this former star, but – Okay, yeah, you get that. It just it's not funny. The stuff that he does, you know, being a washed up has been it he's arrogant and doesn't think he needs to really do much and he just sits there and watches a bunch of his old episodes. It just doesn't come off as funny. Aaron Paul's character obviously has some kind of a backstory or something where he's living with Bojack Horseman, but he's just kind of like crashing on the couch. Is this and, a Netflix original? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And they go to set up some kind of party and Aaron Paul's character says, well, I'll set it up. And then you go into like little flashbacks, kind of like they do with Family Guy or like, you know, where they do like a little aside and shows that, you know, they got, he's being held hostage, almost kind of like, like a little bit of a joke to Breaking Bad or whatever, where it has something to do with drugs and he's sitting next to some guy with a hood over his head and they shoot the guy and he's like, okay, okay, I'll throw you a party. And that's his whole motivation for helping Bojack Horseman throw this party and he invites all these drug cartel guys to it when, Bojack thinks it's for him. I I, I get the context of the show. It, it's supposed to be something slapsticky. I didn't get that it was supposed to be dark at all. It just doesn't come off as being funny to me at all. I didn't laugh one time during that episode. Mm-hmm. And I watched it completely sober just in case anybody was wondering. Okay. No, no. I, I, I thought the trailer looked really – Really funny. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I have no context on this one. Yeah, I'll have yeah. to watch it, and I'll, I'll get back to you on that one. Yeah, I, I would have to struggle to try to force myself to sit through any more of it, given all the other offerings that there are out yeah. there to watch right now. No, I can understand but that. I, w- I would give it a toss. It. I I would not say that the, at least the beginning of this show is worth anybody's time. Gotcha. Right. So you didn't move past the first time? No. Uh-uh. I mean, half to three quarters of the way through, I was like, really? Seriously? This is it? And it's not that long. I mean, it's a 22-minute episode as if you, know, you would have watched it on a regular network show minus the commercials. Gotcha. And it was unbearable getting through those 22 minutes. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I'm interested. I might watch it now just to see if I get something completely different out of it. Yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to see if you have the same <laughs> Yeah, opinion. yeah, yeah. I, I, I just – I kind of I get what your type of comedy is, Frank. 
I usually find most everything as being funny, though. I, Except this. This is in the yeah. in that one percent apparently. Well, I mean, it, it's got to do with like him fucking his uh, him fucking his agent and stuff. I mean, you would think it would be right up my alley. Well, see, I uh, let me throw this out there as an example. And I may be, I may be completely off base, but I, I think like if I were to show you two movies, and one of those movies was let's say a Will Ferrell John C. Riley movie, let's say Step Brothers. Okay. okay, I can see you watching that. A movie like that, or Talladega Nights, and really enjoying it and thinking it was really funny, you know. But then I could also show you another comedy, and I'm not saying that I don't like those movies because I, I think they are funny in their own right. But I could I could also show you like another movie that's a little quirkier and a little different, maybe like a Wes Anderson film. I was like, thinking Rushmore too. Like yeah, Rushmore or Grand Budapest Hotel, and you watching those movies and just not getting it, just not getting that type of humor. See, I haven't seen either one of those films, so I can't. Right, but that, no, that, but just from what I know of you, and I'm not trying to insult you at no, that's all. Fine. Like there are people that just don't get the Wes Anderson humor. Yeah, and it's it's nothing against them. It's just they don't get it. And I can just see you being more along the lines of like, oh, you like like you know like the Will Ferrell and like you know like the Judd Apatow kind of stuff and like stuff like that, as opposed to like uh, like like a like a Wes Anderson type of comedy. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with I that. I think Wes Anderson movies are kind of pretentious myself. They're really hit and miss with me. Like, like give, I like some of them, but you know. To give you kind of an example, like I mentioned earlier, like South Park in doses is good because it's usually the shock factor that makes something like that funny. Uh, I like Family Guy even though I haven't been able to keep up with it, you know, lately just because I've been so damn busy. But, you know, a lot – I, I usually am equally as amused by dick and fart jokes as what I am, like the more cerebral kind of political things too. So it's it's just going to depend. Like I, I I love Arrested Development. Um, it, it you know it just it, it all depends on how it. Comes and I could off. be completely wrong. Bojack Horseman could be a pile of shit, like you're saying. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can so I, can I ask a quick a quick aside from everybody? Yeah. Let's can we rank uh, Simpsons, South Park, Family Guy personally really quick? I'd be fascinated by that. Yeah, I'll go first. I'll say uh, Family Guy, South Park, Simpsons. From from one to three. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I am Simpsons, Family Guy, South Park. Simpsons, Family Guy, South Park. God, I don't know. Let's see here. Yeah, um, that's a tough one for me. Yeah, that's really tough. I because each one is so different. I mean, I, I every once in a while I just get burnt out on Family Guy. So Family Guy's last. Okay. Um, and then I'd probably go. Yeah, I'm probably going to go Simpsons. I'm going to go Simpsons, um, South Park, and then and then uh, Family Guy. Wow. Yeah, interesting. All we got a decent mix. Yeah. yeah. So it's just curious what everyone thought there. Yeah. Yeah, Simpsons is easily my number one on that. Yeah, I sure. like, yeah, I love the Simpsons. So I don't know. And, and the Simpsons is just like they cover so much. Like each episode is so different. Like, yeah. You know, I don't know. Like, yeah, like you said, with the South Park, I can expect shock value. Yeah. yeah. But I, but I, but on the flip side, I can appreciate what they do. Like, they put an episode out so quickly and it's mm-hmm. so relevant. It's almost like watching an episode of Saturday Night Live because right. something can happen. They can put an episode out like that. Yeah. But they've been really, these last few seasons have been really bad. Yeah. I think, um, 
One thing I really like about Simpsons as opposed to South Park, for example, is I think South Park has their own, like, real, like, stance on a subject. And then they're only going to make fun of the side that they're against. Yeah. Where I feel like Simpsons is way more fair in their humor, where they just brutally make fun of both sides. Yeah. And I I really appreciate that about The Simpsons. It's kind of Trey Parker and Matt Stone's, like, okay, this is how we feel about this political issue. And we're going to make fun of just the other side. Right. Where I feel like Simpsons is a lot more of a... I think the Simpsons characters are just better, too. Yeah. This is the characters in general. I mean, Springfield and the Simpsons, I mean, all the characters that make that show up, like, there's just so many. And I just love them all for the most part. Yeah, exactly. Just so many famous episodes and lines and everything. But there's certain characters in, like, South Park I can't stand. But I I love Butters. Butters is hilarious. (laughs) I'm a huge fan of Butters. That's funny. You know? But, like, and, and... but there's times where it's like, you know, I don't know, certain characters just annoy the shit out of me in South Park. And Family Guy, like sometimes, it's just, it's so formulaic sometimes with Family yeah. Guy. Yeah. Like, oh, that reminds me of the time. And then like, they Park. show a scene where something wacky happens and it's just like the same yeah. Seth MacFarlane, you know, rehash joke. Yeah. And it's like, I, I get it. I South get Park it. actually made a joke about how they generate their uh, storylines once, I do believe. Yeah. About how, uh, what the hell was it? Was it dolphins or something? It was completely random. Either that or it was like a chicken that they beheaded and let it run around and fall over on something to talk. Like, it would basically set up whatever the flashback was going to be on Family Guy because, you know, those are so off the wall. But Simpsons... I haven't really watched The Simpsons in several years, and I guess the reason why is just because, at least at the time, it was not nearly as adult as what Family Guy and South Park were offering. Those were a lot more explicit, you know, yeah. storylines. And Simpsons at the time, at least, I don't know how they're doing now, uh, but they were trying to still toe the line as far as like being family friendly and jokes that adults would get. Yeah, I feel like Simpsons has always had adult humor from the beginning. And that just because it doesn't go for cheap adult humor doesn't take anything – make it a less adult show. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. I, I think The Simpsons is just a, as an adult a show as South Park and Family Guy even though it's not being as explicit. Right. That how, how explicit a show is doesn't really equate to how adult a show is in my eye. Yeah. Well, I mean I don't know. It kind of depends. I mean you got – I don't know what the most extreme stuff, I mean, visually that they've done on The Simpsons, but obviously South Park, you got people fucking, you can see cartoon fake tits and people exploding and shitting into buckets and. As cart, but they're like cardboard cutouts. Yeah, right. If these things were to happen. I I understand what Jake's saying. I do. It's like South Park tries to push it to the raunchy. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want your kids watching this, but. Right. On the flip side, like there's some there's some jokes in The Simpsons that are going to go over your kids' heads, right? Yeah, you know what I, I mean. Getcha. Kids are going to like Bart. Kids are going to think Homer's silly, but some of the stuff that Homer says, they might laugh at it, but they really don't get it, right? Yeah, and I think there's plenty of adult themes in episodes. I mean, there's episodes about you know prohibition, yeah. and, and firearms and, and schools and everything. And there's uh, there's tons of adult themes and things that adults can relate to in this. Yeah, Simpsons. I probably should have checked out a little bit of the. Uh, marathon that they ran because I mean I fell off the Simpsons I want to say a good 12 years ago 
I mean, that's a long time. I mean, the show's phenomenal, obviously, because it's ran for, what, 25 years? Yeah, season 25. So, I mean, 12 years to say, oh, yeah, I fell off 12 years ago, that's a lot of content to miss out on. And I've grown up a lot in those 12 years, at least I think so. And then, uh, you know, if I was to go back and rewatch, just like rewatching a movie from when we were kids, I'd probably get more out of it. Yeah, I'm telling you, even go back and watch like seasons three through six, you know, be surprised at how adult the themes are. Speaking of, uh, I heard that FXX is going to be running like whole blocks of The Simpsons now since that marathon from like what, six to midnight? Yeah, I was looking at that in my DVR. They're all over the place on what episodes they're showing. They're not doing it like they were on the marathon where it's from in order. one to the other. It looks like they're showing like some episodes from tw- 23 and some episodes from season one, like blocks of four in order and then right. jumping around. Sometimes I like it that way, though, because when you get something that's out of context, that that's what makes it funny. Yeah, I agree with that. I wanted to talk about uh, – moving on. Is that okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't even know what we were talking about. <laughs> I think about we were talking about BoJack Horseman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's all right. Um, I watched a uh, – I did see one movie in the theater this week. I watched the new football movie in the theaters, uh, When the Game Stands Tall. When the game stands tall. Have you guys seen any previews for this one? No, what Not happens when it stands tall? <laughs> uh, it's a, it's a, I love sports movies personally. Um, you know, uh, and this is a football movie. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, Michael Cornish gives me shit, says I'm un-American because I don't watch football regularly. But I don't care. I still love football movies. I love watching sports movies in general. I'm a yeah. big I'm a big sports movie fan. Even when they're really cliched, I still like them. Yeah, it's almost the fun of it, the formulaic of right. the sports movie. You know, did any of our high school experience have anything to do with that, Brian? About you not watching football? What do you mean? Because going to the high school that we did, you know, uh-huh. be, being like like a Friday Night Lights clone wannabe oh, yeah. type thing, yeah. where you were in it or you were a loser. Right. Did any of that stuff have any bearing on you, whether or not you watch football? Not really. No? Okay. No. If it did, he probably wouldn't have watched Friday Night Lights. Yeah. Oh, I, I was, yeah, just, I was a huge fan of Friday Night Lights, the gotcha. TV show. So. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, this, uh, when the game stands tall, it's inspired by a true story. It tells the remarkable journey of a legendary uh, football coach. Uh, let me try to pronounce his name. Bob Leducer, uh, played by uh, Jim Caviezel. That's his name? Yeah. Yeah. Jesus himself. Oh, yeah. That's right. Uh, who took the De La Salle High School Spartans from obscurity to a 151-game winning streak that shattered all records for any American sport. When the streak is broken, a tragedy strikes. The team, Coach Ladd, must teach his players and the entire town that it's not about how you fall but how you get back up. Like I said, it stars Jim Caviezel, who plays uh, the coach, Michael Chiklis, who plays the assistant coach, and Laura Dern, who is uh, the head coach's wife. Um, I'm going I'm to rate this one as if it were you know, going against like other great sports movies like Hoosiers, Rocky, Rudy, Remember the Titans, The Natural. You know what my favorite sports movie is? What? Bad News Bears. Love it. The original Bad News. The Bears. original? Yeah. Not the Billy Bob Thornton shit. It, oh, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't terrible. You know, it's just one of those things that didn't need to be remade. But I love it. It's, it doesn't have the typical ending where the team wins yeah. at the end. I think even as a kid, it really taught me a valuable lesson about sports and everything. I love the original Bad News Bears movie. It, it's awesome. I didn't care when they went to Japan and all that other stuff. They no, made, me, they me made three of them, but yeah. the, the first one was just yeah, great. The first one is golden. Yeah. I, I'll still watch it to this day if it's on. Like AMC or whatever. Yeah, you know, I love that movie. Yeah, um, but uh, the question is, you know, is 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 when the game stands tall? Is this the next great sports movie? Um, I think that 
it is a great story. I'm, and, and I'm not even talking about the movie yet. I'm, I'm actually talking about the actual story that this movie was inspired by. That's a great story. Okay. Um, the way the movie takes this story and then portrays it on the screen, it's not well executed. Yeah, in I was my smelling opinion. a butt here. Uh, I think there are so many elements to this story that when it's finally on the screen, it's really clunky and kind of all over the place because it is inspired by a true story and a lot of things happen in this movie. Um, you've got this high school football team. They've won 151 games straight. Damn. Uh, the biggest winning streak in football history ever. They show players from the graduating senior class that are moving on to college at the beginning of this movie. These were players that were affected by the coach, and some of them are going on to play college football. Uh, then, then the movie, it shifts to the juniors that are going to go into their senior year and then take the reins of the team. Um, some of the players that are playing the game, they're playing it as individuals, not like as a team mentality, you know, like the seniors did the year before. Selfish. Exactly. Uh, there are things that happen to both sides of the characters, uh, events that happen to the college-bound football players and then the events that happen to the new class of players. On top of that, then you also have a story about the coach who's been under a lot of stress while being the coach uh, by uh, that, that's, that's taken this team to a 151-winning game streak, and uh, it's caused him health issues. All this stress, oh, yeah, I, things that he's you know been hiding from everybody, trying to be the strong coach, but it's really affected him mentally, and because of the mental anguish and, and things like that, it's caused him physical problems. Um, what the movie does really wrong is that it feels like these should be two separate movies. These these stories should be like two separate movies. Yeah, I can I can see what you're saying there. It. It, it it forces it together into one movie. The main plot is the new team, but then I think like the movie felt like it had to throw in some of the older players' stories because of the importance of the things that happened to them ultimately. Um, and as a sweet as sweet a sentiment as that is, it hurts the flow of the movie overall. And uh, you know, I like the story. I like the message of the story. The acting's okay. Um, but I never got a, a true sense of camaraderie from some of the players, and that's what I'm looking for in, in a football movie. You know, movies like remember, uh, like Remember the Titans, where there's like a lot of conflict at the beginning, but by the end of the movie, these guys are all working together and they're a team. Any any unique film techniques with the actual sport when they were showing the sport? How was that? Because um, that's always big for me. Is I want the I want the actual plane to look cool. Yeah, you know. Was yeah, it, was it memorable? Not really, and you never got a real sense of like some of the characters and like what they're. There's one. There's maybe two players. You got a real sense of like what their duties were on the field. Yeah. Everybody else was kind of just like role players as far as like playing. You know, like you had like uh, you know the one big defensive guy on their team, and then you had the other guy who was like going for like the uh, touchdown record for the t- state of Texas, and you know it was it was it was I don't know it. it it was a it was a it was a good movie, but no, the, the even those scenes weren't filmed as good as like like you know scenes like in Remember the Titans, yeah, and which even were very like, memorable, yeah, and even like movies like Friday Night Lights with Billy Bob Thornton. Oh well, yeah, that's Oliver Stone. Hard, yeah, hard to make. It is kind of like sounds like they tried to mix elements of any given Sunday into oh. an inspirational football movie. 
You remember that? I remember that. Yeah. 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 Where you had guys who were yeah. like trying to sacrifice their bodies because if they got like one more block or one more yard, then they'd get X amount of bonus or whatever. Right. So they were playing an individual game too. My biggest problem with it though is like there is – with the older players that are graduated, that have graduated, there's something really tragic that happens to one of them. And I, and I can understand why they put it in there because – it is it, it 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 is something that needed to be addressed, but it felt like when they put that in there, they were kind of taking the focus away from like the real movie, which is like this new team that had to take on like you know and try to keep the streak going. Yeah, you know, just by showing this one scene that was really touching, it really was touching, but like it it it, it was kind of disjoint it disjointed the film. Yeah, and it was it sounds, real clunky. It sounds kind of jarring. And yeah, then when you go back to this other movie, right? You're like, and I don't think that they. I think that they wanted to hit upon that character and what happened to this character, but I don't think it did the character justice because like they kind of like pull away from that whole side of the story and then go back into the new team it just it was really clunky disjointed and it's a good movie good message but it's not the next great sports movie so i'm gonna um yeah i'm gonna give it a weak taste it Okay. You know, I mean, you're comparing it to like, you know, like Million Dollar Baby, which I thought was like an awesome sports movie. Yeah. Necessary Roughness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Major League. Major Replacements. League. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you know, I, I would watch this one on Redbox. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that's it. That's all we got for Good Pop, Bad Pop this week. Are we, uh, we're not going to talk about the, um, the lifetime deal for Good Pop, Bad Pop? Oh, do you want to do that? Yeah. Go I, ahead. Yeah. Know, talk about it. I, I, um, I actually wrote a movie this week I wanted to talk to you about. I haven't – I'm talking to you about this for the first time. It's um, the unauthorized story of pop culture leftovers. Oh, brother. Because apparently you can just put unauthorized before something yeah. and write whatever you want, whether it's true or not. Well, it's based on the – I think it's based on like the book. It's based on Dustin Diamond's Diamond. book. Yeah. And I guess we're talking about the unauthorized Saved by the Bell movie, yeah. which aired on Lifetime on Monday. Right. <laughs> Which was based on Dustin Diamond's book, which was, you know, really controversial when it came out because a lot of the actors said a lot of things were untrue. And it, right. And then Dustin himself later came out and, you know, said that it was ghostwritten and that a lot of stuff was untrue. Yeah. So it's it's like a movie based off of an untrue account of how everything went in the first place. Yeah. So it's kind of disjointed <laughs> like that. Yeah. But yeah. So I'm, I'm going to just do the unauthorized story of us and just make a bunch of shit up and make it a lot more dramatic and everything i'm gonna make myself one thing that i really got from the saved by the bell movie is um dustin diamond was really annoying to me and all he did was whine and complain about everything and make a lot of bad decisions and Mm -hmm. it made made it very unlikable to me that's the character i think i'm gonna write myself in the pop culture leftovers movie we're gonna at all the big pop culture leftover parties we go to all the all the girls are just gonna ask me about brian and I'm, oh, I, bullshit. I'm, I'm Bull gonna, fucking shit. I'm just going to cry outside and whine about it. <laughs> bullshit. Beg for sympathy. Bullshit. If anything, I am the Dustin Diamond character. I'm, I'm going to go punch some guy in the alley out of I frustration. Am, no, I am, I, am the pe- I, am, I am the people on the – I am the person on this podcast that people hate. Everybody knows that. I'm just, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. It was, hey, can you give me like a Dirk Diggler backstory? Dirk Diggler backstory. Yeah. 
That's what I want my backstory to be. Oh, oh, in the Pop Culture Leftovers movie. Yeah. Yeah, dude, we'll, we'll talk about that cool. off, off the show. I'm a star. I can't I'm give a away star. Everything. Big rising right. star. <laughs> so, yeah. I thought, well, this movie, it, it, it was like a train wreck. Like, it's a yeah. toss it, but it was an entertaining toss it. It was a good train wreck of a movie. Yeah. It was fun seeing everyone tweet about it. I thought, um, the guy they had play, um, Mark Paul that plays Zach yeah. was terrible. He was horrible, wasn't he? He looked like he was 12 years old. Yeah. He was the entire movie shorter than Screech, mm-hmm. which was really weird. Like, you know, the whole thing goes through the whole history of Saved by the Bell. So by the time you're like at the end of it and he still looks yeah. like he's 12 years old, it was like, I, this makes no fucking sense. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. It was terrible. Had you guys seen the little video that's been going around uh, where they showed a bunch of teenagers Saved by the Bell episodes to get their take oh, on yeah, it? Oh, yeah, yeah, I have seen that. Yeah, and, you know, uh, everybody's going to give me shit about this. Maisie Williams was in it, too. Yeah. And uh, they were weighing in on, like, how plausible a show it was if it was out today as opposed to coming out when we were in our teens. And people were saying like, no, that's like, that's like bigots and racists and stuff because they had like nerds, like, you know, <laughs> bow tie wearing, pocket protecting guys coming up pitching like the pocket protector protector and stuff. And they, how Zach would like break through the fourth wall and talk to people and pause stuff and that. And they're like, that's ridiculous. How does he do that? That doesn't make that much sense. But like the time out. Yeah, the only thing that they really liked was they showed the episode where uh Jesse got hooked on uh caffeine speed pills. caffeine pills, yeah. Oh, that was hilarious. And about the, you know, when the she had that real emotional scene with Mark Paul Gosler about how I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so scared. Yeah. They thought that that was like really deep and touching and you know that really struck a chord with them and here we are in our mid 30s fucking poking fun at that shit. Yeah. Funniest so, tweet that I read that night was something like uh it's funny that that scene I I'm so excited scene right after that scene that's the scene that drove fucking Dustin Diamond to start drinking. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was the funniest tweet I saw all night. That's <laughs> great. Dustin Diamond just came off as it unsympathetic idiot in this whole movie like how dumb are you to let your like friend like tape your so-called friend tape you and blackmail you like that like that all came off like yeah. him being an idiot and if i was dustin diamond i'd be upset right at this movie like oh look what he look what he sold his rights to this yeah. movie that just makes him look terrible yeah so, it sounds awful yeah you're just screech man you'll be nothing but screech you're nothing without this man. I'll ruin your career. Right. Oh my gosh. I don't know, dude. I was all caught up in Save by the Bell when I was a kid. I watched it all the time. I loved uh, yeah, it. Yeah. I, I loved it as a kid too. I watched yeah. it even going into the college years. So did I. And after this, the, yeah. After the college years, they had like the Zach and Kelly wedding, and I watched yeah. it. I. I. Oh my gosh. Like I swear, Kelly Kapowski thrust me into like puberty <laughs> that's awesome yeah and tiffany amber Thiessen, is that her name yeah yeah, yeah. hello yeah. yep yeah yeah back in the day oh my gosh oh yeah she's amazing oh yeah and brian austin green was dating that for a while <sighs> now he's with megan Fox. what a fucking yeah. tool what the hell what what is his story does he have like a 12 inch personality or something that we don't know about <laughs> 
Oh, that's funny. I don't know, man. All right, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up real quick. It was it was light fluff, you know. It yeah. was enjoyable. What's with Lifetime and their scandalous movies? Now though? they got the Britney yeah, Murphy story. That's what I was getting ready to talk about yeah. the whole time they were they were advertising that, and I guess that's really controversial the way they deal with explaining how she died and everything. Right. So, man, Lifetime, getting Lifetime, real, getting real scandalous. Yeah, I, that movie just looks stupid. <laughs> yeah, for so. sure. That's on tonight, but I'll be I'm, I'll be busy. God, I got it set on my DVR. I'll admit, I don't know why. I probably won't watch it though. I, 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 I won't lie. I went to set it for my DVR, <laughs> but I can't because it's um, Utopia and Big Brother at the same time um, on at the same time as it is. So I was like, ah, fuck it then. Gotcha. So, all right, let's break. We'll come back. We'll do news, and we're gonna wrap it up. I'm fresh. All right. Hey, we are back, and it is time for the Pop Culture Leftovers News. Oh, my favorite part. Hear ye, hear ye, read all about it. It's a little of a news, and there's no doubt about it. This news is gangster as fuck, yo. It's gangster as fuck, yo. <laughs> all right. Say it, Jake. It's gangster as fuck. Yeah, time for some uh, gangsters fuck news. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it really is gangster as fuck when we have Frank here. Oh, yeah. Frank makes it gangster. Frank, you do. You do, Frank. You I, make it gangster as Nothing's fuck. more gangster than Macy Williams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I bring the, the gangster and, yeah. Nothing's more gangster than wigs. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. wigs. What do you think about the uh, the intro this week, Frank? That was fucking great. Yeah. That was hilarious. <laughs> wig it up. Wig it up. Wig it up. Wig, wig it up. Getting wiggy with it. Wiggy, wiggy, wiggy. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, this is a true news story. I wanted to bring this up. Um, a Chicago woman on Thursday was killed by a gargoyle. The statue. It fell? The, I'm serious. This happened. Sarah Bean, 34, she was walking and pieces of a gargoyle statue on a historic Chicago church fell down and killed her. Oh, fuck. Oh, that's terrible. How many related gargoyle deaths do you think that we have every year? Every year, Eight. I'm going to say 24. That high. Yeah. 24 gargoyle related deaths. <laughs> yeah, 24 gargoyle deaths a year. 24 gargoyle deaths I'm a year. I'm going eight. <laughs> eight. I'm going with one, and I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> it, it, and I can, a, I'm thinking it's Sarah Bean. No. Get out your tinfoil hat, because this, this is a conspiracy. The government is hiding up all these gargoyle related deaths. <laughs> I could see some dude like dressed all up like a men in black, just like dropping bits and pieces off like she's got to go. <laughs> According to the Chicago Department of Buildings, a metal decorative piece on the exterior of the building gave away on Thursday and dislodged part of a gargoyle on the steeple, and the broken piece fell and struck Bean who worked at Lurie's Children's Hospital in Chicago. The city said that the church building failed in inspection in 2011, including violations such as failure to maintain exterior walls. The case was dismissed after repairs were made, it said. So, yeah, dude, I don't know. This is kind of, this is, I don't know, this is sad. A lady, a falling gargoyle hit her in the head and she died. She's out on a walk with, uh, with, with like friends and family. Yeah, what a downer story, man. It is a downer story. I don't even know what to say. I know. It's like, do you joke about some lady getting hit in the head with like a gargoyle? (laughs) Why do you got some good ones? I want to hear them. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> this is probably going to be something that's going to end up on like a thousand ways to die. Yeah, that's pretty wild. They'll make. I'll tell you one story. thing: like the family's never going to be able to watch Ghostbusters again. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit! Or no. Gremlins too, or the cartoon show yeah. Gargoyles. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! That had uh, shit. Uh, the guy that played Riker in it, didn't it? The yeah, Jonathan Frakes. Jonathan Frakes. Yeah. Yeah, I think he so. did one of the voices. I'm pretty sure. I think so. Yeah, I think Jonathan Frakes should start up like a like a fund, like a donation. <laughs> yeah, you know he was involved in that. So talk I mean, to her family. Talk to the family. Yeah. You know, on behalf of the gargoyles, give him gargoyle rehabilitation sessions. Well, I think I think <laughs> I think this gives a lot of bad like press to gargoyles. Yeah, I think and they weren't getting much good press to begin with. No, not really. I mean, you know, but I I mean, who like okay. Maybe we sh- maybe sci-fi is going to do a gargoyle NATO or yeah. something. Oh, now. We, need, we need like, did you know for gargoyles? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To alert people, gargoyle awareness yeah. needs to be our country's top priority. Yeah. So, so this I mean, doesn't happen again. It, well, see, I don't want it to give gargoyles a bad name because like, gargoyles, they're I mean, they're they're a good they're a good fun thing to watch in movies. Yeah. I like a good gargoyle in a movie. I don't want this to be like the reason people don't want to watch a gargoyle movie or gargoyle in a movie. It sounds like gar- the gargoyle wasn't the problem. It was kind of the corrupt uh, building city inspection. Yeah. So. Weren't they originally placed on buildings to like ward away evil spirits? Yeah, something like that. Depending on which movie you watch, I guess. Can you imagine her like the day before going to see like a psychic? Yeah. And the day before the psychic's like... I've I've never seen anything like this before, <laughs> but I see I see a gargoyle in your future. I think you need to avoid all gargoyles. Yeah, and then like this happens, you know what I mean? Yeah, she should have listened. You ever been to a psychic? Have I ever been to a psychic? Yeah. Um, we had a uh, woman in our, um, yeah, we had a woman. She was our art teacher. Yeah. Um, in, I think it was like eighth grade and she was a psychic okay. in the area and she gave everybody a reading once she was done with our art class. Oh, wow. Yeah. She's like McDonald's, McDonald's, Burger King, <laughs> right? <laughs> Doctor, McDonald's, McDonald's, <laughs> lawyer. Have you ever like, like had a tarot card reading or yeah, anything? Yeah, I have never done any of that kind of stuff. Really? Yeah. I, I'd be fascinated by it, but I've just never never made that leap and done any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I've never done anything like that because I'd be scared of what they would tell me. I've always found that I'm somewhat indescribable. Yeah, I Like don't... in high school, I took the uh, test where you were supposed to find out what your career was supposed to be. And basically, mine said I was supposed to be unemployed. Oh, <laughs> it came shit. up with no results. <laughs> God. McDonald's, unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, so, yeah, Death by Gargoyle. That sucks. Yeah, mo- let's do something cheery. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just <laughs> thought it was an interesting story. What depressing shit are we going to talk about next? Oh, okay. Uh, AMC has finally ordered the pilot <laughs> to the Walking Dead companion TV series. Oh, Christ. <laughs> it's rumored that it will be set in the same zombie apocalypse environment, but will focus on different characters in different areas. Uh, there was that rumor about a year ago that it could be showing the events of what happened right after the zombie breakout and how they plan on curing it. Now it looks like it's going to be happening at the exact same time as the main flagship series with Rick and the gang. So, what are you guys' thoughts on, um, what are you guys' thoughts on a, uh, Walking Dead companion TV series? I want to hear what Frank has to say first. 
I love the idea of it only because um, there are the Telltale games that are pretty much kind of the same thing in video game form, also written by Robert Kirkman, where you get to see characters who aren't from the main Walking Dead thread. Uh, they're not in the comics either. And, you know, it's original story, and those are fantastic. So as long as it's, you know, kind of the same... Same thing where you're introducing different characters, different issues and, and tones. I think it would be great. Yeah. I think AMC is struggling to find replacements for Breaking Bad and the soon-to-leave Mad Men. And it's like, well, what better to do than to do a spinoff of their, off their highest-rated show? And that's where they're coming from. Um, I think it's obvious that they've changed it and they make it they're making it take place concurrent to the other series is so they can do the obvious eventual crossover i mean right that i hope they don't do i I think there's i think i would bet money that that will happen at this point right yeah i actually i'm betting money that the crossover is going to happen as much as they say it's not going to which uh, they have said that it's not going to happen it's inevitable i think right well i give you an idea um Quick question: Have either one of you played or intend on playing the uh, Telltale's? I've played them. Have you? Yeah. Have you played all the way through the first season? No, just the first episode of the first season. Okay. If I mentioned the spoilers, would you be upset? Oh uh, yeah, I don't want to hear spoilers okay. from the Telltale games. Right. I might check that out in the future. Okay. So without getting into spoilers, not only do you have same the same kind of rich character development uh, in this secondary story that they've told through this game. But also they've got some pretty unique plot twists as well. It does, and I know this is a game, but it's made by the same people that make the show. If they can reproduce something similar in a spinoff show with different characters and dissimilar themes in the same universe, I think that would be really cool to see. I don't want to have to watch another fucking show. Yeah, this isn't my cup of tea. Walking Dead is a struggle for me as it is, and the idea of a second Walking Dead, ugh. See, I like, I, I, I enjoy The Walking Dead. I do not think it's the best TV show out there. I don't. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, this is the best TV show on TV right now. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, Doctor Who is my, that's my shit, man. Doctor Who is my shit. I fucking, I love Falling Skies. I love fucking Defiance. And I think those shows are good shows too that people are overlooking. And I think as far as a scary show goes, I'll take American Horror Story any day over Walking Dead. I'll take the first season and the third season. Yeah. But I mean, when is too much zombies too much? I mean, when are you, when are you taking too much of my time? There's already so many things on TV right now, Frank. Do I need another fucking show about zombies? Do I need another show about zombies? No. Do you, okay, you're already taking an hour out of my time every week, and it's not like I'm not enjoying the show, and I'm not trying to say I don't. I do enjoy the show. Right. But when is it overkill? When are you saturating it? When are we getting too much zombies? When do you feel like, oh, now I have to watch this fucking show now? I think that they would know that there would have to be some kind of a hook to where you would want to watch this in conjunction with the other. It's, I mean, how can you how can you make it any different than the other show, but then showing different characters in a different area? Because it's the same threat. I mean, you're still getting zombies that are just walking around and killing people, and it sounds like it's going to be set in the same time. Yeah, and I, I'm, I am I am going to say just like Jake said, I guarantee you these two groups, as much as they say that they're not going to meet up, they are going to meet up eventually. And I'm saying by the end of season six, by the end of season seven. 
season eight, whatever, there, we're going to see an episode at the end of one of these shows, there is going to be a group and they are going to be looking off into the distance and they are going to be staring at another group. And then by the end of the episode for the companion show, you're going to see that group staring at another group. It's going to be a mirrored image. Oh, and then everybody's sure. going to be like, oh my gosh, the next season, they're meeting up. Yeah, for sure. I, I think as a Walking Dead fan, like hypothetically, if I love The Walking Dead, I, I'm not a big fan of the spinoff because um, it seems like it's just going to dilute from the main product too. It's like not, why not take all of our good ideas and character ideas and storylines and put them into the one show instead of trying to spread everything apart into two shows. I think part of that is because the main show, even though they take – quite a few liberties from the comic book it's still following the same comic book story and this would be completely original yeah what can what i mean the main show has taken liberties too like they can they do whatever they want when it comes to the show i don't see the comic book has as ever holding back the original show from making whatever choice it wants to make with its plot devices. Right. I mean, they've altered several things from what has happened in the comic book, but I mean, it still comes back to things that have occurred in the comics, like locations, like the prison. Yeah. Um, and some things like when, uh, Rick and Carla Michonne encountered the ravagers, uh, towards the end of this last season. Um, that was the name of the people, right? That Rick ended up, I thought it was Marauders. Marauders. So much is okay. so different from the comic right. book now, though, that I don't think it's tethered to it at all. It, it, I mean, likely it has to do with the fact that I've seen it done in another format, and, and it is entirely possible that it is the other format that is swaying my opinion. But the draw for me for The Walking Dead has never been so much just the zombies. It's the character development, the interaction with this going on in the background. I've got no problem seeing new characters as long as it's original stories. And I see what you're saying. I don't want to see a crossover either. And the problem's going to become is if it starts to struggle with ratings, that's exactly what they're going to do to try to boost it up. And that will take away from both shows. I think it'll be a huge hit. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a huge hit. Everybody's going to watch it because everybody watches The Walking Dead. See, the thing is with The Walking Dead is it gets so much steam and so much momentum. By the time a season ends, everybody is talking about that season and so it gets other people on board and then amc has these huge marathons where everybody can catch up yeah and so people get caught up and so like every time they premiere a new season it's huge it's a ratings monster um you know and so every year more and more people are watching it so if they say that oh okay we're gonna start off with a new walking dead and now the walking dead is like this huge money-making show for amc uh everybody's go like oh i can get it on the ground floor yeah. of this new walking dead and and it's going to have huge ratings what do you think this show's going to be called do you think it's going to be called the walking dead semicolon something oh that's a good question i don't know what it's going to be called walking dead v something <laughs> walking dead v zombies ah yuck <laughs> yeah rick v zombies no um I just think like I think AMC is I think a, I've said it before I think AMC is hurting. I mean, they're going to be losing Mad Men eventually. Um, you know, they're they're uh they've lost Breaking Bad. Yeah. And they're not replacing these shows with anything new. I mean, they lost Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. We're getting, you know, uh, Better Call Saul. 
So it's like, I think what they've done, I, AMC is actually, they've gotten rid of a lot of people up there that were doing, uh, it, that, that were high up in AMC. They, they've gotten rid of a lot of the uh, people that were in a lot of creative control up there that were doing things. I'm thinking of like different shows that are out of the box. People, they, you know, people that did start like, you know, Mad Men and Breaking Bad and Walking Dead. A lot of these people are gone from AMC. They're not with them anymore. So like people that are left, they just don't have any new ideas. Is the well has run dry. You know, they're like banking everything on like, oh, let's get Kevin Smith to do his own talk show. Mm-hmm. Let's do a Walking Dead TV show. Let's do a Walking Dead after post show where we talk about the fucking Walking Dead. Yeah. And now it's like, um, we have nothing left. Uh, we need something else for some really good ratings. Uh, instead of thinking of some new original programming, now they're not doing that. Now they're just like, oh, okay, let's keep milking this Walking Dead fucking thing and have another Walking Dead show. Yeah. I'm with you 100%. How much bro. Walking Dead do we really need? I like it. I like The Walking Dead. I do. I really like the show. I enjoy it, and I watch them as they come out week to week. But the thing is, it's like, how much is enough? You're, you've already got an hour of my time. Every week, now you want me to invest another hour, and then you also, on top of that, you want me to watch Chris Hardwick and all these other guests talk about it? Yeah. How much time, how much time do you want me to invest in this Walking Dead? I mean, there's other shows that I want to watch. Yeah. I'm pretty well over the Talking Dead. I mean, there's only so many times you can watch that, and they've tried to add in different little things about like bringing in audience members to ask questions and stuff, but I mean, I, I get enough talking about that with people I actually know. I'm starting to get sick of that part. Yeah, I never watched that show. Robert Kirkman, anything he touches now is gold, though. Like, everything he touches is gold. I mean, he has so much. Like, he is our generation, Stan Lee, at this point, as far as, you know, like... I haven't seen any... What other property besides... I mean, I know Invincible is a huge hit in comics, but it hasn't come out of that medium Let me get to it. Um, you've got this, he just started this book called Outcast. Mm-hmm. They're already talking about making an Outcast, uh, TV show. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. Like, they, Outcast is three issues deep right now for yeah. Image. And I mean, they're already talking about doing a TV show for this. Yeah, it's yet to it doesn't be matter what he does. They're, they just think that anything that Robert Kirkman has his name attached to, yeah, yeah, we've got to get this on TV now. I mean, other writers have that kind of treatment currently. I think too. Like, I feel like Mark, a lot of Mark Miller stuff is the same way. Like we were on issue three of Kick Ass, and they already cemented the movie. And, um, you know, Nemesis did this. But it hasn't had the same success that Robert Kirkman has. No, but just The Walking Dead, though, is my point so far. Like, he hasn't proven anything to have as big of a success in another medium besides comic books as The Walking Dead yet. Right, but it, 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 it doesn't really matter to these uh, television executives at this point. I understand, but I'm not, I'm not co-signing calling him this generation Stan Lee just yet. He's only created one successful universe. He uh, maybe saying that he's this generation Stanley definitively is a little too much. He's the closest thing that we have to like a new wave Stanley as far as like who's hot in comics right now yeah. because of that name. It is Robert Kirkman. But you know because of The Walking Dead because The Walking Dead besides anything that's out there Marvel that's what's bringing people back into comics is The Walking Dead. Uh, it just makes me like a, a little bit hurt inside. I mean, he just took a a trope that already existed and really didn't do anything so like 
like explosive with it. Like he didn't really change the game at all. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't see what he did any differently than George A. Romero. I do. George A. Romero. He he made George A. Romero took zombies, but and but the zombies were like you watch the movies because of the zombies. What he did, what he did was he made this more of a character story. Like how do the zombies affect the humans? And, you know, how how are the humans going to react to these zombies? Because zombies did take center stage in the George A. Romero stuff. And I'm not trying to take anything away from George A. Romero. He laid the groundwork for all this. If it wasn't for George A. Romero, there wouldn't be a Robert Kirkman. There wouldn't be a Walking Dead. But I do agree to a certain extent with what you're saying. But the the human level still was there, too, in the George Romero stuff. Like, the human struggle – of the whole basement thing was there. Um, there was lots of political analogies in the George A. Romero stuff, just like there is in The Walking Dead. And even beyond, like, Romero's stuff, The Walking Dead still didn't, like, really change the genre game, like, completely. Like, there's been other stuff that have tried to attempt the same things. Like, 28 Days Later focuses on, you know, the human struggle of it. I know they're not necessarily zombies in that movie. But yeah, well, that's that's the the European zombies are, are different yeah. than... I just think he took an existing genre and an existing trope and then did that really well. I'm not taking away, and I'm not trying to say that it's not good and it's, and it's not quality stuff, but I'm, I am saying that it's not really... To call him the new Stan Lee when he did something in my mind. I'm not right. calling him the new Stan yeah. Lee. I the am not. Call, th- this is the, this is stuff that's out there. Yeah. I mean, if if you want to read this stuff on the internet, that's what they're calling I him. I know people are calling him that, and he's the the next greatest comic book writer and everything. But I really just think he did something that already existed as a genre just really well. Like he hasn't done anything. What makes him? What what makes him though? It, it, it kind of like the the new Stan Lee in a way. Yeah, is the fact that I think that there are so many more better talented writers out there in comics right now. Yeah, by far, by far, there are way more. Jonathan Hickman. Yeah. Jason Aaron. Rick Remender. Rick Remender. These guys are talented, but the thing is, they don't have like the draw. They haven't taken it. From that, from 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 their stories to the the level of television that 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 guys like Stan Lee is now getting credit for for his characters that he created back in the sixties, and now they're on TV, now they're in movies, and so now he's the voice of TV. He has become the face of The Walking Dead, just like Stan Lee is now the face of Marvel, even though he is not directly involved with Marvel Studios to the full capacity of guys like Kevin Feige. And it's not like Robert Kirkman is should be but he's the face of this, but he's not the one who's heading this up. It's it's Gail Ann Hurd. She's like their Kevin Feige for AMC. Definitely. Gail Ann Hurd is. But like but what they're gonna do is they're gonna pimp Robert Kirkman's name because he's the one who wrote the comic book. I mean does that do, do, am I making any make sense? Complete yeah. sense. Okay. I think Kirkman's a super smart businessman. I don't I think he more gave people what they wanted and tapped into knowing what would be popular than he did create something really unique. You know what I'm saying? He knew that the world really wanted zombie serial drama. Right. And he tapped into that. You know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. that's super smart. But I don't think it was very innovative is really my point. I think the part of it that makes it innovative is how they don't really discuss 
where the zombies came from. They don't really discuss like uh, how it came about. The apocalypse is just kind of there, and he only focuses on the interaction of the people that are left in the world. Not in Living Dead does the same thing. You don't know. You don't know what's going on. Yeah, and and yeah, I'm not trying to take anything away from George A. Romero at all. Um, but in I'd say like in that first movie, yeah, that's where you got the you got a really good character piece. Yeah, you really did. I, I agree with that. With the whole basement and yeah. whether or not we yeah. should come out or whether or not yeah. we should be locked in here. Or, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all the human drama of survival, right? That is so prevalent in. You're the right. Current I take back day. what I said. I take back what I said. Like Kirkman reinvented it because I, looking back on that movie, you're 100 percent right. You had just within that basement. You had different people that made up different. They each had their own personality. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah. Everybody in that. You had the the one girl who was kind of like uh, scared and, and a pacifist. You had the one guy who was like the tactician and trying to save everybody. And then you had the one kind of like the evil douchebag there. That totally. You, you know what I mean. So yeah, you had every different type of faction that you do have in The Walking Dead. It was just like it just took place in that one house. I just thought about something too that's going to make us all seem like a bunch of bored housewives. Yeah. In that first season, one of the hooks that you had within the first two episodes is that Rick essentially comes back from the dead because he was left in a hospital in a coma, and his wife has already moved on to his best friend. Essentially making this like a zombie apocalypse slash soap opera. Yeah, for sure. I, I just I just don't think it's all that innovative. I feel like if I can go back in time and talk to George Romero right after he uh, finished Night of the Living Dead – and say, hey, I've got, you know, I'll give you a weekly TV show. He's making the same show. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's doing, he has the same ideas. He's doing the same thing. It's kind of screwed up. I mean, <laughs> just back then, you can't, you, you know, you, he doesn't, an artist that does that kind of thing doesn't have, it's not as socially acceptable to have a weekly show on one of the right. three existing television channels about zombies and everything. Unfortunately, yeah. it's context sensitive because now, and I mean, the Walking Dead helped to usher this in, the popularity of zombies in popular culture now. Uh, at the same time, you had nerd gamers who were playing the zombie maps on Call of Duty and stuff, and it, it all just kind of started to explode all at once, and he was able to capitalize on it. Yeah, exactly. We've all had those friends that are the zombie apocalypse nuts that existed before Walking Dead existed, yeah. right? Yeah. We all had sure. that friend. Yeah. That talks about what what you what would you do in the zombie apocalypse, man? Right, Nick Mosser. Yeah, that friend exists. Yeah. That friend existed before The Walking Dead existed. Yeah, our buddy Nick Mosser. Exactly, yeah. I mean, he had thought he had already had like a zombie kid or something. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's and that's where I'm coming from is that he just tapped into something that a lot of people already really got off on anyway. It was it's not anything so innovative what he did. Was it 2008 that Zombieland came out? Yeah. Uh, that was 2008? Okay, that that was probably part of it, too. Because I remember I I really didn't give too much of a shit about zombies prior to that. And yeah, that really kind of started to pique Oh, my see, interest. I love the, the, the George A. Romero movies. Yeah. Anytime one of those came out, dude, I love zombie movies. I was a big fan. Yeah, I, saw because I, love, I, I love it when you, when, you, when you have, like, a villain and you know what that villain's motives are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, whether it just be, like, um, I don't like it... it 
whether it be like uh, like Leatherface in fucking like uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Hellraiser. You, oh, or, no, no, you're right. You're right. That's Pinhead. Leatherface is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, yeah like Leatherface in, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You just knew this guy was crazy. Yeah. He's just crazy. That's all there is to it. I mean, horrible childhood. This guy's crazy. He gets a hold of you. He's going to throw you up and, and he's going to you know put you on a meat hook and he's going to cut you up and kill you. You know, that's the kind of villain that I want. And you knew what the motives was behind Zombie. They want to eat your brain. Yeah. They're, they're not going to stop unless you put a knife through – a bullet through their head or a knife through their head. That's what they're there for. And they're going to try to turn you into a zombie, whatever. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't know. I, I, that's what I liked about zombie movies. That's what I loved about the George A. Romero shit. Yeah, me too. I, lo- I love that stuff. Okay. Another thing that I wanted to talk about, Walking Dead related. Um, another thing – I don't know if you guys read this, but they talked about um, that there is going to be – and it's not going to be in this next season, but it could be in season six or season seven that they are going to be introducing a – gay character which they, they've already introduced a gay character in the show yeah um you know uh, what's one the one girl name oh, but i think it, they i think they kind of said it's going to be a, a, a male a gay male character um a lot of people and i've speculated this before on the podcast before that they haven't really touched on daryl dixon's you know, sexual orientation. sexual orientation. Yeah. Do you think that there's a that, that they are going to try to introduce Daryl Dixon? I mean, he's been very standoffish with Carol, who's made advances towards him. Yeah. Been very flirtatious with him. Um, do you think that there are still walls that need to be broken down? For Daryl, and once these walls are broken down, do you think he'll either be like? Uh, ready to accept the relationship from like a female character, or do you think that they're going to break these walls down and then he's going to come out of the closet? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what will happen with that. I I, I haven't watched season four, so I haven't seen what's happened with that kind of stuff. To be completely honest, with a character that popular, I think it would be better for them to stay away from it. If it, I mean, I don't. He he has no basis in the comics, so I mean he's purely on the show. Whatever they write for him, there's no canon to go off of or go against. I think I, I think it would be a good move to make him gay. I disagree with Frank. I think um, it's such a popular show. What a and a lot of times your big zombie enthusiast people seem to be kind of not to paint blankets on people, but right. kind of your most haterish people. And it seems like a good place to promote gay awareness. Take the most ultimate badass Daryl Dixon and say that he's gay and, and what makes him any different or less yeah. of a badass. What in the fuck? Why in the fuck is it such a bad thing? Like people are making it out like it's a bad thing. Like, oh, you can't take this character and make him gay. Like that's a bad thing. That's what I'm saying. If you if you say Daryl Dixon's gay, does that mean – does that discredit all the badass things he's done? Exactly. Like, no, not at all. He's I still was... a complete badass. Exactly. So I think it's a great idea. I yeah. was thinking just stay away from it altogether. I mean not not have to give him any kind of a sexual label. Whether he be, you know, he doesn't have to be in any kind of a relationship. We don't necessarily need an answer to that question. Yeah, no, that's just part of that's this just, whole show is about relationships. Exactly. That, that was your oh, point. Oh, let's just stay away from earlier. it. No, like I know everybody else where they stand. Why can't I know where Daryl Dixon stands? Well, is Daryl Dixon just asexual? No. no, it's a mystery, and it needs to be. I don't know. Sometimes I think. Okay. I think a bigger deal is made out of it than what is necessary. If if he was to come 
if a relationship was to transpire or whatever, whether, whichever way it fell out, okay, great, cool. Uh, and like, uh, Jake said, it doesn't take anything away from this badassery, but I, I don't know. I just think that we should be able to be at a point where we have moved on about, is he straight or is he gay? I wonder. It's, it's it, never it going to go away. Like when it comes to fictional stories, shipping characters is like one of the most popular things ever. And there's a lot, a huge part of the viewership of The Walking Dead that wants to know who's going to end up with who, you know, as far as relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go. I know Glenn loves Maggie. Oh, yeah. I know that Rick is heterosexual because he had feelings for for Lori. Yeah, and will Rick ever be able to leave that behind and move on and be okay with someone else? And th- these are big themes about But the show. one of my characters that I like on the show is Daryl Dixon. Right. And I want him to end up happy. Arguably the most popular character. Arguably the most uh, popular character. Yeah, he's my Should favorite Should it for matter sure. if he ends up happy with a female character or a guy character? I mean, y- you know what I mean? Yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, I... I, I, there's been several things over the past, I don't know, 15 years, something like that. And all too often, you have these storylines, depending on whatever it is you're talking about, where, I mean, the story is completely done and finished. It's not like ongoing, and people will speculate, you know, and try to retcon somebody as being one way or another when their sexuality had nothing to do with anything that happened in the story. Sometimes I think people are preoccupied with it, whereas a person doesn't have to be defined by their sexuality. They can just be whatever they are. Well, okay. Um, you know what? If, if, if there weren't people throughout like pop culture and things like that that were doing things that were so, um, different. I mean, like the first interracial kiss between, you know, Captain Kirk and Uhura. Did that ever get aired? It got aired. It got yeah. aired, yeah. yeah. Okay. So that, that's the thing. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, that, that right there, that was like a huge step for, you know, interracial, you know, uh, you know, dating and marriage and things like that. Yeah. And yeah, Daryl Dixon could do a ton of good if they came out. Like he could really bridge the gap, you know. Right. Like and make, make it a little bit, get rid of a little bit of the hate you know what i'm saying how how can you not like daryl dixon still yeah and i mean if if you're watching the show and they reveal let's say they reveal like daryl dixon he is gay and then you're like i'm done with this show i'm not watching the show anymore i don't know maybe 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 the show did do its job maybe you looked in you need to look in the mirror and you need to think about you know like why why do you have such a problem against that you know what's wrong what's wrong with that i mean you know Everybody, everybody's different. I mean, you know, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's like, we're at a point where I don't think most people, most people anymore don't have a problem with like interracial dating or anything like that. No. no. I mean, it's, it's acceptable these days. And I mean, and I think like there's a, like a whole like, uh, movement right now where it's like, uh, you know, like uh, where people are, are being a lot more accepting even than they were 10, 20 years ago with the gay community. Right. You know what I mean? I, and I so, I guess what I'm saying as far as like storyline goes, I mean, don't make that a focus. I mean, if, if it's organic to the story and it makes sense, absolutely go ahead, do whatever they're going to do. And I'm behind it either which way it goes, but I just don't want to see that be like the focus of it. You know what I mean? Kind of like a soap opera is like, is he gay? Is he straight? Let's watch. Oh, and forget about all the other stuff that's going on. 
You know what I mean? I, I would just rather it be organic to the I don't story. Want to, I agree with Frank to an extent. I don't want it to be a gimmick. No, yeah, I don't want it to be a gimmick either. either. Right. Not, he's, you know. And that's what I worry about with him being one of the most popular characters is he's easily the first one that you would pick on to be – not pick on or pick out to be like, okay, well, who are we going to make ambiguous and make people wonder? But the thing, Frank – the thing is, Frank, is that it's not really a retcon because a lot of the evidence is already there. Like it's not like we're going back and like showing stuff we haven't seen before that makes right on this. Like Brian pointed out with the Daryl Dixon thing, it's like he all the advances from Carol go go unnoticed, you know. Yeah, no, and this storyline is ongoing. What I was talking about, he looked uncomfortable too. Yeah, when when that stuff. I don't. I think I don't think that this would come completely from left field is the thing you know and right. like uh, his brother picking on him and stuff like that right and that know, would make sense maybe merle had like uh maybe merle had thought that maybe his brother was and like that was a reason like he picked on him because maybe he didn't have girlfriends growing up things like that and i'm sure merle had gone through plenty of women throughout his lifetime well you, you know, know he did because he had the clap yeah <laughs> yeah when something's been retconned you have to show the evidence of what happened in the past right to to make this change that we're now trying to propose. Yeah, when I mentioned that, I wasn't talking about this storyline. Actually, what I was referencing is there are several storyboards on, uh, like, as an example, Final Fantasy VII, people would try to talk about Sephiroth as being gay. And never once, and throughout that whole story, it, does his sexuality ever come up at all because that relationships were never part of his motivation. Yeah, I think some. I mean, when you try to shoehorn something in just to say that we're going to include that as part of the story, that takes away from the story itself. If it's organic and if it's part of the tale and it makes sense, great, go for it. I just don't want to, like you said, I don't want to see it become a gimmick and have that be the draw. And then have to write stuff around that on purpose. Yeah, I don't want to see them promote an episode as the it's the Daryl Dixon. Is he right. straight? Or yeah, is he, right. That's all I'm yeah. getting at. I definitely don't want to come off as being like a homophobe or anything like that. All right. Yeah. So enough about the uh, Walking Dead. So yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on. We're gonna go to uh, some DC news. Dwayne the Rock Johnson was uh, finally confirmed. What role he'll be playing in the DC universe? Uh, this, uh, I, I think, honestly, this was about as annoying as that whole Vin Diesel speculation from Marvel. You know, like, which, which character is he gonna be? Yeah, and, yeah. And, uh, I was just like, come on, let's just get out with it. Is, is he gonna be Black Adam? Is he gonna be Shazam? What, okay. So finally, The Rock tweeted, kneel at his feet or get crushed by his boot. My honor to become, hashtag Black Adam, hashtag the anti-hero, hashtag DC Comics. Uh, so, Variety reports, uh, that Darren Lemke, uh, who, uh, let's see here, he wrote, uh, Turbo, yeah. Go- Goosebumps, and Jack the Jack Giant, the Giant Slayer. Slayer. Yeah, not he, a good track record. No, he's been hired to write the film. Uh, yeah, like I say, like you said, it's, it's really not the best resume, in my opinion, for writers, on uh, Turbo with Ryan Reynolds that bombed in the <laughs> box office. Jack the Giant Slayer was not a hit. And uh, Goosebumps. Yeah. I mean, I've I've never seen the original show. No, me neither. On Nick, nope. uh, I'm not interested in seeing the movie. Um, Goosebumps. It came out in '95. I was 17 years old in 1995, and I'd been watching, you know, Tales from the Crypt, Tales from the Dark Side, Twilight Zone, monsters. I had no reason to watch a kid show. That was supposed to scare you. Yeah, we were too old for that. We were that. too old for it. So uh, I'm sorry if we have younger listeners that 
really enjoyed Goosebumps and yeah. we did Are You Afraid of the Dark on Nickelodeon. I didn't even do that. I was, dude, I was watching, I was watching like Tales from the Crypt, Tales from the Dark section. Yeah, I, I was yeah, watching too. all that too. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, Dwayne the Rock Johnson cast as Black Adam. Black Adam is the character who was originally, he originally had the power of Shazam. Yes. And was the protector of Egypt centuries back. He, uh, lost his powers. And uh, Billy Batson got the powers. He was between like 10 and 14 years old, the boy, That's Billy correct. Batson. Yeah. Um, and he got the powers. And uh, Black Adam, you know, found this out. And, and he's upset that, you know, he, that, that Billy Batson now has his powers as Shazam. And so he became like the villain to, you know, that's his arch nemesis to Shazam. Um, what are your guys' th- thoughts on uh, the casting of The Rock as uh, Black Adam? Yeah, I, I, I'm fascinated by it. I think he's a better choice for Black Adam than Shazam if we're going to ha- pick and be one or the other. See, I'm, I'm going to go on the other side. Yeah. And the reason why is because Shazam is a kid that calls forth the powers and has the physique of a adult superhero, but he still has the mentality of a child. Yeah. And the rock, when he was in WWE, when it was WWF, he always came off better as a uh, good guy than a bad guy. Oh, see, I totally disagree. I, really? I like, I love the rock as a heel, the corporate rock all the way. Heel rock. Oh, no kidding. See, oh, I'm yeah. the other way around. And when man. he came back from the movies and he was egomaniac, Hollywood rock, love Love it. Rock is so much better of a heel. I hate face rock. I the, the that's my first impression is that he would have been a better choice for Shazam than Black Adam because I mean there's a lot of depth to that character. He uh, he killed what like two million people. Uh, went crazy at one point. Yeah, I'm not too. I'm not too good on my Shazam history. I looked up a little bit about it, and that, that's why he's partially anti-heroes because he's kind of like Ronan in the sense that he wants to protect his people. Yeah, but at the same time, he's also a mass murderer. I think, like other DC movies, though, all that's kind of out the window. They're going to reimagine Shazam and Black Adam however they see fit. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to use a kid. Yeah, for Shazam, I don't know how comfortable. They'd be putting like a kid, even in an adult body, yeah, to play that. They're gonna do however they see fit. Mm-hmm. They're gonna, you know, yeah, they're gonna modernize the tale. The only yeah. other thing that bothers, well, yeah, me. you don't want to go with the original, um, the original Shazam origin story. It's really kind of dated now. Definitely, doesn't he get pulled into like a, uh, into like a? He's in walking through an alley, gets pulled into like a, I don't know, like a tunnel, and meets like. Uh, like an old wizard or something like that, and the wizard, because he's pure, bestows upon him the like the wisdom of Solomon, the yeah. the strength of Hercules, the the I don't know the <laughs> you got the whole thing. Uh, there's like uh, he gets a, Shazam. It's uh, Solomon, Hercules, Achilles, Zeus. Um, I can't remember the other one, and then uh, the speed of Mercury. Yeah, Shazam. I can't remember what the other A is. <laughs> 
But, uh, yeah, he gets all these powers from these, you know, gods and things like that, so. Yeah, I, and I, I've heard rumors that this is gonna take place, it's not gonna take place in the DC Cinematic Universe, that it's gonna be outside of Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. None of that's been confirmed. Well, okay, this is the thing. It, the movie, it's not being made by Warner Brothers proper. Uh, yeah. It's being made by the subsidiary studio, New Line. Gotcha. That they own. So, New Line president talked to Entertainment Weekly about Shazam the movie and what separates that that movie from you know other DC films and Marvel films and uh, the New Line president said it feels to me like Shazam will have a tone unto itself uh, it's a DC comic but it's not a Justice League character and it's not a Marvel comic the tone and the feeling of the movie will be different from the other range of comic book movies so I mean is this going to be a blend of you know the Dark Knight meets Iron Man yeah, you know I feel I mean? like that's what they're trying for. That's definitely what they want. Whether or not they execute it, I definitely feel like that's the goal here. Right. Is to try to try to do their best job. Basically another stab at the Green Lantern thing. Try yeah. to do a serious comic book movie that's still light and fun. As much as I like The Rock, though, the problem that I see is they could possibly write the character for the rock i mean he's so over the top and i don't think that who he normally is in an action film would translate yeah translate well to black adam i don't know black adam when i've read him in stories seems very much like a giant egomaniac who's very full of himself and i think the rock can pull that off i agree yeah he could pull that off that's the egomaniac that's the black adam i've always read it's just very overconfident about everything the question that remains is like you when you have a character like Shazam going up against Black Adam you want to have somebody who's going to be physically on the same level as The Rock now to yeah. play Shazam who can come in there and play I think they're on the right track I'm happy with this because yeah I mean I, I enjoyed the movie Hercules. I think I gave it a taste of it. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, it's like, you know, I don't know, you know, like, this is a, this is, I think this is a bigger movie because it's, it, oh, it, I think it, so too. It's, it's, you know, it's got the, it's got DC kind of right. behind it. It's got that DC logo. So I, I think I'd rather not have him as like the main protagonist in this film. Maybe it's better that he's playing this kind of, maybe a smaller part. I agree. Um, you know, but who's going to be able to play Shazam? Who is the actor that's going to be able to, size-wise, be able to come in there and then also be able to give you some good acting on the flip side? I yeah, mean, I have no idea. That's, that's, that's a great question. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's a great question. I, I have no clue. Yeah. There's you can't have two wrestlers. I was going to no. say, there's, and there's not another wrestler that could do it, I don't think. Mm-mm. If 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 another current wrestler could could do it then they would be doing it right yeah you know, they they would be doing films because if they can make that leap they do are they going to go out of the regular box of characters that we have of of actors that we've seen are they going to go the marvel studios route and find a chris hemsworth i think they are not i think we are going to be surprised and i think it's going to be controversial on who they end up casting as shazam I think it's going to be it's going to be a known name and it's going to be very controversial. No, that Chris Hemsworth was a known name. A, a known Oh, a known, a known, a known name. name. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. And that's what I think. I think it'll be controversial. I think it's less controversial at this point. I think they should find a good Shazam and not find a big-name actor. But I have a feeling that New Line and DC want a big-name actor in this role. Right. They want someone, someone is Shazam. Yeah. And I, I – it, it's going to be crazy. I'm excited. But to physically, you don't think they're going to get somebody that's going to be able to even compare to. Yeah. And that, I think that's okay. I always, Black Adam's always portrayed as a little bit bigger and badder than Shazam, right? When they're side by side in the comics, it always seems like hmm. Black Adam's a little bit bigger and badder. But you're still not talking like a, a small person, somebody who's slightly smaller. I mean, the Rock's what, 6'4, 6'5, 275 pounds? Yeah. That's a big dude. Yeah, but they can manipulate how people look, especially mm. these characters are going to be flying a lot. True. And there's going to be lots of special effects involved anyway. I yeah. think they're going to go the other way around. I think they're going to try to have The Rock be the name that's the draw there because he's box office gold whether I, or not uh, his movies are all that good. Yeah, I, I think The Rock's waning on how big of a draw he is to movies. Like I don't think it's there anymore like it was. I don't, I don't think his movies are blowing up the box office just because of his name anymore. Yeah, I mean, Hercules is proof of that. Yeah, it it, it lost to something. Lucy. Yeah, it lost to... Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I think The Rock... The Rock needs this. They don't need The Rock, in my opinion. The Rock needs the Shazam movie, not the other way around. I don't know. Look, uh, the past couple of movies he's done, he had Fast Six, which was two years ago, I think. Yeah, but he was yeah, the main to, guy. But to credit, well, right. to credit Fast Six's popularity to The Rock is is not correct. No, no, no. But his name's on. I mean, his he's in it. And then he had Snitch, which I don't think that was all that great. I I want to say that I heard something about how, as far as like actors in a movie, his last year. He had the biggest box office take of a of a single actor. Hmm, I want to say that's interesting. I, and granted, I must I'm assuming that I read that information off of his own Twitter page. Yeah, but, but the Fast movies are worldwide phenomenons, with or without The Rock. I don't think The Rock made that the case. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to just like ride the coattails of a movie that's already been successful. Yeah, and, we're, and it's another thing to start a franchise from the ground floor and make it what it is. I mean. Robert Downey Jr., what he did for Iron Man was he made that franchise. It's not like the first Fast and Furious movie starred The Rock. He's the guy that was on the ground floor of this and made the Fast and Furious franchise what it was. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, honestly, the the star of those movies, in my opinion, is the fucking cars. Exactly. The Rock wanted and expected to beat Lucy. Yeah. In the box office. Sure. He wanted to make Hercules 2. He wanted that movie to open at 30 plus million. He wanted those things and they didn't happen. And yeah. I think that's bigger proof than how successful him being in Fast and the Furious 6,000 is. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. I, I mentioned that movie not saying that he was the driving force behind its success. He was just, he's in a lot of movies that usually tend to make quite a few. Yeah, dollars. You know who the leading actor this year is? Is uh, Chris Pratt because he's in both Lego Guardi- movie. Guardians of the Galaxy and Lego Movie, which mm-hmm. are yeah. the number one and number three domestic movies. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I'm just, just trying to think of like who in the hell could play Shazam. I have, at this I point. have no clue. I have no clue. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's why I think it's going to be controversial. There's no, there's no easy answer. There's no Patrick Stewart is Professor X. There's no Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man. Right. Yeah. It's going to be like, it's going to be weird. I mean, don't get me wrong for all my talk of rock love here. I mean, he, I, I have very, very, very weak taste on this, uh, on this casting. Hmm. It'll be interesting. Um, I, I right now I I don't have a problem with the casting at all. I think it really comes down to like who they're going to cast as Shazam. Really, you know. I mean, um, what it comes it comes down to who they're going to cast as Shazam, and then also the chemistry between the two characters of Shazam and Black Adam. Yeah, definitely. You know, like if 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 they can sell me that like they've got this they they've got the like Black Adam has this hatred. For, you know, Shazam, and if they can sell me on that, if they can sell me on these two characters on the screen together, and uh, I'm, I'm sold on the movie then. But. Well, a lot of people are, are uh, speculating that the hashtag anti-hero suggests that Black Adam may not be the main villain of the movie also. Um, right. Yeah, but I've also heard that, you know, because of uh, a lot of actors don't want to, when they, when, when they are cast in these they don't want to look at themselves as the villain either yeah um so he's also considering himself the anti-hero because he wants to be a likable character in the film too i mean you look at like some of the great villains in cinema you know like gene hackman when he was in um you know the the superman movies he's a villain but you loved him yeah same thing with tom hiddleston as loki he's a villain but you loved him and it's because the actors that played them loved playing those parts they just didn't want to come off like just like your typical villain that everybody wants to hate like the boring lee pace or the boring you know christopher eccleston Lee Pace is Ronan. The right, boring, yeah. you know, Christopher Eccleston is Malekith. I mean, they had like things that you liked about those villains too. So, uh, but him looking at his character as an actor, he just doesn't want to look at himself as a villain. Yeah, I could see that. So, and, and, and he was a good character. Um, at one time, the Black Adam, when he had the powers of Shazam, he, he was a hero. Yeah, and it kind of gets corrupt later. Exactly. It, so, yeah, it could, I don't know, there could be some backstory where they do show Black Adam back in the day being the hero. And then you do see the fall of that character. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see who they cast as Shazam. I think that'll, I think once we see that full puzzle, then we'll be like, okay, this is either a movie I'm look really excited for or a movie I'm not excited for. But I mean, like, they cast, like, Henry Cavill as Superman, and I mean, I had no idea that this guy could get as jacked and as big as he got. You know what I mean? Chris Pratt's the same thing. Yeah, right. true. You are talking about a different level of size, though, when you're talking Henry Cavill and Chris Pratt. Oh, yeah, Henry like Cavill. Holy shit. Well, Henry Cavill's still a big guy. He's like, was he like six five, six four, six five? He's still a big guy. He's right. not. He's not. Gonna, he's not as big as Black as uh, um, the, the Rock, Rock, though. Right. Yeah. 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 You'd almost need to get like a wrestler or yeah. a professional bodybuilder in there to compete with that size. Even if they, even if they said Jason Momoa is not Aquaman, Jason Momoa is fucking Shazam. He's still not as big right. as The Rock. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of freakish, really, if you look at pictures of The Rock when he was wrestling in his heyday in the mid-90s versus what he looks like now. I mean, he's layered, like, muscle upon muscle upon mm-hmm. what he had, and he was already freakishly big. Yeah, yeah. for sure. All right, so, I don't know. Um, are you going to rate the casting? Am I going to rate the casting? I'm fine with it. I'll taste it. You'll taste it. 
it's a weak taste it for me, but I'll still taste it. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and taste it too. Yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and taste it it's too. It's not awful. It's not making me jump up and down. Right. No. Yeah, I'm right there borderline with it. Yeah. Um, Dave Batista was speaking at Fan Expo about deleted scenes in Guardians of the Galaxy, and one of those deleted scenes in particular was a scene where Drax talks about the meaning behind the tattoos. Oh, nice. Uh, here's Batista's explanation as to why that scene didn't make it into the film. But at the same time, I would never explain to you why they were deleted because of the pitching of the movie. And after I watched the film in its entirety, I saw that it, it made sense. But there were some scenes that were cut out. And some of them won't make the, the extras on the DVDs. But some of the scenes that were cut out were, were really good scenes. Not just of myself, but there were some good makers. A really good scene where Drax actually explains his tattoos and what they mean. And it will be on the DVD extra. Uh, it's really touch, but where they had it in the film... It really kind of worked because it's a really heartbreaking scene and it would have kind of killed the momentum of the film. So for selfish, selfish reasons, I like there are certain scenes that I would like in there, but they wouldn't have, it just wouldn't have worked well. It would have slowed the movie down and messed up the pacing. And the pacing in the audience is so, it's so perfect. You know, and I'm saying that as a, a film fan, it just, they, they wouldn't have worked. So it's... Yeah, good on Batista. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course, um... You know, he wanted that scene in there, but he felt like it could have killed the tone of the, you know, scenes that had happened before or after that. And so they left it out. But it's going to, he said it's going to be part of the deleted scenes in the Blu-ray. That's awesome. You know what else I read this week was, um, about the original deleted scene for Stan Lee. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, where he's uh, inside the collector's tube mm-hmm. and Groot sees him and is kind of taken aback and then Stan Lee gives Groot the finger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they um they wanted that cut out. Yeah. So. Yeah, but then they let Chris Pratt do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They just didn't want Stan Lee doing it for yeah. some reason. Yeah, Disney didn't like that. No. I I'm going to go I'm going to I'm just going to say that uh about this whole Batista, Drax casting and, yeah. and things like that. When when I heard originally that they were talking about casting Jason Momoa as Drax, yeah. I was very, very happy. Yeah. Did you guys see any of the uh, concept art yeah. this week? Uh-huh. They showed concept art online of, uh, of uh, Jason Momoa as uh, Drax. And, I mean, just looking at that concept art of what he would have looked like Compared to Batista, mm-hmm. hands down Batista. Mm-hmm. But I want to commend Dave Batista, and it's not like he listens to our podcast, but I, you know what I mean? I want to commend him on all the hard work he put in on For this. Sure. I, to be fair, I about vomited when I heard they cast Batista as Drax. Um, I was really upset by it, and I'm, I, I take it all back. I mean, I, I, he blew me away. Biggest surprise of the movie to me was Batista's performance in it. Yeah. Loved him. Well, the fact that, like, when he, you know, he wanted this part, Momoa, the things didn't work out. Mm-hmm. When when Momoa dropped off the project, um, which I'm sure right now he is kicking himself. Oh, for sure. Because this is the biggest movie of the year. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, the fact that Batista, when he found out, he was nearly brought to tears over this because yeah. he was so happy. And immediately finding out that he got cast, enrolled in acting classes. He took this so seriously. He definitely did. He definitely did. And I can't blame him for wanting those scenes in the movie. I mean, every actor wants their big scenes to be in the movie. But like I said, that's really um, not. That's really um, gracious of him to understand that yeah. he doesn't want to mess the pacing yeah. and shit up. Yeah. So, yeah. But 
man, my hat's off to <clears throat> Dave Batista. What a great job he did. Yeah. What sure. a fantastic performance in that movie. One of my favorite, one of my favorite parts of that movie. Just, just, uh, I don't know, him petting Rocket and, <laughs> oh, yeah, I and love that. getting drunk and fighting Groot and, you know, just all the, the literal scenes where he took everything literally and things like that. Just very funny. And I don't know, he, he, it was really good. It wasn't like you were watching just like a wrestler. It wasn't like you were watching like Hulk Hogan and those shitty oh, movies fuck. that he did back in the nineties. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. You know, so I, yeah, my hat's off to him. He did a great job. Absolutely. He, it was a real surprise. And that, that's, that's often the best performances that you see. Uh, the Russo spoke with Screen Rant about a scene they had written for Captain America, the Winter Soldier, that of course didn't make it to the film. Um, uh, what it was going to be, uh, let's see here, what it was going to be, we were trying to complicate the relationship between Cap and his S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. Uh, it's with, uh, it's a scene with Hawkeye that got caught, uh, cut out. Hmm. Um, uh, if Hawkeye got a call from S.H.I.E.L.D. saying Captain America is a fugitive, would he listen to that call or not listen to that call? That sequence actually was heartbreaking for us to cut. I think it ultimately might have been a conflict with Renner's schedule. Um, but there was a great sequence where Hawkeye was chasing Cap through Washington, D.C. There was an awesome sequence where they confronted each other in a ravine on the outskirts of DC and Hawkeye was shooting a series of arrows closing in on Cap. Cap closing in on him and then Cap took him down and he realized for the first time that Hawkeye was trying to stick, uh, trying to trick Shield where he whispered something into Cap's ear that Cap had a tracker on his suit and to punch Hawkeye to make it look real because there was a Quinjet hovering above where they were watching the feedback at shield so it was a cool sequence so it's unfortunate like it was just written into the script yeah it never even was filmed and sounds like a cool scene hawkeye always gets the shaft yeah he does yeah Yeah, pun intended (laughs) but yeah that's that's a shame yeah sounds like a cool scene um i wish i could have made it to the film but you know I, i i think maybe they are saving Hawkeye for Captain America 3. Maybe cutting out Black Widow and having him in there instead. I hope so. I know you don't. You hate Hawkeye. <laughs> Bullshit. Everybody, everybody says I hate Hawkeye. No, I just don't. I don't know. I mean, talking about like a Hawkeye, a Hawkeye Black Widow movie, I just don't know if it would be something. Oh, stop hating on Hawkeye I'm not, more. <laughs> it's more about, it's not Hawkeye, guys. It's not Hawkeye. It's more about Renner's performance in the movie, in in in, in box office movies. When yeah. was the first time you ever remember seeing Jeremy Renner on screen? Shit. Uh, it was, uh, the first time I remember seeing him on screen was that movie, um, Euro, Euro Trip. Okay. Gotcha. He was one of the characters in Euro Trip. It was National Lampoon's Euro Trip or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember what the first time I saw him was. He played a uh, uh, bad guy, a uh, vampire in the first season of Angel, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer spinoff. Oh, that's funny. I've totally seen that. Yeah, and I think the name of the episode is Somnambulist. Okay. Because uh, last year or the year before, I can't remember, I had my wife watch all of those and I saw him and I'm like, holy shit. That's so, hilarious. Yeah, and I watched all those when they first came out, so I saw him not even knowing who he was. So, All right. Um, yeah, I, I don't have anything against Hawkeye. It's just Renner as a, 
as an actor, I like him. I love The Hurt Locker. It's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I I don't know if Renner can hold a film by himself. I don't know. Yeah, yet to be seen. I agree with that. Um, Hawkeye hater. I'm not a Hawkeye <laughs> hater. Dude. The, the Hawkeye, the Hawkeye Marvel book right now by Matt Fraction is my favorite ongoing Marvel book right oh, now. Okay, okay. And it, it is, and I, it's ending soon. Did you know that? Yeah, Matt Very, Fraction and Marvel Universe. Not, it's not done. getting along. Too not well. getting along. No, that sucks. All right, uh, this is uh, the final thing. Deadline spoke to Al Pacino at the Venice Film Festival after he had already complimented. You mentioned this on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, Al Pacino had complimented James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy as being a great movie. He was asked if he would ever consider being in a Marvel movie. Here's what he had to say. He said, hoo-ha! hoo <laughs> <laughs> I recognized the ingenious stuff they were doing, the invention, the attractiveness of the way we were performing it. It had a Shakespearean feeling to it at times. I was caught up in the big screen, the great sound. I would do anything that I could understand in terms of how I fit in it. As you know, of course, I, if I fit, if I could fit in it, anything's possible. You know, I did Dick Tracy and I got an Oscar nomination, so come on. I mean, what can I say? So add him maybe to the list of, uh. Star Lord's father, right? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hoo-ah, I'm your dad. <laughs> Hoo-ah. Add him to the, I mean, just add him to the list. Like, we've got Robert Redford, Michael Douglas, Glenn Close, Benicio Del Toro, big time actors. I love Pacino too. Pacino, I, I think Pacino is incapable of phoning it in. Yeah. Like, if he's in one of those movies, he's given it his all. Well, I think if they give him one of these bit parts, like they've given, like, Glenn Close as yeah. Nova Prime, you know, um, even a, even though he did a great job, in my opinion, Benicio del Toro got a small part. If they give him one of these small parts, he'll turn it down. I think he'd want to be something. Yeah, he'll shine whatever they give him. Though I, right. I really think he'd be great. Yeah, if he if he did do it. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah, Al Pacino. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Who would he? Who? Who? What? What would you like to see him in? I'm. I still want him to be Chris Pratt's dad. I'm deadly serious. Really? Yeah. I think that's great. I don't know. I'm clueless. Yeah. It's hard to say. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think who Al Pacino could play in a movie. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard to say who Al Pacino would be. Yeah. That's a tough one. So make him Doctor Strange. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I've been, I've been thinking about like, that was like something that you talked about was like Joaquin Phoenix is Doctor Strange. And I keep thinking about it. I'm warming up to it a little bit more. Yeah. I love it. I just yeah if he if he was on board with it and was like I'll do it I, then maybe then maybe I'd just be like all right yeah I Tupperware that shit but yeah. like just with his hesitance I can understand it makes me worry I don't want another you know Edgar Wright situation or another John Favreau situation no I agree I agree he's got the look yeah totally he's got the look and did, the quirks did anything else ever come to light about that tweet that joss whedon leaked out no we don't know uh-uh. nothing no okay. that aaron paul tweet aaron yeah paul no tweet. idea i don't i don't like that casting no uh-uh no that blows i'm i'm starting to get down on aaron paul he's great in breaking bad but i haven't seen anything good that he's been in since did you watch need for speed I did not, but my I, uh, my cousin did, and he said it was awful. It looks terrible. Yeah, yeah. And he also does with that voice in BoJack Horseman, and oh yeah, yeah. we all know about that. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, we're going to end the show this week. Um, Let's wrap this shit up. Wrap it up. I want to uh, watch Utopia. Utopia. I want to watch the season finale of Leftovers. That's tonight, too. I, I won't even be able to stay up for that. That's going to have to be tomorrow. I might watch that tomorrow morning. I got a real quick question for Jake before we wrap it up. Uh, make it quick. I want to get food. I know. Me too. Um, okay, so there was some news this week about Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. About, no, I'm no, not spoiling. I'm no, not spoiling. No Hodor. It's no door. Well, I wasn't going to say anything because Brian hasn't gotten anywhere near It's not all a that. spoiler. It's not about a character. It's just that they've announced that a character will not be in the entire season. I saw that. Two characters. Yeah, two yeah, characters. Yeah, it's not just the characters. It's that whole storyline because they can't move forward with it because the books haven't gone further than what they've already well, covered they can. with the show. They've just chosen not to because they've already moved forward further with certain characters. They're just choosing not to with these characters. Myself, I think that kind of takes away from it because now you're going to go a whole year without seeing them. And I, I'm almost getting the idea that if this repeats itself, yeah. we would be better served by having this come down to like a mini series of sorts when they can actually you know, do all the content that they want to do instead of having to cut parts out. All right. I'm going to make this really short and sweet. I <laughs> Tupperware this. Um, Hodor and Bran Stark, my two least favorite characters on the show. <laughs> I Tupperware, Tupperware, Tupperware this. If George R. R. Martin never writes another chapter with these characters and forgets about them, I'm fine with that too. I Tupperware the fact that they're not going ahead and trying to write some bullshit storyline when there hasn't but been you're anything wrong. established but in that's the books. My, you're wrong, Frank. They're already writing so-called, quote, bullshit storylines that have gone further than the books. They're just with these two characters choosing not to. It's not to say that that's, it's already happened with other characters. But they've deviated slightly, but they haven't gone completely off the rails. Just wait till this next season. This next season, they have to. They're just choosing not to with these two characters. I, I know that there's people that they're not going to have in the next season. I haven't read why, but I mean, and it's not those two, but separate the book from the show and things are better <laughs> it's hard to do it's not hard yeah it is it's easy <laughs> all right real quick i want to get food all I, right i tupperware the the no door though <laughs> one more thing no two more things uh falling skies uh season finale for season four yeah absolutely awesome loved it one more season that's what i read one Fi more season yeah final season and then the uh, season finale of Defiance, season two wrapped up. Oh, my God. This show gets better and better and better and better. Get out there. Watch it. Watch season one. Watch season two. You will be hooked. It is fucking amazing. So Defiance, season two finale was amazing. Cannot wait for fucking season three. Loving this show. Yeah, I need to binge watch that at some point. Yeah, it's amazing. So, yeah. All right, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, no big movie, right? No, just more oh, talk no. about the same old bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> more, like, more gangsta as fuck news. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, we'll have a bunch of Star Wars news. That'll be the big thing. We had a bunch of emails this week. Didn't get to fit it in. So Star Wars news next week. Yeah, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, just like all good leftovers say in their doggy bags. Thank you for your patronage. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Whatever. Woof, woof. Boop. Later. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a t-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. 
they'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there. Comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you. And you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard. And we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David. And thank you. And check us out on Tumblr, too, motherfuckers. <laughs> and don't forget, we're on Instagram, too. <laughs> yeah, that just happened. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the left. Picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it, toss it, good it, taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it Can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over Like a vulture carryover Counterculture pushovers Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers that original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Culture pushovers, pop culture, leftovers, and with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said, leftovers, pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover, counterculture pushovers, pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. All right, everybody, we're going to... Ooh, that's a little loud. Let me take that down a notch. We're not even starting with the typical intro yet? No. Okay. We'll do that. I guess we can do that later. It doesn't matter, because this isn't going to be at the beginning of the show anyway. Okay. All right, yeah. Um, what we're going to do here is uh, we're going to play something called the movie game. I'm going to explain the rules, and it's going to be between Jake, myself, and Frank. Who wants to go first? Does it really matter? I'll go first. You'll go first, and then will we go this way? Uh, clockwise, yeah. Okay. So it'll go, yeah, it'll me, Frank, then Brian. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'll work. All right. So how the movie game works, let me just kind of explain the rules. Like, Jake, you'll name a movie. So, like, name a movie. Mars Attacks. Mars Attacks, and then I got to name an actor that's in that movie. So I would say well, Michael J. Fox. Frank does. Oh, Frank would say, Frank would say, I don't know. And I'm just kidding. <laughs> Frank would name, Frank would name an actor in that movie. Um, and then from there, I would have to name another movie that that actor was in. 
Okay. So, yes, Frank would say Michael J. Fox, and then I would say Back to the Future. And I would then, say Christopher Lloyd. And then you would have to name a movie that, another movie Christopher Lloyd was in. Frank would say... Roger. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? That's right. That's a good one. And then I would say... Uh, I could say, you can say voice actors, so I would say Mel Blanc. Oh, I was hoping you'd say Bob Hoskins. Uh, yeah, I could have done that. But, you know, that's how it goes. Now, let's say I don't know an actor who is in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Then I would say um, I could either just take the letter M, and when you spell out the letter mo- the word movie, you're out of the game. Or I could say challenge and challenge Frank to name another actor in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, and if he didn't know, then he would get the M. You get three challenges in the game, and when you spell the word movie, you are out of the game. So the last person in the game who has, you know, the least amount of letters to spell movie is the winner. All right? So that's how we are going to play the game. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, Jake. You'll start. Jake, Frank, myself. All right. Let's uh, let's start easy again. We should always just try to start off easy, I mean, typically, because yeah. it, it'll get harder as we go. We always had a house rule that it had to go at least one person before it counted, that if the person couldn't do anything off the first thing yeah. submitted, it was, yeah. it was like a friendly yeah. do-over. Right. So, yeah, what are we going to do? I, was, I had something really easy in my head. It was Mars Attacks. Let's do, um, what's another? Let's do Sin City, the first one. Uh, the, uh, you would pick the one movie I haven't seen. Um... I just picked oh, it because uh, there's a laundry list of people in it. No, I know. I, I just got it. I almost forgot. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan. Okay. There you go. Michael Clark Duncan. I'm going to go with, uh, let's see here. I could go with the obvious that everybody's thinking about. Um, I was thinking of two different ones. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else he's been in that I could like remember. Uh, okay, I'll go with, uh, I'll just go with the Green Mile. Oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah, I was thinking that in Armageddon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Green Mile. Who? Oh man. Oh, I'm gonna go with Sam Rockwell. You son of a bitch. Uh, I'm like totally drawing a blank on something he's been in. Speak up, dude. I, Come on. I'm drawing a total blank here. I wasn't gonna give you the easy Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah, and then my idiot ass. That's what I was focusing on. Now I've got like stage fright. Shit. Sam Rockwell is one of my favorites. Look at stage fright. Just take a letter or challenge. Mm. Was the challenge? Would the challenge go to me? No, the challenge would go back. Go back to, to me. you. Okay. Don't don't waste your challenge. Yeah, Sam Rock- I'll yeah. Name, I'm not. I'm not even going to bother. I'll name ten doing movies. That. Sam Rockwell's in. <sighs> Are you going to take the Cave, letter? Yeah. I'm All right, name. you're taking the letter. Yep, I got an M. He's the All villain right. in Iron Man Two. Iron Man Two. He's in um, all of that. He's in also in uh, Cowboys vs. Aliens. Okay. He's all in, right. He's yeah, in um, Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, which is all about Chuck Barris. He plays Chuck Barris. Oh, that was a great movie. I love that yeah, movie. Yeah, the, 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 the Gong Show movie. movie. Yeah. Love it. Nobody can ever confirm if that was real or fake. I love that shit. Yeah, it's great. It's all from his mind. He's yeah. in Matchstick Man. He was in Moon recently. This guy's in a bunch of stuff. And the screwed up thing is the only movie I've seen him in is Iron Man 2 that you yeah. mentioned. Yeah. All right, Frank. So you start. Okay. Would yeah, be Frank? That's yeah. Whoever takes the bullet yeah. takes the start. It's been it so up. so long yeah. since I played this. Gotcha. So okay. Frank, you've got an M. Does somebody like want to keep score? Um, Christ, I probably have no pen. We'll, we'll, we'll I got keep a track. Piece of paper. Yeah, keep track of yourself. We'll keep track. Okay. It's not hard. Frank, you got an M. Um, I'm going to go with Titanic. Titanic. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to go with uh, Kathy Bates. Oh, Kathy Bates. I'm going to go with Misery. Misery, all right. My favorite okay. Stephen King movie. 
trying to think who that was. That, the book uh, was so much better. After reading the book, I can't go back to the fucking movie. Movie's still good, though, I think. Uh, no, I mean, after this, I don't know. Just from I've reading both, that, too. I know. I just can't go back to the fucking movie after that. I loved the movie the first time I saw it. We're just giving Frank more time to thank you. <laughs> right. And, you know, fucked up thing is, is I can picture the guy's face. I can see him on the damn bed. Yeah, there's really only two people in this movie. <laughs> what What was the movie again? Misery. Oh, Misery. Yeah. And you guys are going to know it, too, because... Sure, I know it right now. Don't, don't waste your challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I figured I was going to go down quick here, but not on that. Oh, shit. I'm not going to take all the day. I'll, I'll take the, oh, damn it. So we're at MO. All right, Frank, you start off. James Conn, by the way. Yeah, James Conn. Okay, yeah, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and we'll let's always go. try to start off easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It doesn't count if you can't get it on the phone. Because right. it doesn't well, get hard until it gets to Frank. Yeah. All right, well, I'm, what I'm trying to think of is something that doesn't have such a broad base of major people. But something that everybody would have seen could name somebody from. Um, okay. Yeah, I was trying to do the very, the very same. It's not easy. Commando. Oh, Commando. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to. I always get that confused. Uh, that's the one with uh, Alyssa Milano. Yeah. Alyssa Milano. Christ, what movie is fucking Alyssa Milano in? Christ. I don't Can know. it be movies or TV too? No, it's the movie game. Yeah, we're not spelling television. (laughs) God, all I know is like fucking who's the boss and charmed. What the fuck movie is Alyssa Milano in? Let me think, let me think. Oh, crap. I'm going to challenge. Okay, fear. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I don't even know that movie either. Fear with Mark Wahlberg, Reese Witherspoon. She played Reese Witherspoon's best friend in that movie. Okay. Mark Wahlberg, yeah, bangs her in that movie. Sounds good. So yeah. I'm I'm an M2. Yeah. And I start, and let's do Hook. Okay, I'm going to do Robin Williams. Okay, so Robin Williams to you. Uh, let's see here. Let's go with, uh, I don't want to take too long on this one. Death to Smoochie. Uh, let's do Ed Norton. Incredible Hulk. Uh, Incredible Hulk. Let's see here. Liv Tyler. Uh, let's do... Which one do I want to do? Let's do Fellowship of the Ring. Viggo Mortensen. Uh, let's go with, um, if you go Mortensen, can you do, you can do other movies in the trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a different movie. Yeah. Cause I, I like the, the one movie that I'm thinking of that's not in the trilogy, I could definitely do it. But when it comes back to me, yeah. it's going to be a problem. <laughs> It'll be a problem. So yeah, I'm thinking Hidalgo, but I'm not going to say Hidalgo. Yeah, because sure. uh, trying to think of anybody else on Hidalgo right now, and I haven't seen the movie since it originally came out. The horse doesn't count. Exactly. <laughs> so Vigo Mortensen, let's just go with um, Return of the King. All right, who do I want to pick from this movie? Let's go with. Make this quick. Elijah Wood.
It's cheap, but I'll say the two towers. That is cheap. <laughs> I, was try, I was trying to well, get there us was out three. of this. Huh? <laughs> I was trying to get us out of this by saying Elijah Wood. Yeah, I mean, you could have gone a few different ways. Um, what was that? He was uh, he was an Ash Wednesday. Yeah, but I, like I couldn't it. tell you anybody else an Ash Wednesday. Now that I think about it, <laughs> um, let's see here. Um, get us out of Lord of the Rings. So, yeah, two <laughs> towers. Um, there's a second one. Uh, let's go with. Uh, who do I want to go with? I can go with um, Andy Circus. Oh, there we go. There we go. Where do I want to go with Andy Circus? Let's do King Kong. King. Um, Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. You gotta name the actor. Oh, Jack Black. You just Sorry. named the movie. Fuck. <laughs> Damn it, I'm going too fast in my head. <laughs> All right, so Jack Black. Yeah. All right, Jack Black. Let's 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 try to pull. What do I got in my Jack Black hat? Um, let's see here. I guess I could go with you know I go I could go with High Fidelity. Am I? I don't know. Um, let's see here. Jack Black. I'll go with High Fidelity. Let's do Tim Robbins. <laughs> you can't think of anything Tim Robbins is I, I, It's been a long time since I've seen him in anything. Wow. Fuck. Well, think of something. That I'm sure. He's, <laughs> the, he's the patchouli-smelling guy in High Fidelity, right? I'm correct on that, right? I I'm taking your word on this because it's it stars Cusack, John Cusack. But he's the guy that comes in that they make fun of for smelling like patchouli. Probably, I guess. I mean, yeah. I can't remember. I mean, that also had Lisa Bonet in it. Yeah, and... yeah. Oh shit! You gonna take another letter? <sighs> yeah, I don't want to take all day. Damn it! I'll do the V. All right, M O V. First one that comes to my mind is Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank Redemption. And he's I've also seen. in the, in the new uh, Jennifer Aniston movie, uh, Life of Crime. Yeah. And a bunch of other shit. And a bunch of other movies, absolutely. It's always one of those movies that I've meant to sit down and watch, and I've always caught, like, the last half of it. Shawshank? On. Yeah. Oh, you need to see that. Yeah. Because I don't know why. I mean, the first thing I think of yeah. of Shawshank Redemption is Morgan Freeman. You need a Shaw Frank Redemption because you got MOV, <laughs> no motherfucker. Shit. So, come on. All uh, right. What's your, what's your actor or movie? Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. All right, let's go with um, one of my. Well, I know Jake likes this movie too, so I don't know if I'm going to go with it. Let's go with Suicide Kings. Oh, jeez, I don't even know what that is. Uh, who the hell? I'm trying to even think of what this movie is. Can you tell me when this came out? Movie came out in the late '90s. Oh, then I definitely don't know what it is. I'm sure you do too, so I'll just take my O. Okay. So I have two challenges left in MO. Let's start with um let's do Toy Story. Tom Hanks. Oh Tom Hanks to me. Let's go with um uh, let's see here. Let's go Joe versus the volcano. Oh Joe versus the volcano. That's um is that Meg Ryan with him in that? Yes yeah. sir. Meg Ryan. I love Joe versus the Volcano. Great movie. <laughs> I need to see that again. <laughs> yeah. You've got mail? 
You've got mail. That's okay. in there. Yeah. And we're back to Tom Hanks. Yeah. I can do that again. Yeah, you can do it again. Yeah. As long as it's a natural connection. So yeah. I'm at Tom Hanks now. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Let me think of something. Here. Infinite loop. It is an infinite loop. Let me think. Let me think. What is Tom Hanks in? Nothing good. <laughs> Just kidding. Isn't it the uh, 20th anniversary of Forrest Gump? I'm going to say. And it's an IMAX right now. I'm going to say Forrest Gump for a week only. Yeah. Forrest Gump. All right. Um, Man, who else is in Forrest Gump? Fuck. Oh, fuck. I mean, damn it. Lieutenant Dane. God damn it. And then oh, I, I know the name. I know the name. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Yeah, I knew too. I was trying to psych Frank. <laughs> I know a couple people. Yeah. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> you're, you're at MOV already. Yeah. Don't let him know that you know other people in the movie because let him let him waste his challenges on uh, you. That's too. what I was doing before. Yeah. But he already he already I think knew that I'd probably know once you brought up the Lieutenant Dan. Yeah. Oh, uh, Gary Sinise. Nice. Oh, there it is. Ooh. Nice. Fuck, pull that one out of my ass. All right, Gary Sinise, what else is he in? Do made-for-TV movies count? Made-for-TV movies? Yeah. I guess. I mean, you know, like, like we could use Sharknado and stuff like that. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, man, oh, this is a tough one. Uh, Gary Sinise, uh, was he in... Um, I'll say one of my favorite movies ever, and I'll give you a fist bump. Uh, <laughs> trying to think. I, I'm going to go with... I can't remember which one it is, but I'm going to go with... And we might have to go on to imdb.com the next, like, to check it. But I'm going to go with 8mm. Oh, gotcha. Is he in 8mm? I don't, I don't know. Can we pause and have uh, Frank look it up? Not you, Jake, because oh, you're gotcha. the you get. I can't. Oh, yeah, you yeah. can't see who else is in that movie. I was. All right, yeah. So I take my am on that one. So yeah, I was wanting to say Snake Eyes, and I confused it with Eight Millimeter. So all right, fucked up there. You got an M. I got an M with one challenge gone, and Frank has MOV. MOV with no challenges. I haven't gone. used any. Gone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you neither have any challenges gone. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. You start, Brian. Oh, I start. Um, let's go with. Uh, James Gandolfini. James Gandolfini. Let's go with the Mexican. Come on, Frank. Two of the biggest actors out there, man. I was trying. People to be- are gonna. I'm either gonna be right or I'm gonna be really fucking wrong. And you guys are gonna be like, "What the fuck, Antonio Banderas?" Yeah, you're wrong. Yeah, you're okay. wrong. I was trying fuck. to throw you a softball, Frank. Yeah. Nope. Never saw it. Uh I never saw it either, to be fair. Yeah, no. I never did either, but I know that it's got Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts in it. Oh, yeah. See, I had no fucking clue of that at all. All right. So, um, I got Frank's my got eye. MOVI and starts. Yeah. Okay. Um, dum, bum, 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 bum. Sarah Michelle Geller. Let's go with uh, Sarah Michelle Geller. She was in uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh Jesus! Who else is in? I know what she did last summer. That's Jennifer Love Hewitt, right? Am I right about that? Did I get the whole Did I get the whole thing wrong then? Uh, I, I guess it. at this point I can look it up because I'm the ours. Jennifer Love Hewitt and Sarah Michelle Gellar. All right, so Jennifer Love Hewitt to Frank. 
Oof, I pulled that I pulled that out of my ass. Yeah, you there. did. Would you have known that? I you would have Jennifer Love blew it if she wasn't in there. <laughs> yeah. Or if I had challenged it, you'd have been in trouble. That movie has a lot of people in it. I would have said Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Freddie Prince Jr. is in it, right? Yeah. I would have hit it then. Jennifer Love Hewitt to Frank. Thinking. Thinking. I think it's a damn hard part. Oh, man, I got I'm- one, like, right off the bat, <laughs> man. Yeah. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on some of these people. Don't let Frank know that you know. Yeah, I didn't let. I <laughs> let just him, said yeah. Now nah, he's gonna he's gonna we're, he's gonna bow out here soon. What are you at? M O V I. Yeah, I'm gonna have to challenge. I, I guess I'll challenge Jake. Well, she's also in. I still know what you did last summer. Oh, right. She's also lame. in. Can't hardly wait. Yeah. She was in that. Wasn't and that she? means Frank still takes his letter. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're I out of the game. The e. and yep, out. I'm done. All right. So I guess I start then. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see here. Um, okay. Let's see here. <laughs> can we talk? We can. We can do movies that were just recently released. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's go with the movie of the same per, of the name of somebody that's on the podcast. Let's go with Frank. Frank. Yeah. Oh, the movie Frank. Yeah. Oh, got you, got you, got you. Um, Michael Fassbender. Uh, Michael Fassbender. Have you seen that yet? No, it's at. They're playing it at the Art Theater. You can get it on on demand. For yeah, like seven bucks. Seven bucks. Too. Yeah, it's at the Art Theater in uh, Champagne. It looks great. Yeah, um, Michael Fassbender to me. Twelve Years a Slave. <clears throat> oh, shit, I don't know the other guy's fucking name. Oh my god, are you going to be able to pronounce the other guy's name by memory if I challenge you? I can pronounce two or three names from that. Oh shit, I haven't seen it. That would help. That would help. Oh, shit. Yeah, I don't know. I'll take my letter. All right. M.O. Okay. Yeah, I would have said Brad Pitt, Chuetel Ejiofor, or I would have said Lupita Nyong'o. Yeah, gotcha. Had I still been in it, I would have posed the question of uh, if movies in development were counted. No, they haven't been no, it has no. To be, it has to be out in theaters. Like I can't say Jurassic World right. or Avengers, <clears throat> Avengers 2. Yeah, these right. have to be movies that are out. Right, gotcha. Yeah. Let's do let's do soup. Let's do our let's stay within our wheelhouse. Let's do uh, Avengers. Avengers. Yeah. Okay. Um, Start uh, with some pop culture leftovers, mainstay movies. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Avengers. Let's go with. Um, Well, fucked up cuckoo clock. It's I know it's like it's I like know. the Mister Show quarter yeah. sketch. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You get changed for a quarter. Uh, let's see here, man. All right, let's go with uh, uh, Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. Let's go with Cabin in the Woods. That's a good one because I've never seen it. It's so good, and it wasn't Chris Hemsworth. It's not. It was Liam Hemsworth. Look it up. Pause it. Oh, maybe you're right. Because Josh Whedon said okay. it was crazy because okay. he filmed it before Avengers, but it came out after Avengers. So right. It was always weird to him promoting it because okay. it was like in the can. So we found out that, yeah, Chris Hemsworth is in Cabin in the Woods. So now it's back to me with Cabin in the Woods. So i got to think of an actor that's also in that movie. And it's a movie that I haven't seen. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to go with... I'll have to go with Liam Hensworth because I don't know anybody else. So I'm just guessing that they threw him in there. Yeah, he's not in it. Okay. 
So I'm at MO. You're at MO. We're both at MO, right? Yeah. Except and I have one challenge gone and you have none. Yeah. Okay. That's a real deep uh, – uh, well, I don't know. Maybe – I don't know if you guys would consider that slightly less mainstream, the Cabin in the Woods. I never caught it. Yeah. I would have probably popped off with like a, a Star Trek. Yeah. Or I could have said Thor or Thor 2. Well, yeah. yeah. Or Rush. Yeah. Right. But I thought – you got to see Cabin in the Woods. You've not seen it? Never seen it. I've heard it's great. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll let you borrow it. All right. Let's see here. Let me – let's see here. Um, both at M.O. Start with another pop culture leftovers mainstay. Okay. Let's see here. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's go with um, – Shit, what the fuck? Now I can't even think what the movie's called. Silver Linings Playbook. <laughs> oh, there you go. What a great pick. Oh, uh, let's, uh, what, what do I want to give to you? Let's do, um, so many good people on this. Let's do Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Uh, let's go with the A team. The A team. Oh, crap. Who else is in that fucking dog pile? That's Liam Nielsen's in that. That's not his name. It's close. Very close. <laughs> It, it, you're kind of confused. You're kind of combining his name with Leslie Nielsen. Oh, I'm just pronouncing it wrong. Yeah, but the actor from um, Guigon. Yeah, you just gave me a movie today, Zen. <laughs> oh so yeah, thank yeah. you for that. Uh, well, you knew a movie. Here, I know, so. I know, I know, I know. You're th- I'll give it to you. It's Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Okay, I've always I'll give it to you. His name wrong. I'll give it to you. Yeah, don't worry about it. All right, Liam Neeson. Um, Wow, you know, it's like there's so many to choose from. I know. Are you going to give me episode one? Uh, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Um, You're lucky you'd probably pull out whoever voiced Jar Jar. <laughs> well, you know, that's Ahmed Best. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Um, let's go with uh, Liam Neeson. What's a good one to pick from? I mean, of course, like I could, I could say Dark Man, but who the fuck else is in Dark Man? Oh, you know what I mean. I know, I know. Well, thanks. Yeah, I'm not going to use it anyway. <laughs> um, Liam Neeson. It's, it's the same Raimi movie. I know, right? Uh, I might have to go with. Um, yeah, I'll just go with Episode One, Phantom Menace. Episode One. Yeah, with um. With Darkman, I can say Bruce Campbell. Oh, he was in it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. He makes his appearance in every Raimi movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh. I saw Darkman at theaters. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. Remember, do you remember it well? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was like a action version of Phantom of the Opera. I always think of the uh, pink elephant scene at the carnival when he can't win the pink elephant. Oh, God, yeah. I will have the pink elephant. <laughs> He's like yeah. bending the guy's fingers. <laughs> Is right. Ted Raimi in that too? Um. I probably he's in a lot of them. Yeah, that would have been a good one to go to. Yeah, so I got to do episode one. He's probably the but carny. I, but I digress. <laughs> where do I where do I want to where do I want to go from here? Do 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 da 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 da. Man, I just don't know. I just don't know. I'm, there's so many people. I'm stalling. Let's do um, let's do Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. All right, the island. It's more fun when it's three people because it switched up who got to do movie and who got to do actor. Right. Oh. But um. Y'all could throw me in and have my shit not count just to keep it Scar Joe. No, I, I. Scarlett Johansson. All right. Uh, we'll do. Um, let's see here. I'll go with uh, Scarlett Johansson. That's a good one. Um, 
I just I can't think of anything else right now, but her. Oh, gotcha. Um, let's do Joaquin. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. So Joaquin Phoenix to me, and I will say, walk the line. Oh yeah. Is there anyone else besides the obvious? I'll go with Reese. Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. Uh, let's see here. Reese Witherspoon to me, and I will go with. Hmm. All right. This. Uh, let's see here. Reese Witherspoon. All right. Pleasantville. Toby's in that, right? Yes. Yeah, Toby McGuire. Toby McGuire, I will go with. Um, oh, what's the movie where he played the brother? Can't remember. Oh, that was a good movie. It was a good movie. I can't remember the title though. <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what I'm drawing a blank on. Um, Toby McGuire. Let's go with. The fuck it, man. I'm just gonna go with yeah. I'll just go with uh, Spider Man three. Three. Yeah, he was in that movie. Was called Brothers. It was called Brothers. Yeah. Wow. That was an easy one too. That's a softball. Yeah. Oh, Spider Man three. Spider Man three. Who do I want to say? Oh man. Go anywhere with this. Let's uh. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell? Yeah. All right. Bruce Campbell. Um, Bruce Campbell will go to Oz. Oz? Yeah, Oz the Great and Powerful. Oh, Oz the Great and Powerful. Gotcha. Let's do James Franco. All right. James Franco. No way in hell I'm going to say 127 hours because there's only like two other people in that movie. <laughs> so, go James Franco and I'll say, this is the end. All right, let's do Emma Watson. Uh, Emma Watson, I'll go with the... Um, shit, what was that one movie that she was in? I, I, actually, I just... I could say the perks of being a wallflower. Yeah. Um, Who else is in that, though? Exactly. Good question. <laughs> All right. Um, let's go with um, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. The first one. Let's do Warwick Davis. Warwick Davis. Uh, we'll go with Willow. Yes. Jay, Jay's favorite movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, let's go with um, let's go with Mad Mardigan himself, Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Uh, let's see here. Mad Mardigan. <laughs> <laughs> trying to 
think. You know, it's like, let's see here. Mad Mod again. I want to say Real Genius because I love that movie. <laughs> but I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that, uh, is, that is also in Real Genius. I love that movie, too. It's a great movie. Makes me want popcorn. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> and I want to listen to Tears for Fears. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Val Kilmer. We'll go with True Romance. True Romance. That's a good one. Who did he play in True Romance? Oh, he was Elvis in the That's mirror. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, good, good one there, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, shit. So many to pick from in True Romance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's really easy, but it's like, who do you, who yeah, do you choose? Yeah, who do I want to throw at you? Let's, uh... Fuck, let's do Christian Slater. Christian Slater. The All only right. reason why I know about that movie is because a buddy of mine lent it to me when I was working at this place while back. He said, can't uh, teach a hoe to be a housewife. Oh, That's man. all I know about that movie. <laughs> Christian Slater, I'm going to go with uh, Gleaming the Cube. Oh, Jesus. Who else is in that, though? I challenge. Tony Hawk. Oh, man. <laughs> there you go. Boom. So I'm at M-O? You, no, you're at M-O-V. M-O-V. We were both at M-O. Gotcha. And so you have one challenge left. I have all three. I don't remember when I went to M.O. So we were both stuck at M. But you're probably right. No, we were both at M.O. Okay. I concur. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Let's rock it. So I get a start. Yeah. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's do The Dark Knight. All right. The Dark Knight. Um, let's see here. William Fickner. Oh, shit. I don't even know what the fuck else he's in. Is he? I'm just gonna go ahead and say Dark Knight Rises. No, he got killed in the Dark Knight. Gotcha. Who is he? What's he in? Uh, he played uh, William Fickner was the villain in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He was also the villain in the Lone Ranger. Which Ninja Turtles movie? The new one. The new one. <laughs> okay. Who's this guy? Where'd he come to fame from? Uh, William Fickner. Yeah. I don't know. He, he usually he was like a character actor. Played a lot of villains and stuff. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, I had no idea. Yeah, he played the bank employee. In the Dark Knight, yeah, that was the one that had the shotgun. I okay. remember him, yeah. yeah. Okay, so M O V I, yeah. Jeez, I throw you the Dark Knight softball, and you bring up William. Who knows the <laughs> fuck? Who. Hey, man, you know it's we're getting towards the end of this thing. <laughs> He's man. a face. You recognize the face, but you don't know who he is. So. Yeah, I don't even recognize the face. So you got me on that. Ah, uh, shit. Let's do. Um, trying to think of just another softball. Uh, let's do, um, Christ, what's an easy softball? Let's do Sin City again. Sin City. Uh, let's see here. Um, let's go with, um, <laughs> bless you. you. Thank you. Ah, Sin City. Let's go with, um, Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. Let's go with Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Once upon a time in Mexico. Um, is that the? Yeah, that's another Robert Rodriguez film. It is. It is. It's. Uh, that's the third film. In the Mariachi trilogy. Yeah, started off with El Mariachi, and then he read, he kind of did the Raimi thing with Evil Dead, and did <laughs> the yeah. Uh, let's kind of remade just, the same movie, even though yeah, it's still a trilogy. Right. Let's go with Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. What else do I want to say with Johnny Depp? Let's do What's Eating Gilbert Grape. What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Um, 
Let's do Leonardo DiCaprio. I do want to jump in here real quick and say that it was a good call for going with Gilbert Grape because if you pretty much would have named anything else, the fallback would have been Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> yeah, I stayed away. I stayed yeah. away from Tim Burton. No Tim Burton here. <laughs> Tim Burton free. Yeah. Since 93. <laughs> um, uh, what what am I doing here? It's um, Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, Christ. I want to stay away from that. Let's do um, let's do Inception. Inception. Uh, let's see here. Um, we'll go with uh, Inception. Ken Watanabe? That's a good one. Let's do... Let's do Last Samurai. Last Samurai. Um, let's see here. Wish I could think of the other actor's name. He's been starring in that show Helix on sci-fi, but I can't think of his name right now. So, Last Samurai. I'm just going to go with um, Tom Cruise. Yeah. Ooh, it's hard being on the other side here. Let's go with uh, Let's go with Rain Man. Rain Man. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Rain Man. I can, of course, go for the obvious. I can't think of the chick's name that was in there. I know who she is. Um, all right, let's go with, uh, yeah, I'll just have to do Dustin Hoffman. Let's do Hook. Uh, Hook. Um, uh, Julia Roberts. Let's do... Oceans 12. Oceans 12. Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac. Let's do Transformers. Transformers. Uh, let's see here. Um, hmm, first Transformers movie. It's uh, almost like rapid fire with these big ones. Yeah. I'm just saying. It's that. cool, though, because you can end up with somebody obscure real yeah. easy. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of like, you know, cameos and stuff like that in that movie. Um, all right. Okay, Transformers. <laughs> Fuck it. Frank Welker. <laughs> Let's take it. Let's go back to your favorite movie of all time then. <laughs> yeah. Transformers the movie. We brought it here. Fuck yeah. Trans oh, we're going animated? You, it's, yeah, we went, I already said story, Toy Story before. That's true. Okay. So the president's has been set. The president. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's see here. Let's go with. Um, <clears throat> hmm. Hmm. Judd Nelson. Judd Nelson. Let's go to Fast Times. You're thinking of the wrong actor. It's not. Isn't it Judd Nelson at Fast Times that no. No. masturbates to no. Ali Sheedy? Nope. Nope. Really? Oh, I want to. Do you want to take a letter on that one, or do you want to just you want to guess a real movie Judd Nelson's in? You can't look up Judd Nelson if you don't know who. And he on is. A, look up Fast Times. On a side note, I want to. Okay, that, weigh, you can look up Fast Times. I want to weigh in on uh, who uh, Jake's thinking is jacking off. No. Afterward. That's fine. If he, yeah, if he, I mean, I'm sure he's going to find it, but. Of course, you know, people jack. <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of Judge Ryan. Yep. Yeah. 
Oh, I don't even know who Judge Nelson is then. What's really? The, what's the movie we came from? Judd Nelson? Breakfast Club, man. Yeah. Oh, I didn't ask for a movie. Oh, I shit. Asked, I, oh. It, I, that would have been one of my good guesses. I asked what movie oh. we came from. Transformers. Uh-huh. Let's redo this whole... Okay. We'll start over. Okay. We'll start over with this one, because I, I fucked that up for you. Yeah, yeah. I still wanted my guess. I, yeah, still wanted, I was yeah. still trying to work it out. Yeah, it was Transformers. He played Hot Rod. Gotcha. Gotcha. You're all thinking right. of Judge Reinhold. Yeah. What was your... You wanted to win. That was it. On. That was all. Oh, okay. Because I knew it was Judge Reinhold that beat off Frank's, the... Frank's just happy that he knew an actor. Do you want me to, you want me to start <laughs> it off Pretty fucking then? much. You could have let me go twice and I still would have lost. <laughs> all right. You can start it. Let's do uh, episode two. Okay. Episode two. Um, Attack of the worst Star Wars movie. Right. <laughs> okay. Let's see here. Episode two. Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. Let's do uh, da, ba, 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 ba. what has Natalie Portman been in recently? Let's do Black Swan. Ooh, wow! Oh, you're gonna get me on this one because I haven't seen anybody else in that movie. I've never seen the movie. Hmm. It's a Darren Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky movie. movie. Yeah. Wah, wah. Um. You know, I'll just I'll challenge because I have no idea. It's got Barbara Hershey in it, also. All right. Ooh. So I'm at M O. You fact check me. You got M O V, Brian. I'm at M O V. You're at M O V I. Yep. All right. Uh, let's see here. Where am I going to start? Let's go with. Um... And that was your first challenge. Yeah. Yeah. First challenge. Um. Let's see here. I can play scorekeeper like nobody's business. You're winning. You're winning at scorekeeper. <laughs> this I can do. For now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll be fired too. <laughs> All right. Let's see here. Throw me my softball. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Let's see. What is he in recently? I don't watch. I don't watch too many movies that Paul Rudd's in because he's um, in so many Judd Apatow movies. Yeah, that I'm not the biggest fan of. I'm trying to remember what the what even one of those is called. Oh, Christ, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. Can I even name a movie Paul Rudd's in? Oh man, we might be getting the first round gimme movie. I'm trying. I'm sorry. I thought it was easy. I did. Yeah, I can think of like all the scenarios in it, but not the names. Right. Like there's the one where the daughter is addicted to watching Lost, but I can't remember what that movie's called. I just saw him in something recently too. I obviously know he will be in Ant Man. Yeah. I've seen him on SNL a bunch, but that's not helping me any. Oh my god! Oh my god! What is that stupid movie called? Fucking um. Yeah. Throw me another softball. I'm. Tell me these movies that I'm drawing a blank to, the Epitaph flicks. I mean, like uh, the the 40-Year-Old Virgin. Yeah. Uh, this is 40 was the movie you were thinking of. This is 40 is the one I was thinking of. Uh, he was in uh, Wanderlust. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So. Was he in either uh, Rat Race or uh, Denver for Schmucks? I no. Don't, I don't think so. Neither. Who am I thinking of? The first one was Mr. Bean and Seth Green and... All those guys, rat race. And uh, dinner for schmucks was uh, Cornell. Not Cornell. Uh, Steve Carell. And he was the idiot, but who, the guy that took him. Right, we're doing first round gimme rules anyway, we already said. So that was the first thing said. So yeah, I, you I, I get to go. brought up Paul Rudd and that was. Hmm? 
You brought up Paul Rudd, so it wouldn't count. The first round gimme. Yeah, we have the first round gimme rule going. That's true. So, yeah. So, but who was it in Dinner for Schmucks that took Steve Carell? Wasn't that Paul Rudd? I can't remember. Yeah, Ed Norton. I thought. No. No, maybe not. <clears throat> no, it's not Edward Norton. All right. So throw- <clears throat> yeah, it might be Paul Rudd. I sucked on that one, so you throw me another one. Okay. Uh, let's see here. It's a do-over, basically, if I can't get it on the first go. Yeah. Uh, Side note, I was correct. <laughs> Not that it counts now. <laughs> um, Fight Club. Fight Club. Let's go with Meatloaf. Meatloaf. Um... What other movies has he been in? <sighs> challenge. Oh, Challenge. What other movie has Meatloaf been in? Yeah. Rocky Horror Picture Show. Hell uh, yeah, baby. Got me. <laughs> <laughs> so we're both at MOVI. Both have, okay, yeah. Both have one challenge. Exactly. <clears throat> so, let's see here. I'll start. Um, you do that one too, huh, Frank? Yep. I'm a fucking freak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been a good one to guess too, because there's a lot of names in there you wouldn't suggest, you wouldn't think of. Yeah, we could have got to Home Alone too with Tim Curry. Yep. <laughs> uh, let's see here. From Dust Till Dawn. From Dust Till Dawn. Let's go with uh, so many people to choose from here too. Yeah. Uh, let's let's do Cheech Cheech Marin. <laughs> hey, Jesus man. Christ. <laughs> Uh, let's go with uh, Up in Smoke. Up Fuck in yeah. Smoke. Uh, let's go with Tommy Chong. Tommy Chong. Oh, uh, man. We, we go back and forth now. I'm trying to think of anything else Tommy Chong is in other than those fucking Cheech Marin movies. Shit, we milked the uh, Lord of the Rings cow. There's only so many of these, too. Go for it. How many yeah. can you know? I don't know <laughs> that, that again. <laughs> All I knew was fucking Up in Smoke. Uh-oh. Uh, let's see here. Yeah. All right. Fuck. Uh, This should qualify as Brian's drug test, too, wherever it is he works. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, when it comes, yeah, I'm going to come up clean because I don't know shit. Uh, Man. I'm out. That's it. I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. Boom. Teach and Chog's next movie. <laughs> yeah. Jake with the come behind win. Yeah, that yeah. was the come behind win. Yeah, you yeah. had all the way up to I and Brian had M.O. Yeah. <coughs> Nuts. Yeah. yeah, you're going to get me every time with that shit. I don't know anything. Yeah, I knew I was going to go out early on that one. Yeah, you threw you threw from Dustal Dawn at me. You could have you should have gone back into the Rodriguez wheel well instead of throwing it into the up and smoke, baby. Yep, I fucked up. I, I couldn't <laughs> think of anything else that he was in. Yeah. So, all right, yeah, movie game. Jake wins. That shit's fun. Woo-hoo. Yeah, we'll do it again sometime, maybe. 